Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. There's uh, June and I read all these these uh, novels, these books about Vietnam, you know, about the war, and uh, I mean, I guess everything came out on the war for about a period of about six or seven years. She and I were swapping these books, you know, reading one after another, and the language that uh, that the troops used in there was, uh, you know, like for for instance, there was a, a a group of guys going along, and and one of them would fall. And, um, you know, no time to stop and grieve, you might get shot, you know. So they would say, drive on, it don't mean nothing. You know, when it meant everything, you know, they would say, drive on, it don't mean nothing. God lose his leg, drive on, it don't mean nothing. That's a million dollar wound. But anyway, I wrote a song called Drive On. As if I were there. I got a friend named Whiskey Sam He was my boonie rat buddy for a year and now He said I think my country got a little off track It took him 25 years to welcome me back But it's better than not coming back at all Many a good man I saw fall And even now every time I dream I hear the men and the monkeys in the jungle scream Drive on it don't mean nothing, my children love me, but they don't understand And I got a woman who knows a man, drive on It don't mean nothing, it don't mean nothing, drive on I remember one night texting me, rappled in on a hot LZ We had our 16s on rock and roll, and with all of that fire I was scared and cold We've been crazy and we've been wild and I have seen the tiger smile. I spit in a bamboo viper's face and I'd be dead but by God's grace drive on. It don't mean nothing, my children love me but they don't understand and I got a woman who knows a man drive on. It don't mean nothing, it don't mean nothing, drive on. Well, I came home, but Tex did not, and I can't talk about the hit he got. But I got a little, but I got a little limp now when I walk, and I got a little tremolo when I talk. But I finally found out who I am. I'm a walking, talking miracle from Vietnam. Drive on. It don't mean nothing, my children love me, but they don't understand. And I got a woman who knows a man. Drive on. It don't mean nothing, it don't mean nothing. Drive on. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 308. I'm Dave, I'm here with the main man, Rich. Rich, how you going? Ah, man, not too bad, not too bad. You Rock and know, roll. Can't complain too much. Man, well, I've been complaining. I've been fiery this week, man. I've been on edge, caffeinated, over-caffeinated, busy, got a little bit of an ulcer on my, my mouth. You know, I've just been slaying opinions. I was on the Ultimate Spider cast on um, Sunday night with Ray and Phil. I called for CB and Tom Brevoort to be hauled 
out of Marvel HQ and tried for treason, Rich. But when do you when do you not do that though? Yeah, well, this was a this is an official call to action. Uh, I said we should haul them straight out of that that HQ, pin them down on the side of the road, and charge them with treason uh, for for what they've been doing in Marvel Comics. And that was how, that was the mood I was in on Sunday. And just talking about it starts to fire the engines up again. Uh, check out Ultimate Spider Cast. That's out there, and and poor and a good old Phil. He just he just sits back. He goes, all I have to do is hit record, and you guys, you know. <laughs> just keep the party rolling. Ray rolled with the punches, tried to be a diplomat. And I said, he said, I remember Ray said, he said, oh, I'm a month behind, Dave. I said, it hasn't got better in a month, Ray. <laughs> 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 the last month hasn't turned it all around, Ray, I'm afraid. They've just headed further onto those rocks and are really grinding the boat now. Um, so it's been crazy at my end. Uh, big ego, big demands, as usual, Rich. You know the story. Uh, what about at your end, man? Just killing? Yeah, 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 you know, just uh, working, working, working. It's working for the man. Spending, spending time with the girlfriend, keeping her happy, you know. Yeah, that's it, man. Well, you got a romancer. you got a romancer, flowers. If I was a girl, I'd be so demanding. Seriously, I would just be so demanding. I'd be such Jesus a Christ. nagging Dave, fucking as bitch. A guy, you're demanding. I'm demanding as a guy, but I'd take it to a whole new fucking level <laughs> if I was a chick. You know, because I'd feel entitled. I'd feel like, yeah, enti- I'm entitled to it. You know what I mean? Like, I'd, I'd make a, a fucking guy work so fucking hard for it. Like, yeah, exactly. I'd be a nightmare. I mean, I'm a nightmare now, frankly. You know, I'd be even more difficult. You know, the other day, uh, where I was I was doing the edits for the show in the other room, and we're at my parents' um, because we went up there for dinner. I was doing the edits for the show after dinner, and they were watching the AFL. And like, to you know, it wasn't that complicated edit. Maybe it took me half an hour. And then they were saying, "Oh, you know, come in and watch the football and stuff." You know, I was hearing this from that from from you know the room. Like, come in, come in. And so I came in. Probably, le- I'd, I'd say less than three minutes. Be quiet. Go away. <laughs> like, we don't really want you. I was like, I was being called. And like, they were like, "Yeah, we forgot." You know, <laughs> I was doing I was doing commentary on the match. You know, I, I felt I was adding to the spectacle because the team that I was supporting was getting hammered. So I was, you know, I was just throwing out a bit of what I would call gentle comedy, and um, it wasn't going down well. My mother was laughing. That was the only one laughing. Michelle's like, just you know, stop. My dad was just reduced to like you know one word answers every five minutes. And I was like, well, you guys asked for it. Like, you guys apparently wanted me here. Like, you know, don't complain when, when you get the full package. Well, as they, as they said, they forgot. <laughs> they forgot, man. Yeah, exactly. Now, I do want to mention uh, this morning I had a really interesting and fun interview with Mindy Wheeler, who is running a Kickstarter for her book, Boobs, which she writes with her husband. It's, it's you know, it's a cheesecakey fun storyline about 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 this woman and stuff it's it's a lot of fun um and she was a lovely person to chat to uh that will be up this weekend along with this show so please check it out and back her kickstarter um which are all the links will be on the on the signal of doom facebook page uh you know and yeah please check it out with mindy wheeler art on facebook you know tumblr um i don't know what else there is twitter instagram uh she's everywhere and uh, she was a hell of a lot of fun, and she laughed at all my jokes, which, which always, you know, puts people up in my books. You know, when they, when people laugh at my jokes, <laughs> you know, I didn't mention aliens, and and I did mean to as well, but 
we we kind of like some light politics. We we got into um, a lot of fun stuff about comics, and she was talking about the different publishers and stuff because uh, she's kind of breaking into the industry and like she's worked at Xenoscope um, and does some stuff for uh, Dynamite on Vampirilla and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like yeah, r- really fun lady. Um, and and some stuff she was saying uh, Marvel make you um, they don't hire you to say when you're when you're new they don't say okay we'll pay you 350 i'm just guessing a number here to do a punisher cover if you're a starting artist and here's the cover here's what we want on the cover they actually make you do the cover and then they judge if it's good enough to actually sort of qualify it's interesting yeah, like yeah. About right. yeah yeah oh i know nothing about these things so it's all news to me um, but it was, yeah, it's it's a grind is basically what it boils down to. So she's having a lot of fun with this boobs title and uh, I think the Kickstarter runs, it's like May 7, May 8 that runs till and um, she's raised just under 20k so far um, and she's doing really well. Like it, it looks like a hell of a lot of fun. So um, yeah, check it out. Um, she, she In the past she's done really, um, it's very Birds of prey kind of, early 2000s Birds of Prey kind of artwork, which I really like. She's, she's done some good Baroness as well. But, you know, I love the Baroness from J.O. Mm-hmm. Rich. Um, probably my favourite. Yeah, um, probably my favourite female character out there. I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Catwoman. It, it changes. Catwoman. From, from week to week. Baroness. Well, f- for me or you? No, you. Yeah, I was going to say, for me, it definitely changes. Yeah, hell yeah. I can't even decide on one. I'm saying Baroness is up there, though. You know? I like the bad guy. Yeah. I, what I love about Baroness is, yeah, she's hot, but I love that she's so evil. You know what I mean? Like, she, she's unabashedly evil. And she's such a baddie, which is what I love about her. You know? There's none of this bullshit with her. Like, oh, maybe I'll be good. She's never good. <laughs> <laughs> if she's good, she's lying yeah, that she's good. I've not even seen her. i actually not even seen her pretend to be good. I'm assuming there's somewhere where she has once tried, but very yeah, That's your thing. That's your thing. That's it, man. Well, what about you? Are you you're just like the girl next door? Is that what you like, Rich? Like, of course, mum and apple pie. Of course, Rich. No edge, man. No flavour, dude. Come on. I just like a wholesome, oh. good girl. Oh my god! Like, yeah, wowee. I don't need to worry about uh, 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 my girlfriend starting an OnlyFans if she's the girl next door. You don't want a homicidal maniac girl. like Baroness? No, I really don't. <laughs> Honestly. I have dated so, like, when I say so many, I don't mean I've dated a shit ton of girls. I mean, most of the girlfriends I've dated have literally alternative to be drama queen. Oh, really? Like, sort of shit that I'm just, I'm so done well, with. Well, your current girlfriend seems very nice, I think, so that's Oh, good. no, no. She, yeah, she's definitely the that sort of girl next door. Oh, well, that's kind good. Of like, well, in your personal you know, life, I guess. You don't need the chaos that I would wish upon. Oh, you know, I really don't, seriously. You, you, you wouldn't. Like, I, I'm not joking. I had a girlfriend once who got pissed off with me mm. because I wouldn't be upset about something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, she'd be like, why are you not more upset? And I'm like, why yeah. would I, I mean, like, why do I want to be upset about that? Like, yeah. and she literally got, like, that's the thing. Like, I'm done with that shit. I don't. Oh, I you don't, don't need want it. It's girl. a giant waste the, of time. You know, I don't want that. I just want a good girl. That's it. There's only <laughs> one reason that anyone is with a girl who's that dramatic and that's to have sex with her, basically. And, and frankly, the thing with that is, well, you know, there's, there's this old saying that says for, for every, like, Drop dead gorgeous woman. Mm. There's a guy who's sick of her shit. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, there's the old saying as well, um, for every supermodel, there's a guy who's bought a fucking her, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's just... <laughs> As I said, I mean, like, I mean, looks are nice, but sure. Jesus Christ, I'd, 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 not if they come with crazy. Honestly. Mind you, I, I, I'm agreeing with you, but, but Baroness is both crazy and good looking. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, again, if that's your thing, that's your thing. Well, man, what they try to you. do these days with her is they try to like they try to give her a bit of deeper motivation for why she's so fucking nuts. But but at the end of the day, it's the same Baroness. It's like they try to give a few extra steps if she came from a, you know, she was forced in terrorism. She's got a hatred of Western society. Yeah, it came from a broken home, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but but like, then it's like, and it's still the same Baroness, like 100% evil all the time. <laughs> like That's, in love with you, Destro. Can I just say, like, it's so funny that we have got, like, I understand that people go, oh, you can't have every character like just be evil because they're evil. I'm like, true, but at the same time, you, I don't need every single villain to be have some sort of motivation or sub story or or you know, sympathetic, um, yeah. yeah, or deep sort of whatever. Sometimes I'm okay with a character just being. Well, yeah, like, I mean, it's if like... You, if, yeah. if you decided now, no, we're going to make Skeletor, like, more <laughs> sympathetic, I'm like, no, no I don't that. need that. I really don't. I'm just happy with it being, you know, a, a megalomaniac. His crazy just, self, yeah. Exactly, like, that's the thing, like, I don't know. Like, we was uh, the, the problem with life is it's always a pendulum. Mm. You know what I mean? If it swings too far one way, then it doesn't correct itself. It just swings too far the other way, like... True. Well, you, the never, thing you can with, never get, like, a happy medium. It feels like with Skeletor... It feels like the only thing they would ever do is they'd make him sort of like um, give him some sniveling backstory, which he bargains away to dark gods or something to become Skeletor. And I'm like, I don't need to see that. You know what I mean? Because that makes him less cool. You know, like the yeah, the less you know about him, the better. It makes yeah, him more entertaining because you just you always wonder yourself, how the fuck did this guy get this way? But yeah, it's one of the things where you don't need an answer. No, like, I, I don't want a definitive answer at all. I don't actually even want like, oh, could it be this? Could because you know there would be a sniveling sort of story. It wouldn't be cool. It it would it would diminish the character. And I think I mean I know that like Star Wars have made a lot of money out of Anakin, but I do feel they diminished Darth Vader. Um, oh fuck yeah! Because yeah. the problem is, um, look, as much as I enjoy the the prequels again, not as much as the sequel as, as the originals. Yeah. But um, the canon I had in my head for for Anakin was way better than what I got. Oh yeah. So, um, but again, I always use this as an example because it's the perfect example as well. Is Wolverine like mm. again a character that just the, the head canon I had was far better than oh, yeah. what I got in Origins. So, I think you know, almost anybody's was. I I like. Whatever I imagined Wolverine's history, what they delivered in Origin was just so underwhelming that I'm surprised that, that frankly it looked like Marvel knew they had a hit on their hands no matter what they put out, and then they did the cardinal sin of just putting out a really not even I wouldn't even describe it as average comic. I'd say it was below average. Um, it was so boring. It was so basic. It was just oh. so basic. But you could have had so much fun with it, like, seriously. like Yeah. Although I think he almost dollar signs. Because everyone was talking about that comic when it came out. Like, you know, and now everyone dismisses it. Like, no one says Wolverine Origin is a fantastic storyline. Well, I guess that's always hindsight, isn't it? It's the same with, like, um, 
uh, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, the wrestling, uh, like the WWE, but like um, it happened by accident. But the Undertaker um, over the years uh, had an uh, an undefeated streak at WrestleMania. Mm. Like it's not something they planned; it's just something they realized. Oh shit! He's never lost the match at WrestleMania, right? right? So he was like 0 for 10 or whatever, you know what I mean, in WrestleMania's. And then they started hyping it up and who's going to do it and all that. And eventually they did end the streak. And then they actually regretted that like years later. Yeah. They were like, we should have just let, we should have just kept it going. Like, because yeah. what a way to, it would have been more historic. Yeah. And he retired undefeated. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Sure. They got a, They got some momentum and there was some buzz and, you know, everyone was shocked. Yeah. But it's one of the it's a diminishing returns thing. Do you know what I mean? It, oh, once it, it's it done, it's lead, done. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't lead to anything and even the person they used it on was already super hyped and over, so it didn't do anything for them. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like they just at the end of the day they regret it. And I think that's the same maybe with Wolverine. I think it's one of those things where they thought it was a good idea at the time mm. and they thought it was gonna be something big and then probably years later they were like, Yeah, we probably shouldn't have done that. I mean but but, but they don't learn their lessons. The death of Wolverine, I would say, was even worse, and the return of Wolverine was even worse than Origin. Like, it's it, you know they. You, I agree. It, look, if you think about this, that these comics come out every month, and they do recycle a lot of the same characters and stuff, like a lot, you know, supporting characters. It must be hard to make the revelations matter, in a way. You know what I mean? Because what matters. This week, in five years' time, is just so outdated, you know. And the problem is, you do the big reveal of the man behind the mask this week, well, you've got to turn up next week, and you know it's got to start yeah. again. And it it would be challenging, I think. Um, oh, but look, yeah. I mean, I think it's okay to uh, to 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 put a character on ice for a little bit. You know what mm. I mean? I mean, for God's sake, they did it with Batman, they did it with Superman. Mm. You know, because you can't get some interesting stories out of it. And then guess what? You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder like yeah you know then you just counting down the days for when you know their return so you know i mean if you wanted to like you know do the the death of wolverine or just incapacitate wolverine and then give you know um x23 a little bit of a run mm. you know but the the problem i have now is that like the the things that they do just don't lead to anything no you know like when when we did when they did like the superman thing it actually led to like interesting awesome. characters I mean, yeah. out of it, you had Steel and you had Superboy who, like, went on to, you know, and, and another great villain was introduced. Cyborg, Cyborg Superman. Yeah. Superman and stuff and all that. Okay, Eradicator, eh, he was a nothing character. Didn't, you know what I mean? Sure. It's, seemed cool at the time, anything, though. But, seemed cool at the time. Yeah, yeah. But my point is, hey, that's still a success. I mean, you introduced yeah. three new characters that became successful yeah. in, in their own rights and all that. And so that's a success. Um, uh, and then when Superman comes back, it doesn't take anything from Superman. The problem is they don't know what they don't know how to like let the so for instance X twenty three becomes Wolverine yes but then Wolverine comes back and then instead of them well okay X twenty three's got to go back to being X twenty three or maybe she'll sort of form a new identity based on what mm. she's learned as being Wolverine no they just go oh well, we're just gonna have two Wolverines now and <laughs> soon we'll have to, you know what I mean they don't quite know what to yeah, yeah they don't quite know what to do when they bring the character back now and like, that's only one of many examples too. You know, I could think of worse people than X-23 that have filled other characters' shoes and then they come back and they're like, oh, now we've got two Hawkeyes and now we've got two this and two that. And, and right, two Captain Americas and, yeah. you know, it's like... Ugh, it like did, and you, you know, do not need two Captain Americas. You do not need two Hawkeyes, you know, like, yeah. honestly. like, And seriously, like, um, 
I really believe with Captain America that the second you have two of them at the same time, and it's not a you know a fucking time travel or something, it's it's I I, I stop caring. I'm just like, Geez, this looks yeah. lame. Like, well, again, they had same thing happened with the Flash. Like, they did the new Fifty Two. They got rid of Wally. Mm. You know, and just had Barry. But even when they brought Barry back, they were like, oh, crap, we've got two Flashes now. Mm. You know, or actually, we've got three Flashes now. You know. Jay Garrick. Jay Garrick. But, I mean, to be fair, when they did that, it was two separate universes. And then when they did it, it was two separate time periods. You know, one was like World War Two, and the other one was modern. But then when they decided, oh, well, the fans want Wally back. We're going to bring two Wallys back now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now it's like, oh, okay. Now, Black, like, Black Wally. We've, we've, yeah, we've convoluted the Kid <laughs> Flash. Um Thing and now we've got two flashes again running. You know what I mean? It's like they just don't know what but I, they don't know what to do anymore. What I what I here he would be my advice. Like I actually think they sort of seem to forget these are fictional characters that you, that honestly you don't need a black Wally West and a white Wally West and a fucking this person and that like all in the flash. It's like you can trim them down and they're controllable. They're not actually real life people. You know. <laughs> like, it's quite possible yeah. to do it. Like, it's if Flash had, uh, I now I'm I'm guessing I'm assuming Flash has one title at the moment. You know, I don't think he has a family of titles. If he had no. more than one title, then I think you could spread it around and have a bit more of that. But when you have one title, I think you've got to be careful about how many you do. Mark Wade, to his credit, handled it well in his run because he he often had Jay Garrick and he had Wally West and. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, he had Max Mercury, but they were supporting characters to Wally, you know? Um, I, I don't know. And, uh, like, it feels like some of these guys, they just aren't as talented. Also, as they, were, they were the older guys. They were the mentors. Yes. They were, yeah. you know, again, as you say, the side, they weren't there to be the another main character. They weren't there to... And Impulse had his own title, so, yeah. that, so, and he had Max Mercury there. What I'm saying is if, if, if they were selling enough books, you could have two titles and you could share the wealth. But obviously they're not selling enough books. They've only got one flash. Well, don't fucking clutter it up with a million flashes, because that is that gets old fast, you know. Yeah. Well, when they brought Wally back in that new Fifty Two rebirth, and then all that sort of stuff, I think they should have just had the balls to say, "Look, he's going to go by a different name." Mm. Like, you know, I, I I don't know. It's their job to brainstorm. Mm. You know, go through the, the the flash history and come up with a good name or or you know homage or whatever to you know uh or something but yeah. uh he should have started to go by listen i'm not okay it's all fucked up it's all different you're the flash now i'm gonna go and be my own own man i don't yeah. need to carry your legacy anymore you know what i mean because i would much rather have the character back than have him be the flash you know what i mean if that's the choices if the choices is well, you can have him back, but he won't be the Flash. He'll be his own character. I'll be like, well, that's better anyway. Yeah. Because I don't need two Flashes running around who have, because the problem is they've got both of them have such uh, history. Mm. You know what I mean? Of carrying their own books, that it's like, you know what I mean? Like maybe it's time to differentiate them and say, okay, well, Wally's had his time. He's carried. Yeah, the he's carried it's super and tough. His own man now. Because his own legacy. yeah, it's so tough. Because if we're just talking about um, Barry Allen and Wally West, like honestly, to me, uh, their powers seem—if they're not exactly the same—they seem very fucking similar. No, um, no, they are pretty much identical. I mean, Wally yeah. uh, learned a few more tricks, you know, sure. than, than what Barry did, and all that. But I mean, at the end of the day, 
if Barry learnt it, he could do it as well. And the only but, difference I know is Barry's more kind of old-fashioned and Wally's more of a cocky, you know, I guess. Like, that's it. Like, there's a bit of personality difference. But Yeah, I mean, yeah. Wally was a little bit more like, um, you know, not, not super mature, you know, didn't yeah. take things too seriously, you know, maybe got himself into a bit of trouble that he probably shouldn't have if he was, you know, didn't, like... Um, think first before acting kind of thing and all that, which is what made him a fun and entertaining totally, character. Yeah, he, was, yeah. he was almost in a sense like the Spider-Man of, of, of the DC universe. But how like do they character. write, what's his name, Barry now? I bet they make him more like Wally now. No, no, no. He's still very like... Um, Old-fashioned, is he? Yeah, still a bit more mature. Right. Um, yeah. You know, very, very much like the adult. But see, I'm not sure if that's the right move. You know, I, I, I personally think Wally's the better sell to to an audience. That's just me, me though. You know, that's just my personal opinion. Mm. I mean, it's, you know, Flash fans out there would debate it. But I agree with you. Like, if they brought, um, if they had Wally doing something in a slightly different costume, um, probably would make more sense. But when they're both together, I'm sort of like, I don't need a book month after month with the two of these guys. Like, the team of a Flash and Flash. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> it's just, it, you know, it just sounds so lame. Like, no, I, no, I agree. Again, yeah. I completely agree with Guess that. who Flash is teaming up with? Flash! You know, and, and especially when you've got Kid Flash in it, and then now you, you're going to be bringing back sort of uh, Jay Garrick, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, the, the JSA is going to be kind of making the comeback. So, you know, and then there's also the other speedsters on top of that. It's like, Versus. you know, again, Flash has got the, the Spider-Man problem. There's he does. Many. He he does. It's a very similar, actually, and I even think they're more similar than the some of the Spider People because at least the Spider People have slightly different costumes. But it feels like the Flashes are they all come from the same sort of from central casting. They all look a little the same, you know. It's like how many running races can you have of the Flashes? Like you know, how many times are these guys going to run off against each other? And oh, Jay Garrick, he's slower, but you know we know it by heart. You know, Wally can vibrate through walls, blah, blah, blah. Like, um, yeah, anyway. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the Speedsters used to have unique looks before the Silver Age. Right. So, you know, Jay looked very different to Johnny Quick. Right. Uh, is it Johnny? Yeah, it's Johnny. Johnny. Um, you know what I mean? So Jay had the helmet. He had the booties. You know, um, uh, Johnny had more of um, that sort of mask. You know, with the undies on the outside. You know what I mean? At least yeah. their look was different. They had yeah. the different colours and they had the different look kind yeah. of thing and all that. Whereas once you get to the Silver Age, it's almost like yeah, every speedster kind of had the cowl and the <laughs> one piece suit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. e even if they were a bad guy, it was just like, okay, you all got a very similar sort of look and yeah. design and all that sort of stuff. And that was across the heroes and the villains. So have you read Oh, Max Mercury had a different look as well. Max yeah, Mercury sure. did. Well, Max you Mercury, know. I know from Mark Wade's run. Um, yeah. Have you read? I think it's Matthew Rosenberg recently wrote Rogues, which is like the Flash Rogues, like ten or twenty years in the future. It's it's like a I high. I think school. I read the first issue or two, but I didn't continue with it. Yeah, I might. We we will probably do it on the show down the track, just out of interest, because you know it's it's I, it's it's actually got some decent. I quite like Matthew Rosenberg and. I thought that might be interesting, but I wanted to read a little bit of um, Jeff John's Flash for flashbacks first before we do that. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. Um, I was thinking of something, but it doesn't matter. 
Now, um, Rich, turning to news, you've got explain to me what this even means. Egypt sues Netflix. Okay, what is so that? that? That was that was just the title that people were using to, mm. I guess, get people to click. It's not Egypt. It's an Egyptian lawyer. Right. He's filed a lawsuit against Netflix. So uh-huh. in the um, Egyptian courts or whatever, right. he's filed a lawsuit um, uh, because. Uh, as he puts it, they are trying to erase the Egyptian identity after the casting of a biracial actor, actress, whatever you want to say, in an upcoming docudrama about the, the life of Queen Cleopatra. Oh, um, Cleo, this is all related to Cleopatra. All sudden, I didn't yeah, realize. so okay. because all, all people have now also decided that there's some question to Cleopatra's... Um, so what was the scandal? It was that the, they're saying that oh, she they, was they, black they, or something? They say she's, she's black, that she's, she's African. You know what I right. Mean? She, Whereas I always thought I—I I mean, I have seen her depicted both ways, but I thought she was Greek. Okay, but, but yeah, well, once she is Greek, so now, whether or not you've got some questions about her, I still don't understand why you would assume that an Egyptian queen would be black. Well, uh, yeah, like, I mean, I, I don't Egypt know. Egyptians are not black. I don't understand why there's even. Mm. Whether you want to argue whether she was Egyptian, half Egyptian, sure. full Greek, a little bit of color to her, why you would even entertain the question of was she black? No, she wasn't. Mm. Because while Egypt, mm. Egyptians are technically African, yeah, because they're on the African continent, they are not like the southern, yeah, they're very uh, North Africa, Sahara sort of, uh, not you know, um, uh, yeah. South, yeah, no, I know what you mean, you know, yeah. African kind of thing and all that. They're not black, but there's this weird thing of like trying to trying to claim that that, that like people in Egypt were black that, right. honestly the, most of the only blacks in Egypt were probably slaves but you know who <laughs> was who's the producer of this this fucking Jada Pinkett, it's Jada Pinkett yeah. I fucking can't stand this woman like I mean honestly like she's bad news wherever she goes you know I'm surprised she didn't cast herself as fucking yeah. Cleopatra you know? Well, it, it's funny because they, they, I was reading the article and like some of the you know people that are working on the show, they're like, well, you know, we, we, we can't trace her heritage, but we don't really know who her mother was. And it's, I, I can promise you her mother wasn't African. <laughs> like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, if her, if her father is Greek and she comes from like Macedonia and all that sort of shit, we're yeah. like, I promise you her mother's not black. Like, well, her mother's she not came African. from the race and By the of... way, we have statues of her. Like, we literally have busts and statues and all that. Well, and... she came from the Ptolemy dynasty, didn't she? Like, that was... The... She came from the dynasty of uh, Macedonians that were... Came from uh, Ptolemy. Yeah, 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 his name. yeah. Like, yeah. Alexander yeah, like, the Great's uh, general. Yeah? Exactly. So, you know... But, I, don't but I imagine there would have been some... Uh, you know, breeding with the local populace in however many years between, you know, a couple of hundred yeah, which years. which is why I'm saying you can argue we don't know if she was half Egyptian mm. or, like, Persian or whatever, like, you want to put in there. But mm. the one thing she is not is like, African. Mm. Uh, why is this guy suing, though? I don't still don't quite understand why. So, basically, it's, it's to do with some, like, law or something about um, the ratio of... Um, uh, Egyptian identity or something like that. There's Sounds some like sort a of stretch. something where you can't. Um, well, you've got to remember Egyptians often become like they they uh, are Muslims now and all that as well and all that. And I think there's just something to do with you're not allowed to like um, uh, <laughs> try and claim false history when it comes to like right. how they view things and all that. I I, I don't know the in depth of, uh, of like the the actual. I mean, it's funny to me. It's how you know it sounds like a frivolous lawsuit, but I I. 
I, I, do people really care that much about this, though? Like, I'm amazed people care. Uh, I think there's a lot of Egyptians that... Well, here's the thing, Dave. You don't care because you're not no, Egyptian. Give a shit. That's like, not your history. Well, no. I, what, I mean is, what I mean is, like, <laughs> I always pictured her as Greek, olive-skinned. Uh, Cleopatra, but but I'm influenced by movies I've seen and stuff, you know, like and how she's been depicted in, you know, paintings and stuff. It's not based on. I'm not really research. I mean, I know she comes from that line of Macedonian royalty. I mean, that she's like the last survivor of that. It wasn't she, I think, mm-hmm. or, or one of. You know. Yeah, by um, the way, I just want to point out, even though they don't know the mother, there was a lot of inbreeding in those yeah. time periods. Well, we well, know so. where we we know what Ptolemy was. He was Macedonian. We mm-hmm. we know we know that. Um, that's not up for debate. I mean, and that dynasty. So there's certainly what, what, what I'm trying to say is like, yeah, who knows what mixes there are, but definitely it's Greek heritage, you know, like, yeah. definitely like that's one, that's, that's, that's undeniable kind of thing. Um, what's also worth noting is, and I knew this from my own research and it may have been related to this, but in the Roman times, they didn't view the world as whites and blacks and stuff. They weren't. They didn't see it that way because of their own culture and, I guess, their own skin colouring and stuff. They didn't have the same sort of hang-ups that kind of more Northern Europeans had in later years. So it wasn't even as big a conversation back then um, in terms of in terms of that, which I think is maybe something something another reason that this debate is, you know, the, the, the primary sources at the time weren't reporting on whether Cleopatra was white or black because that wasn't how the Romans viewed uh, the other races. You know, you know what I mean? It's just, it was just, I believe that, was, that wasn't discussions they had back then because they didn't see themselves, like they thought that like um, the Celts and stuff that they fought in Britain and all that were barbarians, you know, pale as all hell. They thought that was really weird. Do you know what I mean? Like, because um, they were of Mediterranean extraction originally, obviously the the Romans and you know Italians and stuff. So it, it's an interesting conversation. I'm surprised people are so bent out of shape about it, though. Like, I mean, I fucking hate Jada Pinkett Smith, though. If someone's going to put a foot in it, it's that woman. You know? Yeah. If someone's going to well, fail just, to read the room, it's I her. I just think you need to be, and this is the problem with, um, uh, especially Western culture in general now. Mm is they view everything from a western bubble mm. and you know you you you've got to be you listen if you're if you're british and you're the bbc and you want to cast a, an english queen as black sure. hey that's your history that they did that in uh, right. bridgerton yeah but that's that's your history you want to fuck with it do what you sure. want but it's very different when you fuck with other people's history do you know what i mean like sure. you're not Egypt. no one working on the show is egyptian you're not Egyptian. Mm. I don't think you get to decide if mm. an if, if Egyptian history needs to be changed and more inclusive. It's not your history. True. I mean, yeah. Uh, but, like, it's not the first biopic to get things wrong. Like, let's not forget we watched a, a movie where John Wayne played Genghis Khan. <laughs> you know, Hollywood has a history of... Uh, I'm, I'm not, I don't you know. disagree with that, Dave, and I'm pretty sure that if you asked um, any um, Mongolians, they'd probably say they were stupid. Yeah, no, no, I mean, no. I'm, like, I'm saying, yeah, Hollywood has a I'm long not history. Of, that. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying, like, yeah. you, you you want to change your own history yeah. to to be more inclusive, whatever. That's fine, but you 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 can't just go around and change other. Well, in fairness, I I, I think I think Bridgerton. If I'm not wrong, I want to say I think Viola Davis may have been the showrunner, who I think is American, 
I'm. I. I we can Robert. go to. I and she had a. And by the way, oh my god, you know that Graham. What's it called? Graham Norton chat show. I watch it sometimes. You know, it's reasonably entertaining. You, you know, you know the guy I'm talking about. It's like a UK chat show. He has. I some, know. I know who Graham Norton is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So. Anyway, so you know that his show, very lighthearted, a lot of celebrities, you know, making, um, you know, fun of themselves, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's that kind of show. Anyway, so that's on, and he's got, like, decent celebrities on the couch. Like, I forget who, but say a Margot Robbie kind of level celebrity. He's got a couple of decent celebrities on the couch. Viola Davis comes uh, over on Video Link to promote Bridgerton. Oh, my God. Uh, she, for some reason, she was almost giving a State of the Union address, and it was it was like such a jarring. It was everyone was like, "Okay, we're taking ourselves very seriously, aren't we?" Like she was, she came across as devoid of any humour whatsoever. Um, seems to be thinking she's going to be winning sort of a Nobel Peace Prize for put, giving us this show, and she, she couldn't have got a screen fast enough. It was the it was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen on that show, which is normally very lighthearted. Uh, it's basically quite chill. People make a bit of fun of themselves. The end. Mm. You know, that's the tone of the show. Slightly irreverent without being hard hitting. You know what I mean? She mm. and I'll never forget her coming on to pitch this Bridgerton, but she did it in such a haughty kind of almost imperial manner. I was like, "You aren't actually the queen." You know, <laughs> like, and I've watched a bit of the show. It's okay. I mean, it's just what's what's hilarious about it is it's like um, not hilarious, but it's like the picture of the show from what I've seen, and I've watched a few episodes with Michelle. It, they've changed the races around, but it's not really a point of conversation. It's just it just it's like it just so happens the queen is black. You know what I mean? And it's not like, at least from my viewing of the episodes I've seen, I thought race would be a much bigger part of the show, but it's not. Now, I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that's the decision from my viewing. Now, maybe there's more to it, but I thought it would be a real thing where the blacks were the well, ruling class. Well, to be class. fair, if, you, if you're going to be making the Queen of England black, mm. you can't exactly have her going around going, gosh, it's so hard to be black, I'm discriminated against. Oh, no, no, I, but I thought it might have been the... I thought it... I, no, I, what I'm saying is I thought they might have flipped it completely, you know, whereas where, like... All I knew was when you're watching it, it's quite clear, like, the a lot of the royals and stuff are black, but it's also some are white and stuff. Like, it's not 100% either way. I thought it was interesting. They're going for, what, they're going for like a colorblind, which they so, hate. That sort of. Is so, it's a colorblind where like no one even like acknowledges. Yeah, at least from what I saw. At least from what I saw, and maybe there's more to it. Um, the show's fine. Like the show seemed okay. I mean, it was very much in Michelle's kind of like you know sort of. Um, it's it's a very gossip girlish. Like there's a, someone writing a diary and like a big mystery of who's writing the diary. Lots of court intrigue. And stuff. Um, I don't know. It was. It, it's not exactly the kind of show that has me gripped, but it was okay. Um, but what I'm trying to say is that um, there's an example where they flipped it. Um, I don't know, successfully or not. I mean, it seems to be successful. I, you know, maybe some people. I actually didn't hear the outrage. I would have been thought, but I guess it's like a what if. It's like an awful. Oh, there was, there, yeah, but there was a bit. Was there? Yeah, there was a bit of people pointing out being like. But it's just a what if. You're right, you're right. Yeah, but is it a what if? I mean, I isn't it a historical 
drama fiction type thing and all that, like that's based on actual real people? Maybe, but definitely they've if they have they've swapped their races. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, but again, they're doing that a lot. I mean, for God's sake, there was I can't remember the name of the show, but there was a show where they made Zeus and Achilles black. You know, <laughs> yeah, in, in a thing, and it's like it just it's just a thing now where mm. race swap. You know, you know, and look, as someone who's from the African continent mm. and is technically African, sure. Um, I think the problem is especially because it's a. I think it's definitely a American um, black problem. Is I don't think they know their history. I don't. I don't think they know black history, like African history, um, because I think they are so they're so enamored by like everyone else's history, um, right? That they want that they kind of want to be a part of it, like. Yeah. Uh, and, but they don't realize that, and, and you know, it, it, fair. Uh, the problem also with Africa in general is they didn't record the history. Like, there the, the isn't too much documentation. Oh, you say they didn't record of, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. You know, and some of it is just them not having writing, um, uh, obviously issues with... Um, also a displanted people originally, uh, unfortunately. Okay. Colonialism, slavery, yeah. Yeah. you know, the slave trade, that hasn't helped. Right. So I think when you when you don't feel like you have a history, I guess all you can do is try and... I, I don't, but I don't care about a what if. Who gives a shit? Like, I mean, I don't give a fuck. Like, if they, if, I don't know. The, you know? The, the issue I have, Dave, is you say it's a what if and all that, but it never stays as a. I mean, now we've got Black Cleopatra. There's another show sure. I can't remember. The, I can't remember if it was a movie or something that also like, uh, like as I said, like you got Achilles now being black, you got Zeus being black. It's like, you know, you sure. can say a what if and all that, but it's it's a floodgate at the end of the day, and I suppose so, yeah. you know, you, and, and it always starts with oh, it's just fiction, it's just fiction, but then again, and then all turning around and it's historical fact, mm. and now we're changing it. And the reason I guess I have an issue with it, I guess it goes. But remember that discussion we were having with um, uh, who were we having it? Were we having our big show? Was it Connor or someone or Adam yeah, or Connor and Ray? Maybe it was Connor and yeah, Ray, Ray. That was it. Was Connor and Ray? And you know we were discussing historical stuff and like he like they, I think it was, Connor wanted to be more accurate. Yeah. Oh yeah, Connor's uh, really into the accuracy. He's massively into the, that. Yeah. Yeah, but we're now getting to the point where we're not just embellishing things or you know, changing a little bit of the facts or something like that to make it more epic or whatever. Mm. We're now getting to the point where younger people yeah. will literally grow up thinking Cleopatra's black. Sure. You know, or thinking this person was. And and to be fair, that's also because of a failing in the schools. <laughs> I don't feel like yeah, kids yeah. are actually taught anything in fucking schools. And that's where I kind of have a problem with that, is that I feel like we are um, revising history and mm. the younger generation will suffer for it and not actually know actual history. I, know I hear your point. I hear your point. You know, you know what I saw? I'm watching the Winchesters uh, with Michelle and... It has now. I'm not saying, but before before the internet shouts me down, I know there were gay people in the in 1970 or 1967 or whenever the fuck this show is set. I understand that people, but but they. Open about it. Here's what I'm trying to say: it, 19, late 1960s, in that area of the United States that they were in, I'm telling you, it was a lot more ghettoized than is shown in the show and what what I'm trying to say is they're taking stuff from now 
Okay, so the flavour of a show from now, if you had a show on the CW that was kind of like um, a horror comedy drama, you know, for young people, the, the, the same cliches and character types that you would have now in 2023, and they're putting them back there in the Winchester's prequel uh, set in the late 60s. And it's so jarring because they had this scene with, there's a, I find him quite annoying, the guy who drives the van. I always think he's like a gay version of the guy from The Flash, the geek from The Flash, Cisco. Oh, uh, Cisco, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, and and partly that's because they're both Hispanic, I think. But anyway, the way the guy plays it, it's it's like as if he was playing a gay Cisco. And I find Cisco reasonably annoying himself, but it's way more annoying in this show. Now, anyway... They had him flirting with um, a guy in the in the show at a shop, and just the whole behaviour of everyone around it. I was like, I didn't have a problem with the fucking gay guy being in the show. I don't really care. What I'm trying to say is, it's not accurate at all. You know, like this this scenario that was being played out, and the way people, everyone was totally on board with it. Rich, like, I'm just telling you. That is not how it was in the late 60s for gay people in the South and the United States. You know? know. Yeah, especially a gay person of colour flirting with a black gay guy behind a shop counter. So you you start to notice, Rich, how many layers there are to that whole setup. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying to you. Whether it's fiction or not, it's Mm. all revisionist history. So you're going to get a younger gay person or even a younger person going, oh, you know, gays have been loud and proud since 1967. It's like, no, they may have certainly been proud, but they weren't loud. You couldn't be loud. And think of the the South back then. They were barely out of segregation in 67 if they were even out of – like, I'm telling you. God, no. There was people that went to their grave married with children who were gay. Yeah, but I'm – yeah, agreed. And I'm telling you, a black – uh, I don't know if he was a shop owner. He was he he was some sort of a young shop owner. Would not have been out and proud and openly flirting with Hispanic guys oh, in, in like in front of in front of all these people who potentially may have had a problem with it, who were primarily all white. Oh, now, I, I look. I don't mean to eviscerate the show because I quite enjoy the show, but I'm using it as an example of. You're talking about revisionist. That's its own form of revisionism, which I actually think cheapens the experience in some ways. I really do because we, we, we're we trying to make it all so safe in PC and here's how it was back in 67. That's not how it was. You know what I mean? Like, And I get it's just a show, but I just I, – I was watching the show well, and I enjoyed say, the show. I mean, you, you, I, I don't mean to sound like also like nasty, but you've got some – you know, gay people today who are caring about like how difficult it is to be gay today. Mm. I would love for them to actually watch a show where it actually shows you how actually difficult it was to be gay, as you say, in like 1967. A lot yeah. harder. Just, just to help them put a, a bit of things into perspective. I'm right? telling you. Not saying you. you got it easy, but I would just like, you yeah. know what I mean? Because I oh, just yeah. kind of feel like if you're trying to compare today to 50 years ago, oh, I big just, difference. you need to know. The I'm telling you, like, I'm telling you, even in the eighties, even in the eighties, the homophobia in in the school system and, and by teachers, well, was intense. Like, mm-hmm. I, and that's like that's you know, it's sadly it's it's forty years ago or whatever it is now. But I'm telling you, 40, 30, 40 years ago, it was still very intense. Less so by a lot of the students. I will say that the, the progressive movement had started with a lot of the students by then. Not all, by any means, but 
uh, from the actual, what do you call it, institutions and teachers and staff and, you know, parents and everything, it was still very pervasive. I, I think it was only in the 90s that we saw a lot of steps forward, real, real, really big steps forward. And 67 in the South with a black guy, uh, you know, behind a shop front, um, forget about it. it that's oh, and, that's I mean, fiction. But also this this guy, even you're talking about, he was Hispanic as well. Well, yeah, he's Hispanic. He's Hispanic. Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah, I couldn't tell you his exact um, thing. I mean, and he's cross-dressing, Rich, like openly in the show, constantly. I, I'm like, seriously, I'm not... I, well, as you say, I, I agree with you. I, I do agree. I, I, And that's, again, why I have problems with, like, you know, just trying to be somewhat accurate because you, you cheapen and you lessen Yes. History. Like, you just, you, you make it seem almost well, non-existent. I'm telling you, I, I'm not saying his friends wouldn't have been accepted. Of course, they're his friends. I get oh, that. I, yeah. I'm talking about, like, other youths, older people in the South, if they saw that, the chances of him getting away with that on a daily basis are almost zero. Like, I mean, they yeah. would have beat him to possibly death for, for, for that. And, you know, they didn't need much of an excuse back in those days. You know, like a lot of stuff went on that, oh, yeah, you know, sure. certain, and, and and by no means I'm not talking about the entire fucking you know uh, country, but there was a there was a percentage of people like, and I don't know, I'm sort of maybe I'm just naive, but I'm like to me that kind of stuff. If you're going to do it, opens up storytelling opportunities, which they just blissfully ignore. They're just yeah. like fuck it, like no, we'd rather just shove our formulas in um, and get our character types in and. I'm almost like, what's the point of doing a period piece in the '60s? You know, because you you're not you you. you like, yeah, if you're not going to do it accurately, what's the fucking point, dude? Like, honestly, you might have just, just set it in modern times, then. Dude, honestly, it is. I, people they dress a little more old fashioned, but honestly, it is what it is. So sort of of now that show. Yeah, it's modern. Yeah. Oh, that's a big problem I have with a lot of shows today, especially shows that try and. Um, set it in the past, or whatever. It doesn't feel like it's in the. Past. Mm. It, it it feels like it's now. Like yeah, you know, like it just yeah. It doesn't feel. It doesn't feel like I'm watching something that's set in the. The, the only signifier, and look, you can't tell it's because they because they make the Hispanic crossdresser. He's always wearing like shawls and stuff, like very hippy dippy. So there are some nods to it, but I'm telling you, you could watch scenes and not be aware. You know what I mean. Mm. And they very carefully put John Winchester just in jeans and a T-shirt, which could be any time. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, like in fairness, they're probably quite clever because they want to, I I get it, they want to appeal to the kids today on the CW. I understand that. Oh, good. It definitely doesn't make the show feel dated if you can't tell what time period. (laughs) It's just, I don't know. I have a complicated relationship to the show because I enjoy it. I enjoyed the lead girl from American Housewife. I'm far less fond of John. Win- I, I still can't believe this guy's playing John Winchester. He's the most fucking insipid person ever to play John Winchester. I mean, he's embarrassing. He's he's a cipher, dude. Like it's like John Winchester. John Winchester, completely, totally pussified. Like one hundred percent. Like. People used to say Sam Winchester was a bit of a pussy at times. Like, they used to say that, you know, because he was always the kind of more emotional one. Fuck. Like, compared to him, this guy's just... Sam's, like, the toughest guy. Sam season one is tougher than this guy, you know? 
<laughs> like season fucking one, episode one. Sam when he's still big, straight off gossip girl, big googly eyes. You know what I mean? Like little baby yeah. Sam. He's tougher than John Winchester, and that's fucking sad. It is saved by the other actors, even though I find the gay guy annoying. At least he does a job. The girl is very good. Um, the basics of the show are very supernatural-like. You know, they haven't skewed too far from the formula, so the formula still works. But um, whoever cast John Winchester needs to take a good hard look. I, I'm actually hoping he gets recast. I, I, I think there's potential, because I think he's the biggest problem in the whole show. Uh, I think they need to give him a beard as well. Um, you need to man up John Winchester somehow. You need to fucking man this guy up. He's big, but he's he's like lanky and tall and stuff. Like he'd tower over me, Rich. Like, but there's just something. Oh yeah, he's, he's tall. He's tall. Yeah, but as you say, he's very like. Lanky. He's just wet, you know. Like, which is not John Winchester. If you ever watch Supernatural, like that is he's not a wet character. Um, he's he's a tough he's guy. He's not, a, he's not a wet noodle. Yeah, I don't get it. And what I don't understand, though, is how he gets by casting. Because if you're casting it, you're like, we need to nail John Winchester and Mary, if that's her name. I think it's her name. But the, the, and, and they got it with the girl. The girl's excellent. Um, but the guy is just hopeless. Like he, and he also can't act. He can't act his way out of a fucking paper bag, this guy. Like, he's a model who's trying to be an actor. You know, you, you, this guy's a model. Oh, you can, oh yeah. Okay. You, you know what I mean when I say that. Like, you, you, this is a guy who does adverts for jeans and whatever else and, you know, underwear or whatever. But, like, you put him in front of a camera and he can say a line. He, he doesn't know what he's doing, you know? It's hopeless. That's true. It's hopeless, man. Yeah, I did. I did. I didn't know either. But I mean, I, I could. Yeah, he wasn't a good actor, but I didn't. Well, you didn't know what that he was a model. Yeah, yeah I didn't know who he was. I didn't, no, no, I, like, no, I, I don't know I, if he's a model. I'm saying, but that's his acting. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm not. Okay, a, okay. I'm not actually aware if the guy's a model, oh, but yeah, he looks like a model. He certainly isn't a fucking actor. Put it that way. Um, I've seen better actors on Neighbours. You know. <laughs> Now, Sony's presentation at CinemaCon 2023 showed audiences a sizzle reel of Craven the Hunter set in Sony's Spider-Man universe. The final shots confirmed the appearance of Rhino, played by Alexandria Nivola, and offered a very different look to the character that we saw in Amazing Spider-Man 2, played by Paul Giamatti, um, <laughs> which I loved, yeah, but it was very was brief. Terrible. What a fucking weird fucking casting choice he was for Rhino. Paul Giamatti. Uh, I couldn't think of anyone less like Rhino than that guy. Anyway, um, now apparently the movie will be rated R. Um, the movie reportedly has the Rhino at the end of the scene, a scene that has Craven biting a man's nose off. So reports he will be a vegan or untrue. Uh, uh, that's an amusing comment. Um, so Craven, is he biting off Rhino's nose? That would be a tall order. I have no idea. Well, what do we know about this? They're like, I want to know more. Like, Rhino, and do we have, like, some images of what the Rhino would look like? Like, are, are people actually fucking awake at these things and taking photos and stuff? Like, you know... I don't think you can take photos. Oh, come on, man. You, you In today's age with a fucking camera phone, of course you could. You might not be allowed to, but of course you could. You know, you're not allowed to do a lot of things, man. You know what no, I'm saying? No, they've, the uh, they've got high tech technology that deactivates your phone. Really? No. 
<laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, fuck, did they? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I just need some desperado out there to fucking do it, man. You know, and I'm not seeing anything. Uh, I'm seeing no footage. I, I'm seeing all these people fucking telling us, okay, here we go. All right, we've got something here. It, uh, blah, blah, blah. The footage, oh, this is um, Aaron Taylor Johnson who plays Craven. Craven sent in, uh, I guess Taylor Johnson sent in a video introducing the footage and revealed the film will be Sony's first R-rated Marvel feature. Will it be rated R? Fuck yes, it will be rated R. Uh, was that necessary? Not really. Um, the footage shows Craven stopping a caravan of poachers and quickly killing the six of them, including um, biting one man and spitting out part of his skin to the camera. It's also revealed the classic Spider-Man villain, the Rhino, will be in the feature with actor Alexandra Navola playing the role. In the footage, only his arm is shown and he appears to have grey skin. Well, thank you, Hollywood Reporter, for actually reporting because they can't take away your fucking eyes. You, you know, you can actually report what you're seeing. They can't stop you from explaining what a fucking you're seeing, you know? Like, he had great... Why didn't this make it into the mainstream reports, Rich? You know, why is it left to Hollywood Reporter to be doing the heavy lifting here? You know? Uh, because it's the Hollywood Reporter. But but what kind of clowns are turning up at these things and not getting footage? Like, I'd be ashamed of myself. Like, just get a camera, but it doesn't even need to be high quality. Just get something up. Think of your YouTube clicks or all that other shit these kids care about. Like, just get something yeah, but, up. Yeah, but then, David, then you're never invited to another one. Like they have, they sign a thing saying that they can't take footage. But what is it? It's yeah, like... you can describe it, yeah. but you can't take footage. And if you upload it, you're never getting it. So why would you? Why would? But you... I'm thinking of these kids. If you report that, you don't do something that that jeopardizes you coming back for more. No, but I'm thinking like... of these kids who are at the con, not not just the reporters. I'm thinking of some of these fucking youths who were there, who somehow get invited to these things. We don't get invited, but they get invited, and they can get fucking in. I would think one of these fucking little losers with nothing to lose would would, would take some footage. What are the children of today doing? I'm not joking. I think they have people mm. that that stand around looking at the crowd to see if anyone is holding a, a recording device. I I, I oh. do believe that because I know that from when they do like Comic Con and all that sort of stuff. Like I fucking hate um, it. I, I I think that these things should be if they're showing at the Comic Con, they should just be put online straight afterwards. I don't understand why. Only the privileged fucking 400 people can see it. Like, it's not the fucking crown jewels. Like, it's it's a footage of Rhino. Fans want to see it. Fans like me are getting the fucking shits that we're having to wait while these morons at the fucking cinema con in Brazil or wherever it is are getting to see it. Like, what makes them so special? We're Spider-Man fans. We want fucking Rhino. You know, I we've had enough. I'm sick of it, man. I, I am honestly at that point now where... I'd still go if they invited me, but I'd be had the shits about the whole thing. Like I'd go, yeah, I'd go, but I'd be like, yeah, like on the feedback form, how happy are you? One out of ten. Your past behaviour has disappointed me greatly. That would be my comment. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I know. It's I'm firing from the hip again, but I but I've been on this topic before. It's not the first time I've spoken about this, Rich. You've probably heard me mention this before. My my you just know, a bit. Yeah, it's it's one of my favourite topics, but. At least we know his skin is grey and we haven't seen a full image of him, which explains why. But I'm saying to the kids out there, lift your game, okay? Lift your fucking game. Do not be 
scared so much. Like, Bob Dylan hates people taking photos at his concerts, but people do. And you can go on YouTube and you can generally see most of his concerts. Like, it's possible, kids. You know, like, fight the fucking power a little bit. Please, give me some footage. <laughs> Think of me on Signal of Doom. Like, at a certain point, are you a man or are you a mouse? Are you a little mousey who just follows all the rules or are you a fucking man and you're going to take a fucking some footage and get it on YouTube? And, and go- well, you have your answer, Dave. <laughs> so far, I'm seeing little mices. Yeah, well, there you go. Little, little, little pussy little mices with, with pussy John Winchester. You know, they're all sitting down obediently, like, speak when you're spoken to kind of thing. I, I thought the users today were a bit more like, you know... Fucking... I thought you would love people that just obeyed and followed orders, Dave. <sighs> if I'm giving the orders, Richard, you know... But I'm order- oh, oh, I see. I'm so, ordering these. I'm so, ordering so these. They must be rebellious and, and anti-establishment unless you are in charge. Unless they're part of my death empire, yeah, which is what ah, I call it. I see. Yeah. That's what I call my <laughs> empire. My, I call my empire in medieval title war the death empire. Yeah. You know. I call that a contradiction. Well, <laughs> I don't care what you call it, basically. Um, yeah, so anyway, we'll get off this topic because like, there's no more footage to be seen because these guys are completely failed. Um, now, Ant-Man 3, I watched it just before the show. I've actually watched the first three quarters. I haven't caught the last quarter. Okay, here's my review. Firstly, much better than I expected. Um, now, it's a qualified statement. I expected one of the worst movies of all time. Um, (laughs) it is, look, everyone's like, it's visually spectacular. Mostly it is. There are times when you're like, seriously, that just seriously just looks like Michael Douglas and whatever her name is, Michelle Pfeiffer, standing in front of a green screen, and it just looked really like that. Like, it was just literally like you could just tell they're standing in a room with the background behind them that seemed kind of lifeless. Um, but in general, in look, what the movie did really well was it, 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 it drags them out of the world where nothing is interesting is happening other than fucking um, whatever his name is, Scott Lang signing books. Uh, very quickly into the quantum realm. The quantum realm is visually spectacular in terms of its effects. It looks really cool. Um, it definitely has kind of like a Star Wars-y vibe a lot of the time. Like, And I mean that in a sort of like, you know, uh, superficial way. Uh, it looks cool. Um, the stuff with Kang is, is pretty damn good uh, with Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, interesting. Bill Murray has a good cameo. Um, there's a lot of actually bits in it that are good, and it, at least interesting. Um, Evangeline Lilly uh, is terrible. Uh, I mean, and I do mean genuinely terrible. Uh, just like I, I actually said to Tash, she may be the worst Marvel actor that they've hired. She is. Mm. She is bad. Like she just looks like she's had so much work done. She, her character is nothing. Uh, same with Scott Lang. I mean, at least he's funny, but the, the, both of them are ciphers in the movie. But she has this really annoying habit during the film when something, you know, surprising happens, Rich, like, you know, Kang turns up or someone turns up, she strikes a fighting pose and it could not look less threatening. <laughs> like, you is see... This, this is on Disney Plus now, yeah? Uh, well, I just got it on, oh, yeah, I, maybe it is, I'm not sure. I, I got it, um, I purchased it, but I'm not sure if it's on Disney Plus. Actually, I'm not sure if it is quite a Disney Plus yet. It's available for purchase online. So it's 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 online, but I don't think they've put it on Disney Plus, or at least they hadn't a couple of days ago when I got it. But anyway, 
Evangeline Lee strikes this pose. Uh, seriously, a real-life wasp looks more threatening than her pose. <laughs> I actually thought that. I, it looks ridiculous. And what made it even more funny was she struck this pose and then whoever the character that she was so scared of, like this monster thing, moved. She yelped and went, Mom! And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, was that acting or was it just really just bad? Like, I honestly think she cannot act. I, I just, I, she's in the film really distracting me the whole time with this shit haircut she's got, all this work she's done on her face, and the character, I, I don't mean to be cruel to her, but the character is just not there either. So there's nothing there for an actor. And so, you know, the great actors, Rich, you know, how they breathe life into a few lines, like fucking Ali Guinness or someone. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, you know that habit, like the old Hollywood star who can breathe life from a very two-dimensional character and, and bring some gravitas. Well, she can't. Mm. She just can't. There's just she's hopeless. Um, Michael Douglas is good. Michelle Pfeiffer is very good. Kang is good, um, and the effects are good. So there's enough there. And actually, you know who's good? The daughter is good as well. The daughter is is a chirpy little young actress. The third one, you mean? Yeah, yeah, chirpy little young actress who gets the job done. And what I'm trying to say is, I thought this movie was going to suck so hard. It is better than I expected. Oh my god, the Modoc is so bad. Oh my fucking god. I can see why that woman got fired. In a movie where in general, like there's a lot of um not even cameos, like you know the cantina scene in Star Wars? You know that scene with all the like the band playing and all those kind of you know, all those aliens scattered around the bar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very like that. Like there's a lot of scenes with the extras filled out with kind of cantina-like aliens. There's, you know, a lot of them, and there's, some of them look really quite cool. There's a guy, and someone will know who this is. Um, you know Shockwave from Transformers? You know, Do you know Shockwave? He's purple, he's kind of got this weird head. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's like a guy that's like a yellow Shockwave who his head fires a weapon. It looks cool. What I'm trying to say is there's a lot of cool visual treats in the movie. And so it, in general, in general, looks very good down in this quantum realm. It really engages you as a, as a, as a watcher who doesn't do give two shits about Ant-Man. You know, you're like, oh, this is actually a lot better than I expected. Then this MODOK turns up and he's got the MODOK. I, I, they, they should have done MODOK as he is. You know, they should have just done MODOK. They've got the technology... They're doing all these other crazy aliens. It's not like they're not doing lots of other crazy aliens, Rich. Like, everyone around them looks nuts. The guy's helmet, the helmet looks a bit like regular Modoc. Not a lot like, but a bit like. He takes off the helmet, and it's the guy from fucking Ant-Man 1, the baddie there. I mean, I don't know what the guy's name is, Daryl or something. And anyway, but he's... Have you seen the picture? And his head's like... Um, oh. I've seen the meme and all that sort of stuff, and I'm not sure what's real and what's no, not. No, it's but. unfortunately that meme is actually what it is. It's so really? bad. Yeah, it's so bad. So it looks like they just took his face, blew it up. Yeah, yeah, and put it in in the Modoc suit. Yep. And wow, I honestly thought that 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 was like um, um you know people it making uh, fun doing Photoshop and crap and all that. No. I. Did not, it oh, actually wow, looks even worse on because you know, I'm watching it on my on my TV and I'm like this just looks so bad like and and they're commenting on it and it's it's really out of place too because the rest of the movie is reasonably very polished 
you know, in terms of looks, like that's one of the strengths of the movie. It's a very polished uh, looking I mean, movie. I've seen some bad CG shots in it, which is mm. not great, but yeah, from the most, it looks fine. But there are a couple of like probably yeah, uh, which which is fair because they've. I mean, you've heard all the stories how um, uh, Disney and Marvel are fucking over the special effects artists and mm. not paying them and, and and crunch and all that sort of stuff. So I'm not surprised that some of it looks like absolute fucking. Yeah, shit. Sometimes well, like, it's like it's one scene where they showed the daughter running. She's in the suit, uh, but it's a, so, but it's not actually her. I think it's a CG like character because obviously they didn't have to film her. Yeah, but it just looks so wonky. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, don't know. I, I think I do think that that Marvel, I think their special effects are starting to get a little worse. Mm. Like, not not massively. I just think they losing a bit of the polish. Yeah, you know what I mean? Well, I just yeah. feel like after the Avengers Infinity and war and all that sort of stuff i just feel like these newer movies they don't quite have the same and again it could be all of that like not paying the artists well or mm. um you know forcing them to do unrealistic work and all mm. that sort of stuff it could be a bunch of that but it is starting to you know just not look as polished yeah but but in general though a lot of it does look pretty cool like you know a lot of the graphics and stuff like it is, and the film leans on it a lot, so it would need to. So I'm not saying it's the world's greatest stuff, but it's it, it's pretty damn good, I think, considering, and I think my expectations were so low. Like, I'd give it a six. It's tough to go higher than a six because so much of it is pedestrian. But um, the Kang stuff is good, actually. I will say that. The Kang stuff, it's it's more than I expected, um, I'm keen to get to the end of it. It sounds like you don't care about spoilers, do you? Really, at this point? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't care either. Um, so it's Kang. I don't know much about Kang, uh, really, other than he's this time traveling villain, uh, constantly fucking with things. It, it seems like this guy might even be a bad Kang among Kangs. I think it's he keeps saying they exiled me. I think the other Kangs may have exiled him to the quantum realm. I think he's a particularly bad Kang because he's the scene I was just watching before the show. He's talking about how all the Kangs have played with time, and he's the one who saw the end point and sort of I don't know what he wanted to do, like something or other. But um, I I think potentially it might even be the other Kangs have exiled him, so he's like a really bad variant, you know, like a particularly evil one. Um, which is interesting, uh, and I think that matches with what I've read. I don't think this is the regular Kang. I think this is like a sort of offshoot. Um, but it's interesting, you know, like, and he, he's done well. He's a lot more interesting than he was in um, Loki, where he was just like, a, he was sort of like the boring, nice Kang almost, you know, the he who remains. So he's much more active. He's much more Kang-like. He's a little villainous. He was, and, he was in, in, in Loki, he was the, he was the quirky Kang. The quirky king, yeah, the quirky king, and um, in this one, um, yeah, he's more definitely more menacing, and he's more evil villain sort of style. You know what I mean, like generic evil villain. But the explanations he has are, are cool and stuff. Bill Murray was funny in his scene. Bill Murray pops in and he's funny. Playing Bill Murray is always, you know, like it's not like heavy lifting for him. I don't think. <laughs> no, <laughs> like he takes, but he's funny. You know, he he comes in, he gives a good performance. Um, yeah, I look, Michelle Pfeiffer is good. I've always liked her. Uh, Michael Douglas, as always, good. Paul Rudd, fun, but crap character, and Evangeline Lilly, terrible. Um, oh, didn't, uh, didn't they say that, uh, she plays Janet? 
Wasn't she banging Kang? Uh, banging definitely banging Bill Murray. Um, oh, okay. And had a had a um, what do you call it? Like had a friendship at least with Kang. I'm not. I couldn't confirm banging. They make a big deal that she was definitely banging Bill Murray. Um, it's not sort of confirmed, at least from what I've watched. But they had a friendship. Like he, she was helping him. Basically, what happens is, um, she's in the quantum realm after a few years. You know, whenever she got lost. And she sees Kang's ship come down and she comes out to sort of see what's going on and then he saves her life. And then basically they spend years together. And yeah, you could definitely could definitely ship them, as the kids would say, but they're working on basically re-energising his ship and it takes them some years. So they're friends, you know, like they're chatting and stuff and swapping stories and all that. And then she finally works out a way how to do it with him and the ship energizes and apparently his ship, uh, it, they use a word for it, but it's it's like, it sounds so stupid to say it, but like it's like control, his thoughts are linked with the ship. It's like a symbolic relationship with his, with his thoughts. I don't understand it, but anyway. So his ship comes online and it's kind of like a ball, like a, no, a sphere, I guess. Anyway, and she touches it as it comes online and she can read into his thoughts and the sort of history and she sees how he's just devastated and killed trillions of people, like wiped out whole timelines and worlds and done all the regular shit a Kang does, you know what I mean? Like all the crazy shit. And she sort of sees that and that's when she realises that he's bad news because before then they were like big pals. And then she can, and he's saying, "I can get you away. We can get out of here." And she can take, he can take her back to when she left, uh, you know, ten years before. So ten years won't have to have passed for her daughter, kind of thing, something along those lines. Anyway, and um, then of course, Rich, she realizes how evil he is, and she fucks his ship up, and hence the whole drama between them. You know what I mean? And they're sworn enemies, and then she gets rescued eventually by Michael Douglas, and in the meantime, Kang. Because he got his suit back from all her experimenting, um, he's got enough technology to basically turn the quantum realm literally into his empire. Because he's got the technology, he can't escape because his ship's totally fucked. But he's got technology that he can sort of rule over everyone, and he's a, like total tyrant. Um, that's in essence the storyline. It's pretty basic, but that's basically it. Like, there's not much more to it than that. But you know, it's interesting enough. I mean, I I wasn't it's expecting. It's like a story I've heard a thousand times. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's not winning any awards for originality. I mean, it's 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 like, wow, let's do Kang. He's an evil time traveler who destroys timelines, and he lands in the quantum realm. Uh, wow, yeah, it's like yeah, gee, <laughs> fuck. But, yeah, I mean, I didn't think. Uh... Okay, yeah. I would not have thought of a time traveller winding up in the quantum realm. He gets exiled. So he's been imprisoned. So he keeps saying, they imprison me, they exile me. And I think, and probably, I'm sure it will be found out by the end of this um, film. I haven't quite finished it. But I think the they they're referring to is his own, the Kangs. You know how they have the Council of Kangs? Yeah, like, yeah. So I, th- I, think, I think his other versions may have been the ones who've exiled him, I, I believe, you know. Because he's such a baddie, Rich. He's bad even by Kang standards, you know? He's a bad boy. But really, when I'm watching, I'm like, it's pretty normal <laughs> Kang. You know, like, Kang is normally about this evil. 
well, maybe Kang's about to have some uh, facial reconstruction surgery. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, maybe he's the black variant. <laughs> that it's about yeah, to yeah. Be. maybe, maybe there's going to be a different looking variant coming up soon, hey? Oh, I, I will say this, um, the chances of them... Which, with... by the way, no, actually, they've actually, they've confirmed that can happen because... Um, don't forget that there's different um roadies well yeah i was gonna say there's different roadies but in the the doctor strange one i think they there was like different actors playing um they, they, they had like different actors playing the same character but in different right universes or something i'm trying yeah. to remember with the exact example oh you I mean like it. um yeah yeah you mean like um mr fantastic and stuff yeah, because remember they had the Illuminati. Well, kind of yes, because yeah, because when they do the Fantastic Four, it'll be a different actor. Yeah, and yeah. and Xavier, when they do the X Men, there'll be a different Xavier. So yeah, yeah. And, and plus you've had the James, you know. So if they've used that Xavier, you've James McAvoy. Is it McAvoy? Something like that. James McAvoy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, they're supposed to be the same one, but you know what I mean. But they I, I, they're already have shown that like different actors can play the same. Oh yeah. Well, I, I guess it'll all depend on how this guy's court case goes, won't it? And how and how and how um, uh, how, you know how forgiving Marvel are going to be if he settles out of court or whatever happens. And we've got some news on that actually. But um, yeah, it's it, it's an interesting test case with um with old Kang. It's just unfortunate timing for Marvel that he just happens to be their primary villain. You know, yeah. Um, well, the one that they're building it up around, yeah. But yeah, it would have been it would have been fine if it was a CG character. <laughs> Is there a part of you that just thinks sucked in? Like, fuck you, Marvel. Like, you know, like, I, I part, there's a part of me that just is like, well, too bad, so sad. Like, you might have to go in and uh, recast. I mean, yeah, but I mean, there's a part of me that just, I, I prefer they just fail because they failed, not yeah. they failed because, you know, one of the actors did something stupid in their personal life or whatever. Like, yeah. I just feel like that's an easy out, you know what I mean? But it you could recast it. it. Like, it's not like it couldn't be recast. You could, but my point is if it fails, then they'll be like, eh, it's because we recast. Yeah, we lost no, the world's greatest like, actor. It, it just gives them an out, and I don't want them to have an out if it failed. No, I hear you. I do hear you. Now, um, so overall, I'm giving Ant-Man 6 out of 10. I will report back next week after I get to the end if I raise it to a 6.5. But... I expected like a 2 or 3 out of 10. So I am pleasantly surprised. But would I want to go and pay full price in a cinema for it? No. Fuck no. It's um, still a pretty boring Ant-Man movie. Uh, boring character. Um, Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer are, are good, as you'd expect from those two. And uh, they certainly are. They've certainly... Marvel are smart enough to realise just how dull Ant-Man actually is. And he's massively like a minor character in his own movie. That's one thing that's funny. Mm. Oh, well, ever since the first movie, he's he's become less of a character, less of a main character in his own movies. Yeah, and because, that's yeah, massively, um, you know. Ant Man and the Wasp. He was definitely like, you know what I mean. You've got the new villain, then you've also got Ben Foster. Yeah, and you've got Wasp taking more of a an active role. Yeah, and now you've got this one where you've got Michael Douglas, you've got Michelle Pfeiffer, you've got. Uh, wasp still now you've got his daughter like you know what i mean like he yeah he's he is sharing the spotlight more and more in each of the and but it's clever because i don't think he could have supported three solo movies like iron man style like the characters just not there the stories aren't there so 
It's actually well, smart. Well, I, you know? I disagree in a, in a sense because I kind of feel like a movie that's maybe just him and his daughter and even just Michelle Pfeiffer mm. getting sucked into the quantum realm and maybe Michael Douglas and um, Evangeline, like, you know, they get left behind. I was hoping you know, Evangeline Lily would be left behind. I was actually hoping. Yeah, because the know. thing is, like, you don't, like, in a comic book, you, if, your, your side characters, would, they don't have to appear in every episode, uh, in every issue. True. In every story. And I just feel like you could have maybe had a bit more of a personal one with, you know, you know, here's a mother who lost time with her daughter, go, you know, being sucked in and having this adventure with a father who's also lost time with his daughter and now shit's happening and, you know, they could be lost. for You know what I mean? It just, you could have had a much more tighter mm. focused story if you didn't keep expanding mm. the, the amount of characters that you need to have in the movie. You know, I just, you know I what know. I mean? Like sometimes less is more. I know, but they never think that. And don't forget, Rich, that, like, these characters are wafer thin. Well, they're going to stay wafer thin if you don't don't actually, like, put some fucking substance in there. Like, my God, I must say Marvel have really, really, really worked on, let's make it, like, you know when you get the, the, the bits of ham, if you get that cheap ham and it's, like, sliced so thin, that is characters in Marvel now. It's just like, wow, we, we have... We haven't even stripped down to basics. We have just taken out so much of what makes good character work in movies and we are just so formulaic um, and, you know, and so happy with ourselves as well. Like, we're so fucking happy with ourselves. There was one scene where um, um, Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer were standing and it just looked so cheap. It just looked like they were standing in front of a green screen and not even a particularly exciting background. (laughs) You're just like, mm. this looks like something before effects. You know, like I was like, wow, we're almost we're almost looking at like a, a theater where they've got like a black curtain behind them, you know, for effect. <laughs> Maybe some no. some stars sprinkle on the curtain. I don't know, but it it was just one of those moments where I was like, wow, we didn't try hard in this scene. You know, like <laughs> we just we really did we run out of budget or something? Like I don't know. So anyway, well, it's a six out of ten from me, which is more than I expected. Um, Modok is awful, and for such a cool character, gee, they fucked Modok. They fucked Modok hard, you know. And the guy is, pl- and they also play him as a joke, which I hate. You know, I don't mind a bit of a joke, but like he's pathetic. You know, of course he is pathetic, Rich. You know, mm. of course he is. So of course. He's the butt of the joke. So, oh, by the way, get this. I actually felt physically fucking ill today when I read this about James Gunn. James Gunn, firstly, was saying how... He's going on and on about how with Guardians of the Galaxy, he feels such ownership of the characters, blah, blah, blah. Like, Marvel have to run everything through him, you know, and all this other shit. And, and like, you, you know what I mean? Like, his Guardians of the Galaxy is just so incredible, Rich. Just so his own product. Like, you know, only he gets it, blah, blah, blah. And anyway... He went on to say his version of Star-Lord would have killed Gamora when she asked him to an Infinity War, but he wouldn't have punched Thanos and doomed the galaxy. So he was taking uh, taking exception to to that choice. Um, he felt the need to come out in the press and say that, like, you know, for all the people... Because people were blaming Star-Lord, if you recall, for whatever he did in Infinity War. So he fucked something up of Thanos, remember? And it's how Thanos managed to win in Infinity War, I believe, if memory serves. Um, so he's he's bringing that piece of dead news up, and then this is the part that really made me fucking cringe. Pom, Klep, 
Clementief, Rich, um, who plays Mantis. Uh, you might remember Mantis from the Guardians movies, Rich. Mm. Yeah. Um, a very, 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 very lame character, in my opinion. Uh, went on today that she went on today to say, or she went on the Today Show to say she wasn't sure about working for a new director, saying, and this is a quote, Rich, I can't imagine playing Mantis with someone else writing the words and hinting at the fact that Gunn played a role in shaping the character when she appeared in the Avengers films, Rich, because, I mean, she was so vital there. Um, Gunn added that Clementiev and Pratt reached out to him personally while they filmed Infinity War for approval. I was being given direction, and I was like, I think I'm going to call James, said Clementiev Mantis. I feel physically sick because I recall how little Mantis did. Um, And, like... She's just so in the fucking... She's so indebted to James Gunn, so slavering for his fucking approval that not only did she do that, she then has to feel the need years later to come on today and talk about it like, oh, yeah, like, I just couldn't imagine someone else writing the words, the genius that seeps from his pen. You know what I mean, Rich? Like, (laughs) it's just so cringeworthy, man. Like, for me, it's just pathetic almost, I would say. Uh, I think it's someone trying to get a job in yeah. uh, maybe a DC project. Or, sorry, Warner Brothers oh, project. Uh, totally, yeah. I mean, fucking they're right or die for James Gunn. She's like, oh, please, oh, you know. Like, and well, I'm like, come on. Like, Dave, like, Ed Marvel, he was just the writer-director of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Now he's the head fucking honcho of an entire yeah. fucking cinematic universe. Of course you're going to butter him up like so, but I, I felt sick when, when when she was like, I thought I had to give him a call. It's like, why? For that fucking group scene where you stood with all the other female characters and tried to look tough for one second? Yeah, because that's what I remember you doing. There wasn't You weren't doing much, Mantis, at all. You, in fact, you were doing close to zero. So it's, it's impressive that you even felt the need to get direction. Like, are you an actor? Can you read a script? <laughs> like, she's like, it's too complex. I'm just going to stand there with four other people. Oh. Can't get my head around it. Got to call James Gunn, you know. Yeah, shit. I can't even think of any real dialogue she had in the. Well, she, I don't in, think she had any before she, before she got snapped away. She went me whatever she does, you know, like that. She made that little noise that she makes. Like mm. all I can say to her is, but you know what? That noise didn't feel right because it wasn't written by James. Yeah, but James Gunn needs <laughs> to write that. Like I'll say this right now: she's a poor actress, and it's a very lame fucking character. You know, like, it's a... Ah, uh, I mean, the character's fine. It's throwaway, man. It's throwaway, though. I mean, it, you know? yeah, but it's not, yeah, but it's nothing... There's nothing wrong with the character. It's just that there's nothing phenomenal about the character. No. There's nothing like, oh, my God, character, like... Yeah. We don't need oh, a yeah, Mantis. You know, we don't like, need a Mantis film. I can tell you that much right now. She's the linchpin of, <laughs> of the Guardians movies. I'd say she's the linchpin of the lame characters. Like, you, you, if you assemble the lame characters in lineup, she'd um, certainly be there. No, know? look, I appreciate her character because I think she does work well with Drax. Like, you know what I mean? Because it's someone who's, like, even more stupid than Drax. Yeah. So it gives, it gives Drax someone that he can play yeah. off of. Because obviously before her, Drax was just the stupid one. You know what I mean? Not getting the jokes, or I agree. But you know what? Like as the as the years have gone by, I care less and less about these guardians. I find them less entertaining with each installment. Like when they turned up in Thor, I was just like, "Really, guys?" Like, you know, and it was such a. Well, fucking... I don't. They, from what I understand, they didn't even realize that they were going to be turning up in Thor. Do you know what I mean? Like that oh. was a. a it wasn't exactly a planned thing. It was just a kind of like you know. I wish they hadn't. Um, 
That was that was like a Taika Waititi thing. Yeah, well, I wish they hadn't because it was fucking lame. Like they they turn up right at the start. It's just like an advertisement for their movie. It's like, well, we'll be back soon again in three. Ah, <laughs> uh, to be fair, I think it's just because they. I think it was like, um, it was just to undo because obviously at the end of the Avengers, implied that he was going to be. Uh, rolling with the Guardians of the Galaxy, which right. probably would have honestly been a far better idea than that Thor movie. Yeah, like if that had been the end of Thor until the next Guardians movie, and now Thor is actually part of the Guardians, mm. that could have actually been a much better course of action than actually making that fourth movie. <laughs> it was fucking terrible. The movie they made. Um, but again, I think that was the plan. But obviously, after Love and uh, not Love and Thunder, Ragnarok. Ragnarok, I think they wanted to give. You know, take a, another another bite of the apple. Yeah, uh, but they shouldn't have. Yeah, and I, if I recall, um, James Gunn was mouthing off about how he didn't tick off on everything they did in that Thor appearance either. He's like, oh, we've done so differently. It's like Jesus. Oh, well, I'll be honest you with you. I did see a scene from it, and it definitely does feel like like it's not them. Yeah, it's just something about the dialogue. But again, it's Taika Waititi and it's James Gunn. They both comedians, but they're very different comedians. <laughs> Can I say this? Neither of them are that funny. Like, you know... No, really well, that, I mean, that's why I, I said it like that. With the inverted, <laughs> like, God, the, the standard of comedy has really fallen. You know, like, where... I, I really... I was thinking this today, like, this formula humour that Marvel has, it, 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 like, it's humorous to an extent, but it's not that funny. Like, it's not like watching Kerber Enthusiasm and you're, like, rolling with laughter. Like, it's... You're not that funny, guys. I, like, sometimes... Why don't you try focusing on a bit more story? Because you're really not... You're in love with yourselves, that's for sure. You, know, you, you, you guys are loving your own work like nothing else. Like, you, you know, you, each one of them is the president of their own fan club, that's for sure. Um, I don't know. I just... I hope James Gunn. I mean, I genuinely, I, I am sickened by the uh, sort of obsquishiness of these actors. Um, but I guess they are all just jockeying for a role in this DC universe yeah. if they can. Well, I, I put I put in the news that uh, James Gunn has promised fans that the Superman Legacy movie will not be a comedy. Well, I hope it is. I mean, I I think he's capable. I I I do actually think that. I hope he's. I hope so. Maybe but it shouldn't be. I don't think of any movies done that's not a comedy though. Like, has, has he done any movie? That's the only one I can think of is Dawn of the Dead that I think he wrote. Yeah, but come on. That was, that's the only one I can was, think of. There was a fair bit of comedy. 20 years ago as well. Like, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I Yes, I, I, I hear your concern. Now, we had a, a point here from, I think Michael put this in the news, and uh, remembering if you join the Patreon uh and you get into certain tiers, you can actually join up um, on the actual uh, news angle, and you can be a news hound for Signal, and we can read out your news, and I'll credit you as well. Right now, Michael is doing a stellar job, because we were struggling for news early in this week, and I was really busy, and I said, Mike, we need some fucking help, man. You know? We need you to yeah, I, I, to be fair, I only struggle because I care so little about a lot of the news. Yeah, well, yeah, but, but I know that as well. Like, you know, when I'm struggling for news, I know you're fucking really going to be struggling. Jesus Christ. I'll report yeah, on the fucking... Very pro- true. I'll report on the progress of grass growing if it gets to it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just... I kind of almost don't see the point because if I put something in I'm not interested in, I'll just be like, oh, this... 
moving on. Like, yeah. I, just, I just, it's pointless. Like, I don't have anything to contribute, so I'm like, whatever. Anyway, so we have this. Um, Netflix will discontinue its mail DVD service in September. I'm surprised they're still doing it. Once the primary source of Netflix's revenue, uh, the buy mail service now only contributes to 5% of its service. At the height of its DVD by mail service 10 years ago, Netflix paid over $700 million a year to the US, to United States Postal Service in postage costs. And Michael says these stupid discs would get stuck in the mail sorting machines and break. Um, the customer base that still uses physical disc service may drop their subscriptions. If those customers haven't moved to streaming by now, it must be for a good reason, like poor internet speed in rural areas or lack of internet altogether. That's a good point. A competitor, Redbox, who own thousands of DVD video game kiosks across America, have expressed interest in buying the service, but have been rebuffed each time. Yes, and I think you would expect them to retain a large portion of those customers. I must admit, I didn't even know the difference. So Redbox, I think we've got Redbox here as well. I think I've seen it um, in some shopping centres. Um, DVD vending machines. Yeah, we've got little, um, um, they look like vending machines, but it's for movies. Yeah, he says, imagine a soda vending machine that gives out DVDs and video games. They are placed outside of party stores and inside Walmarts. And I believe I've seen some of them outside, like, supermarkets in Australia. Not even yep. that many, but I, I have seen some. Um, oh, but there used to be, there used to be at one, uh, one at the front of uh, Coles here at Hornsby, if you remember. Yeah, well, door. yeah um, I, well, yeah, that's yeah. the one I'm thinking of. I don't know if it's still there. But that's gone. No, no, that's gone. Okay, well, yeah, okay, that's interesting. I mean... Wow, it's pretty old school that they're still existing, but I guess you know there's a market for. I don't think things. like I think it's still a bit of a market in America. I don't think, I, I think it's pretty much gone here in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Well, Netflix are exiting, um, and I, you know, so you say the the customer base has collapsed. It will be interesting. He makes a good point though, because it, why wouldn't if you're a Netflix customer getting mail things, why wouldn't you have just gone? I'll just get streaming. Like I'll pay Netflix however much you pay, like 13, 15 bucks per month. It, but yeah, there might be actual technological reasons, you know, for why they haven't. I mean, it could be, but I mean, Jesus Christ, if you're that rural where you've got poor internet, like fucking how long does it take you to get posted? Yeah, I don't know. Well, the postman always delivers, Rich. You know? Yeah, but not, not, not necessarily in a timely manner, depending <laughs> on where you are. Like you'd be like, oh, I'm in the mood for a movie. Let's order one. Like, <laughs> Six days later, here's your fucking movie. Oh Three yeah, shit, I forgot about that. Three weeks later, up to up turns the wild punch. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> really keen to see Ferris Bueller's day off. <laughs> Instead of hopping on but the also, internet. To be fair, the, a lot of the rentals might not necessarily. Well, some of the rentals will be area in, in internet, but it also might be because, as you did now, when it's not on streaming yet, and you rent it. Yeah. Like, so, like, you know, Shazam got uh, fast track to rent digital rental mm. or like renting. So maybe it's, you know, it's a rental because it hasn't come to streaming yet. Yeah. But they keen to watch it. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, they've, they've done a, it seems weird. Like, K Corey Hain died in 2010. And, uh, wow, he wasn't Did looking. He, yeah, and age of 38. Um, fans knew him from films like Lost Boys. There's an autopsy. But, like, why would the autopsy results only be coming out now? Prescription drug use was an ongoing problem for the one-time team heartthrob. Uh, respiratory distress caused by pneumonia, among other issues. He'd been complaining of flu-like symptoms. Uh, yeah, his lungs were noted to be seriously enlarged at the autopsy. Um, the initial police report stated he may have died from an accidental overdose. This was eventually determined to be untrue. 
he had an enlarged heart. But see, you, I, I believe if you're doing a massive amount of drugs, that can actually really hurt your heart and come back and bite you later in life, you know? Like, even if yeah, you didn't yeah, die of an overdose, if he's doing, like, heroin and stuff, like, that can seriously fuck up your body so that later on in life you're really struggling. Um, yeah, well, that, that's the problem. Well, that's the problem with hardcore drugs and all that sort of stuff. Even just drugs that affect your body, like... You may stop, but the yeah. damage is done. You know what I mean? Yeah. You you could be a drug addict for quite a while, and then you decide, oh, shit, it's harming me. But the damage is done, so you've probably already shortened your life anyway. Yeah. Oh, exactly. look, you've probably lengthened, you know, you've probably lengthened it at least, because mm. you would have been dead probably sooner if you had kept going, but you've probably still definitely shortened your... And you know what he had here? He had a I... lot of prescriptions. So... It's known uh, Heyman sought out large quantities of prescription medications, including the powerful painkiller oxycodone before he died. Although no oxycodone was found in his body upon autopsy, generic Valium and ibuprofen were found. Well, they'd find plenty of ibuprofen and fucking um, Voltaren in my body, among other legal prescription medications. Oh, you know, look, I mean, the guy cashed out 13 years ago. So, you know, what can you say? Like, um, yeah, uh, what's Prozac? An antipsychotic medication, a muscle relaxant, a tranquilizer, and THC were also found in his system. I mean, wow, this guy's really packed well, a lot of but, pills. But, but again, to be fair, like, it, there's a lot of people out there who just think that taking drugs will fix your problems. Sure. Pop on you a few know, and pills. especially if, you, if you're rich and you've got the money and your doctor will just prescribe sure. whatever, you know, like, oh, I don't feel great. I feel, you know, yeah. you know. Uh, bored or I feel lonely oh here's a drug for that kind of thing and all that yeah one you can afford the drugs sure um, I take blood so pressure I take I take blood pressure and I take no no but I just think people with, with money and especially like celebrity stuff they can genuinely just get drugs for like whatever they feel in whatever negative feeling they have whereas most people can't yeah well I know Tom Petty um, when he died it was of a prescription overdose because he'd fractured his hip um, playing their tour so right at the start of the tour, and, you know, he was like 70, I think, you know, so he was getting up in age, and uh, right at the start of the tour, he fell, and he fractured his hip, but they'd already booked a ton of dates, and he didn't want to let the fans down, and he played the entire tour, the and literally every show, with a fractured hip, and was an incredible amount of pain, you know, and he was taking um, prescription medication for the pain, and on the final night, it was diagnosed that it was a full break of the hip. Uh, it had gone beyond fracture, and he, and you know he, uh, you know he'd been playing you know two three hour shows a night, and um, he came home after to it's sad. I feel really sorry for his wife. So he'd come home, uh, and finally was finished of the tour, and he'd taken stuff for the pain, and then he he had a massive heart attack. I think I believe is what happened, and. Um, with prescription um, overdose, um, you know, and it's dangerous too because, like, the pain he was in was very substantial, and so he was getting he was hooked on the painkiller to get him through the tour. When really, what he should have done, like, it's great in hindsight, is take, you know, delay the tour and and take two or three months off and, and get the hip right. Um, it's sad because you know he. You know, it's, it's you know, you know, and people are writing stories like the guy did heroin and stuff or, you know, no, he wasn't doing heroin or anything. It was a prescription overdose of uh, a fractured hip. Um, similar thing happened to Prince. Prince, that's how Prince died. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, people always want to make out it's way more exciting than it actually is. Like, 
I remember when Prince died, there was a big rumour that he'd apparently been just diagnosed with AIDS and he had a huge party night and it was just like, I'm going to fucking party till I die. And it's not true. He Very similar to Tom Petty. I think it might even have been the same medication. He was just, he prescription, but he was just taking too much of it for whatever ailment he had and he had a huge heart attack and died. Uh, you know, it's, as you say, I mean, you're right. You, it's not that hard to get prescriptions for stuff, you know, and then it's all about... Um, and just because, but by the way, just because something is prescription doesn't mean that it's uh, addictive or harmful or, or anything like that. Like, um, mm. you know, um, yeah, it can, you it can, can certainly you be. Can just get addicted because one, if you got like serious pain, honestly, the painkillers they prescribe to just make you feel so good. Yeah, like all your pain goes away, even other pains that yeah, little yeah. pains that yeah. whatever, and so you keep taking it. So anytime you get a little bit of pain. Yeah, you keep taking and all this stuff, and before you know it, you're taking it for the most minor yep. of things, and you're pretty much addicted. You're popping them like smarties. Yeah, no, I've really in the last, I'd say, the last three years, really dialed down the amount of painkillers I take for my back and hip. Like I will take them, but I, I, I um really save it for when it's really hurting. If you know what I mean, because there was a time when I was playing a lot more tennis. I mean, I was in constant pain. You know, like I mean. And it was, as you're just saying, it's very easy. If you, if you can get rid of 40% of that pain, well, I'll take that, you know? And I realised I was, I was, I was like, yeah, I'm, um, so I've, I've really dialed it back in the last three years. And it's, I'm not, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, not I, I'm not a big pill guy. I, like, I don't even, even if I'm sick, like with mm. the flu or the cold or whatever, I just don't take medication until, unless it gets like so bad yeah. that I can't even get out of bed. Otherwise, I just, struggle i just i just work through it yeah no i know uh you know it's it's good stuff man like you know and i i just feel sorry for tom petty's wife too because like it, it would have been just so tragic for her he just finished the tour he was the top of the world and you know he i think he just took like a double dose or something and unfortunately you know the unfortunate thing is anyone can have a heart attack at any time you know this is the other thing too, man. Like, you know, like I try not to think about it because I, you know, I, I, I need to drop some weight. I need to get a bit fitter because I don't want to cash out at 49. You know, I feel like I've still got another good 10 years in me. Seriously, another decade of hits. I want to see the Ashes Tour. I want to see Wolverine uh, in Deadpool 3. You know, I've got things to live for, Rich. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I do. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I'm sure there are other things, but they're the things on top of my mind right now. You know what I mean? I want to see Hawaii again with Michelle. You know, there's a few a few things, but I really want to see that Deadpool 3 because I'd be pissed. I'm dying. My first last thought would be, fuck, I didn't see Deadpool 3 with Wolverine. So annoyed. <laughs> I want to see Fantastic Four and X-Men, especially X-Men, in the, in the Marvel U. If they were like, you can only choose, I'd be like, X-Men. <laughs> you, you can only have one. I'd be like, it's not even a hard fucking decision. I'll just take Wolverine. <laughs> so anyway, so... Life goes on. Um, but anyway, so Adam the Computer, thank you, Adam. He saw Evil Dead Rise, which is the new Evil Dead movie produced uh, definitely by Bruce Campbell, potentially by Sam Raimi. Not sure about that, but I think so. Definitely Bruce Campbell. There was a really funny incident in the uh, premiere. I think they were in Austin or somewhere. Anyway, so the premiere, the movie's on. And there was this one guy who had his feet up on the seat he was throwing popcorn into the air and they called him out on his bullshit and apparently he fallen asleep 
And he yelled, this movie fucking sucks. <laughs> and he threw popcorn around. And Bruce Campbell apparently stood up and said, well, get the fuck out then. <laughs> Bruce Campbell showed him the door. And this guy was apparently, I think he might have been a bit intoxicated or something, but it was pretty fucking funny. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was hilarious. So, yeah. yeah I'm hoping that... Uh... Hey, do you know anyone who's seen this Evil Dead Rise? Well, Adam's, Adam's got a review. Do you want me to read it out? Okay, good. So, Adam, yeah, good. Adam, Adam, Adam saw it last night. I'm not impressed by the trailers. I've not even seen the trailers. So, Adam saw it last night. This is his review, and he's a big Evil Dead mm. fan. Evil Dead Rise, a decent horror movie, about on a par with Evil Dead 2013. Creepy. Neither are really deserving of the Evil Dead name. They are right on track with the gore and scares. What they got wrong is that the Raimi movies always had the premise of what if demons slash evil were jerks. Not sure these attempts really capture that. The deadites in Raimi's movies would hurt you because it hurt and they are dicks. They are just as likely to do something just to gross you out than to kill you. They want to torment you. These more modern deadites hurt you because they want to kill you but they might go for some emotional torment. Also missing any of the slapstick from the later Raimi movies. Yeah, it sounds like less fun. It sounds like it's more generic horror. Yeah, because uh, I saw the trailers, and I'll, I'll just be honest with you, I was just like, it just doesn't, it doesn't look like an Evil Dead movie to me. Yeah. I was just like, it doesn't look like it. I mean, I'll watch it when it comes out on streaming. Uh, I'll also, um, I, what, a movie that has just come out is Scream, the new Scream, so I'll, I will have that review next week. Michelle and I are going to watch that. I had a decision between Scream and Ant-Man, and, and Michelle's like, no, I want to see Scream, whereas you can, she's like, Michelle doesn't give a fuck about Ant-Man. <laughs> I think she's a very good litmus test because uh, she's such a casual fan, but she will watch most of the superhero things. She'll give most of them a chance because of me. She's like, yeah, I'll give, you know, she, like, some of them she genuinely likes. But with Ant-Man, she's like, couldn't care less. <laughs> yeah. You know. I'll be honest with you, I, it's, it's weird to me because obviously I grew up my whole life with mm. comic books and all that, but it's, it's so funny to me that I've kind of gotten the same way. Mm. Like, I would have thought, like, you know, because back in the day, I mean, Jesus Christ, you didn't have that many of them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You kind of almost took what you could fucking get. Even oh, totally, yeah. At the end of the day. But now I've got to the point where I'm just like, eh, I don't feel like it. <laughs> like, eh, I can't be bothered. Like, Well, I think it's the, um, I think it's because back in the day, we only had X many choices. Like, so if you, if, if Ali Baldwin was doing The Shadow, you definitely saw it because it was like, yeah, it was a superhero thing, even though you weren't a mm. Shadow fan. Um, whereas now, like, it's like every man and his dog's getting a fucking movie, you know? Yeah. Um, my dad was funny when, um, he saw in the paper, Batwoman. He's like, who's this Batwoman? I really don't like how they're getting all these new heroes. <laughs> he was really grumpy about it. I think in his mind, Batwoman was replacing Batman. And he was like, I don't like it. I, this old man. <laughs> I was just laughing. I was like, she's a super minor character on a crappy TV show. I guarantee you she won't be around for too long, and she wasn't. Yeah, but you should have just said, like, uh, Dad, don't worry. Even if they do replace Batman with a woman, it'd still be called Batman. <laughs> so true, Rich. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, man. Like, exactly. Yeah, they won't. Um, yeah, they, they won't. They'll still keep the brand um, mm-hmm. name, but they'll just replace. Um, yeah, Batman will one day be a. I think black, gay, um, uh, trans uh, character called Batman. <laughs> like, I'd be dis- I'd be, oh, almost, I'd be almost disappointed. And a handicap, yeah, he's definitely going to have a handicap and ca- carry a um, wheelchair at times. Has to have accessible ramps whenever he comes into the Batcave. Uh, you know, in fact, you know, I'm not sure if the Batcave is accessible, Rich. Um, 
They say, man, get on that, you know, considering there's Batgirl, although I know they gave Batgirl. Do you remember the controversy in New 52? It was kind of funny. Um, and, you know, obviously Oracle was um, you know, crippled by the Joker for, you know, a amount of years and it really developed the Oracle, um, you know, brand and persona. And then when they did New 52, I believe they gave Batgirl, like, her legs back, you know, in a sense. You know, she could walk yeah. around. And there was, like, you know, quite like a... Like she was Batgirl again. Yeah, and there's quite a lot of hostility. Um, they got a lot of blowback from, you know, like the disabled community and stuff. Who, and I, I think, in fairness, were like, well, this is, you finally gave us a fucking character that did stick, you know? Like, Oracle was, I think, pretty damn popular. But, what? But the one thing I didn't understand about that, right, which yeah. just didn't make any sense to me, and I think it's honestly because they could never make a successful second backdoor, right? Yeah. Is. The back the, the Oracle was successful. It wasn't a yeah. failed experiment. It wasn't a failed storyline. This character actually became I would even say probably more popular. Yeah. And successful at, with that handicap and, and made her you know what I mean, like as the character that she was. Mm. But I think it's because they could never get another Batgirl to stick. Do you know what I mean? Because they tried I know there was Cassandra and then and you know, I think they tried spoiler. Stephanie. Yeah. At one point, it's like I just felt like they never felt like they did a good job replacing her. They certainly tried, so, but I, I think they, oh, they yeah, did. yeah, they certainly tried, but they didn't get that big pop, you know. And I think a lot of people like let's not forget the mass audience is pretty stupid, and like they only know the most basic beats of Batgirl. So it was like she was in the cartoon, she was in that terrible movie. You know, like, they're not reading the comic books. They don't know who Cassandra Kane is. You know what I mean? These people. Like, the hardcore fans do, though. And mm -hmm. I don't know. It was... Look, dude, at the end of the day, for me, it was just... A decision was made, and they got some blowback for it. But I think she's... Yeah, she's definitely still Batgirl. So they did stick with it. So I'll give them some points for that. Um, I think if you tune into the pages of DC right now, Batgirl is played by um, Barbara Gordon, I'm pretty sure. Could be wrong, but... Still, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, but I was surprised because when I was reading Batman in the 90s when, you know, Chuck was doing it and, and, and all those guys were doing it, Oracle was a big part of the equation. She was constantly on the comms, you know? Mm -hmm. um, Bird of Prey. Like, that's the Oracle I remember. I, I really liked her. I thought she was good. Um, so I was well, kind of surprised that Batman... a linchpin of the, the DC universe because almost every character mm. would contact her for help. Exactly, yeah. That was good. It was really good. I, I, To be honest, that's my favourite era of probably Batman. Like, mm -hmm. I, I fucking love that stuff. And, you know, and they made the decision. I don't know if it was the right decision, really, because I think the problem they then have is like, oh, there's a new Oracle. It's like, well, fuck you. You know, like... But not, but not just Batman. Like, she was helping the Justice League. Yeah, she know, was helping everyone. Oracle, she was part of the... You know, she was literally part of the Justice League as Oracle. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. And the Grant Morrison stuff that she was chatting to them, not as much as in, you know, Batman, but, and Robin and all no, those. No, but there was, a, there, was a, there was a part where she took over uh, from, like, Martian Manhunter. Yeah. So, you know how, like, the Justice League used to use Martian Manhunter and he used to think telepathy, everyone, yeah. But, you know, they actually moved away from that. And she, you know, whenever they were out in the field, mm. they were communicating with her. She was, uh, you know, um, uh, 
keeping the lines of communication open and sort of passing everyone together, keeping everyone informed. Yeah. And I was like, what a great use of that fucking character. Literally we, part of the Justice League without even being there. I agree. I, but this is when DC was good. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're looking back at a golden <coughs> time when we, we were just like, we, we were just, we were just loving it. And it was a long period. It wasn't like it was five minutes. That was latter yeah. Justice League sort of like, you know, as that went on. And, Jesus Christ, I'd kill for books of that quality now, you know? Yeah. What a golden right. fucking era. We didn't know how good we had it. We were like, yeah, this is good, Justice League. We didn't well, know. Well, to be fair, shit. at that stage, I thought it could only get better. Yeah, man, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, yeah, I, or at least you thought they were building to something, but it turns out they weren't. They were actually getting ready to burn it all down and, and, and hang like, out with I, I, I don't know. I kind of, I feel like we went off a cliff somewhere because I'll be honest with you, like, you know, like in the 80s, you got to the 90s, and you're like, man, it's even better. You know what I mean? And yeah. then you get to, like, the 2000s, you're like, fuck, it's even better. Yeah, it was cool. And then yeah. also you get to, like, kind of the 2010s, and you're like, why is it not better? <laughs> I, I honestly think, I, if I had to pinpoint things, I, I think you had Chuck fucking driving his books, and then he leaves in, like, 2004, five, whenever that exactly that was, but around that time period, you had Ed Brubaker, uh, he was fantastic, uh, but he wasn't there for a hugely long time before he left to go to Marvel. Um, you, I'd say when they lost, they and and then the last one who held out was Jeff Johns. And Jeff Johns, when he eventually disengaged from doing everything he was doing, I think that was where the decline, if you talk about a decline, was probably declining when they lost Chuck, they lost Brubaker, and eventually... Um, even Rucker, I, I think Rucker worked while it was still going downhill, but he was definitely there. But Jeff Johns was well, holding his end up, and yeah. Well, the, the decline know. was the new Fifty Two. Like, well, know, that was I where mean, they that was where they officially jumped the shark. Sure. No, well, the, yeah, but no, but that's where I kind of mean that's this is where they passed the baton. Yeah. True. So, so the new Fifty Two is basically where they said, right, you are the new stewards. Yes. Like you know, we got rid of the old guard; they gone. Yeah. You boys are leading the ship from now on. Unfortunately. And unfortunately, the only person, as you said, who was kind of doing, still going along, because at the, the Jeff Jones was still doing Green Lantern. Yes. At this point, and that was still, you know, still strong and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, your Snyders and stuff, all these guys that they got in, yeah. they just couldn't. Well, they couldn't. Yeah, they're not the same kind of level. You know, I'm sorry, they're not. Like, Scott Snyder has his place. He's not terrible. There's certainly a lot worse, but they're not. It's it's no, hard but he's to, not, you know. but he's got to like go from strength to strength to strength. It's more like yeah. go from strength to mediocre to mediocre, mediocre to yeah. you know what I mean yeah. to oh okay a uh, brief blip and then back to mediocre mediocre like definitely you know what I mean it's it, yeah I don't feel like I'm not saying he's terrible but I don't feel like he goes from strength to strength to strength. If he was in sports, he's a kind of ball player. Had that great first season. And yeah, then, and then yeah. he becomes far more of just an average player. And you're like oh, okay, so that season was the blip, you know. Um, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. how I view it. And I don't mean to be too cruel to him because he's done stuff I enjoy, but his mainstream superhero stuff is often quite lackluster. But, dude, unfortunately, it just comes down to talent as well. Like, And, and maybe there's a lot more, uh, how can I say, maybe those guys were trusted a bit more too. You know, I, I don't think guys like Chuck, Grant Morrison, Brew Baker, Rucker, I, I feel that they probably carried uh, a bit more weight than some of these guys now and girls now who just seem to be so corporate-driven. You know, the books seem to be so sort of 
weak and watered down is, is how I would describe it. Very watered down approach at DC, I find. They don't, they don't, they don't bring out the best in, in, in themselves almost. It's, it, they're, they're almost like very surface level books to me, I find. You know? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's nothing that that. I, as I said, I check in from time to time. Sure. And there's nothing where I go, ooh. But but the, what I always think is they've got the characters. Like it's not like they lack these characters. Like it could be done. It's not impossible or anything. Like I haven't lost control of their characters. The yeah, but marshal the talent too. You know. Directed and some in some cases maybe giving them a bit more freedom. Um, I think there are ways to do it. Like not they're not instantly going to become like greats, but you've got to if you think about. It, I think of it in sports like a team rebuild takes time, you know. And I'm not sure they seem very confused. Is all is, is basically what I'm trying to say. And I think a confused. Okay, no, but when I say get the talent, I mean get the talent who can work in the 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 box that mm. you know. Uh, Work in the box, but still push the, the boundaries and the edges yeah. of the box, but keep it within there. The problem is the talent they've got now don't like to be in the box. No, they sure. like to they like to break the box and yeah. you know and, and uh, deconstruct you oh, know yeah. the box and all that sort of crap and all that and, and they just let them run wild with that. Crap I think we could do with a bit more constructing. I think we could do with a bit more constructing and a bit less yeah, deconstructing. I'm, I'm, fucking, I'm over the deconstructing bullshit, honestly. Well, it was novel when it was around for a little while. I mean, I don't mind a little bit of it, but I'm like, hey guys, like, like, why don't we just churn out some good superhero stories? You know, have we you know, let's let's get back to basics a little bit. No, the uh, constructive thing is, can I be honest? You missed the train. Yeah, like that was that was the Alan Grant, uh, Alan Moore, Alan Moore, yeah, um, Grant Morrison time. Yeah, hundred percent. Deconstructing that that that's gone. Okay, like you you need to find your own thing. You've missed the boat. I'm sorry you missed the boat. I know you inspired by them, sure. but we're not in that era where people want the heroes deconstructed anymore. Like they did that at a time where it was I novel. Think people were maybe getting a little bit um, uh, tired. Sure. Yeah. Of of the good or, or or the norm and all that sort of stuff, and that gave them a good break. But people always come back. Like that's the thing. You might say, oh, here's the outdated. No, people just sometimes just fall out of love for a little while or mm. they get a bit bored for a little while, but they will always want it back at some point. They'll always come oh, back. Oh, totally, to totally. It and, it and, and that's what they don't understand. That's gone. Like, you need to give people something else. Well, yeah, like, I totally agree. Yeah. I, I actually, I mean, honestly, I as a writer myself who writes a character that i mean could technically be called a superhero a mercenary you know she's an assassin for hire but she's got some supernatural powers like i don't mean to say it's easy but i don't find that the ideas for stories are that hard to come by you know like that you know as a writer like there's i don't i don't sit here thinking oh my god there are no more stories to tell richard everything's been done like Jesus Christ, if you really have that problem, maybe you're in the wrong industry. You know, like I don't say, I, I'm going to get, and I'll have dialogue between my characters, but I don't go, you know what Devon's going to do today? She's just going to have a big gal pal day and we're going to go and get her nails done. We're going to go and get her, like, seriously, and yes, you could do that and maybe for an issue, but, but like, honestly, that is very limiting at a certain point. Uh, you know, you, at a certain point, there's got to be a bigger story. And I just, I, I'm sort of amazed with that when, when people are like, oh my God, all the stories have been told. 
I mean, the answer to that is maybe, probably, but that doesn't stop you from telling your own stories. You know, like... But, but not just that, Dave. Like, even if a story has been told, there's no... There's no way that says that you can't put your own yeah. new spin on it. Like, are you, you, you're familiar with Dragon Ball, right? Like, yes, semi, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, okay, there's Dragon Ball and there's Dragon Ball Z and there's Dragon Ball Super and all this stuff. But the original Dragon Ball, right, was basically just a, a it was just basically monkey. You know, you know the story. About oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, you know what I mean? TV like, show, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's Journey to the West. It's, yes. You know, you know, it's, you know it's, what I'm saying is that. Dragon Ball, the original Dragon Ball, was basically just a version of Journey to the West, of Monkey, right? Yes. Goku literally had a tail, he had a Nimbus cloud, he had a stick that could grow. I mean, that's literally, you know, Journey to the West, that's literally Monkey. He was friends with a pig. (laughs) Piggy, piggy, I remember Piggy. You know what I mean? But but what they did was they, they put it in a different world with technology. Yeah, and, and and you know, and space and oh, and I see what you're saying. So they took. I, I, I'm so slow to what you're saying. They took the basic concept of monkey from the original yeah. Legends and TV show and, and transported and it made to Dragon, Dragon Ball. Ball. Yeah, okay. Like cool. it shared a lot of stuff, but it, just because something's done before, it doesn't mean that you can't do a different version of 100%. it. One hundred percent. Inspired by it, or or do your own version of it. That's what I get pissed off at people where they go, oh, I need to break things or I need to break this down or I've got to take Luke and fucking make him because, you know, it's all been done before. It's like, no, you don't Fuck have off. to. Yeah. Wank. What like, you, you should can... have done, I was listening to the All Year podcast um, with John Suntress and his pals yesterday and it was cracking me up. It was funny stuff from these guys and they went through the list uh, of uh, one of the guys, Artie, huge Star Wars guy, like you, massive Star Wars guy, who's read almost, I think, all of the extended universe stuff. And he was saying, like, the fan fiction we have in our heads and the stuff that we know from the novels, he was just like, it's just so much better than what they give us in the shows and stuff, like, in general. Like, it's just so... And the movies and everything. Like, it's just like... It's almost like he was like they. What the point he was making was that they should just make some of those stories from the novels and comics and stuff. Like they're there, you know, they exist. You could adapt them. They're not unadaptable, kind of thing. Like if your options are the fucking trash that was the sequel trilogy, or some of these, you know, novels and stuff, which even I, as a fairly lightweight fan, know about. You know what I mean? And they're not a known text. It's not like you can't find them. They're easily available. You get you hire a fucking decent screenwriter, read a trilogy or two, adapt the storyline from them and stuff. Like and the vast majority of the world, like I'm not talking about the nerd population. The vast majority of the world does not re- has not read these stories. So they'll be fresh. You know? I get what makes me angry was they literally had a a smorgasbord in front of them and mm. they could have picked and choose. Yeah. You know what I mean? They could have like, they could have chose, they could have picked everything that worked in the novels. Yeah. And adapted it and left all the junk. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. All the things that didn't hit or maybe all the things were amiss or wasn't that great. Mm. They, they literally had a buffet. Yeah. To, to, to choose from instead of they said, no, we have Star Wars at home. <laughs> yeah, I don't. And we got the we have Star Wars at home shit. He was saying too that just he was like he he said exactly what I think about Andor. He's like people say it's so great. He's saying I can't follow it. It's boring. It's slow. He's like it's bad. And I, and I'm like Michelle and I watched three episodes, Rich. Like and I, and it was such a slog, by the way. 
And I was like, this has to be some of the most boring Star Wars I've ever watched, ever, in my life. I, I am bored. I don't even know what's happening. Uh, you know, it was like... So this is the problem I'm having with some Star Wars fans, which is mm. why I've kind of just... I, I've stopped altogether, okay? Sure. It's... it's uh, the, the abuse spouse syndrome. Mm. So... They're so starved. They've been they've been slapped in the face so many times that mm. if you just give them even some give us yeah. something mediocre, yeah, they'll love it. Yeah, it's like oh my god, Star Wars is back! Yay! He promises he won't hit me again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's the, it's that kind of relationship now where yeah. because Andor is not terrible. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's not terrible, as you say. It's just boring. It's it's just it's, fucking it's, dull. It's almost like. Mm, Unessential or non-essential. Yeah, yeah. it feels it's like I could miss. It. it feels like I could miss it, and yeah. who cares? It's, you know, it's completely. It's it's honestly, it's completely pointless. Yeah, like it, it really is. I'm sorry, it's it's absolutely pointless. And on top of that, not only is it pointless, it's fucking boring and slow. Uh, <laughs> I tried like yeah, I, I when it came out, and I watched the first 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, of the first episode, and I was like, nah, it's no, I'm fucking bored already, so I'm done, and I never went back to it, but. That's when I decided. I said, you know what? I'm not doing this abuse, abuse spouse shit anymore. Yeah. I'm not coming back in the hopes that this will be somewhat good or, 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 or doesn't piss me off because the next thing's going to like, you know, because even let's say I was, let's say I was loving Andor, then they announce that Ray's coming back and they're going to do more movies based on the sequels. Well, there you go. I just got slapped in the face again. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I just don't want. I don't want that. I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not interested. In I'm. That. I'm honestly like. I guess I, I don't know. I Rise of Skywalker for me destroyed something in me with Star Wars. It did literally. It it actually. I hate being in something that I loved and not caring. It, it happened to me in the Transformers movies at a certain point in the cinema. I was like, I don't care about these movies anymore. I just. I'm switched off. I'm bored. Um, that is how I felt in Rise of Skywalker. I was like, I am bored. I'm confused, but I'm more bored than confused. And this is a Star Wars movie. I should be excited. And I just, my brain switched off. It's like the movie didn't even happen, you know? And ever since, I have, it's been more of a slog for me. Like, I have enjoyed some of the TV shows, for sure. But I, I felt Mandalorian was always overpraised. I, I always felt that that was an overpraised show. So now that when they're like now, like, oh, my God, it's really gone off as season three, I was always like, I always think it was a seven out of ten show. Like, I, I actually don't think it was as good as people said, and I think a lot of that is what you were saying. People who, it's just the sort of abusive syndrome where it's like, you know, it's, something's a bit good from someone who's bad. They're like, oh, my God, I'm, it's redeemed, you know, and it's like it's overpraised. I felt... Um, Boba Fett was okay, like good in bits, enjoyed it, like not great or anything, but enjoyable. And I thought Obi-Wan was okay, enjoyable in bits, but not amazing, you know? Not like, like if I was a kid and this was my first thing, I don't think I'd be going crazy, you know? I don't think I'd be like, no. I really don't. I, I, I really honestly don't. Like, and, and or, there's no way as a kid I would watch it. I, I would, you know what I would, I, I remember being a kid and seeing stuff like that. And just feel like, oh, too old for me, too boring. No. You know? Too old for me, too boring, too much talking. No thanks. You know? Um, well, as, so as I said, the, 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 problem, <laughs> the problem for me is Andor is a much more boring 
character and story than than the actual real character in the legends, which I've said I've, so is one of my favorite legends characters is uh, Carl Gatton, right? Who is the actual guy that fucking stole the Death Star battle, you know, battle plans? Uh, oh, there's a guy in the actual legends who did this. Yeah, yeah. So he's 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 Carl Gatton, uh, be- goes on to become a Jedi. Um, right. And the legends also goes on to become a, a master, you know, in the Jedi okay. Council and all this sort of stuff. But um, he actually joined the Empire, mm. um, uh, sort of defected from the Empire, uh, went to work for the Rebels, stole the um, the Death Star plans for them and all this sort of stuff. Mm. He found out later after his father got murdered because his father was a farmer, that his father was actually like a Jedi and he was protecting the Valley of the Jedi kind of thing and all that. Like, that sounds cool. Blah, blah, blah. And then he was, you know, fighting these dark users and then realized that he's also got Force powers. Blah, blah. And then you've got another game where now you've kind of like, um, you know, uh, you've kind of given up on being a Jedi, but then shit goes down and you've got to, you know, you've got to tap into that again. And then there's a third game where you're now actually a teacher where you don't actually play the character. You play your, his student. It's fantastic. He's one of the best characters and you replace him with a fucking boring animal. Yeah, like a, I would say a... What, um, what I just described to you is far more fun and entertaining uh, than Andor. Yeah, well, uh, like, and, and yet, somehow, Andor, people were, like, loving it. Like, I had one guy, I know, who said to me, like, it's like they're doing The Office in Star Wars. And I was just what? like... Yeah, and I was like... Is, is that supposed to be a good thing? I mean, and I love The Office. Don't get me wrong. I love The Office. I think The Office is fucking hilarious. But I'm like, why are we doing The Office in Star Wars? Like, fuck is that. He, did we, is he confusing another show with Andor? He, he, <laughs> he, he's describing it. Is not, I don't. He know said, uh, "Look, I am not obviously not. He, there's an episode apparently, supposedly. I've not seen it. That is like The Office in Star Wars. I think it's to do with some imperial." clerks or something like that. Uh, okay okay but okay, okay. D- d- dude to me that is you have run out of ideas if you if, if you're focusing on the kind of bickering and banter in the imperial office no thanks uh you know what i want to see happen to those imperials be blown up by a fucking x-wing fighter pilot because i'm like that is not and i'm not one of these i i know george i'm like it's not what george lucas wanted it's not what anyone fucking wanted <laughs> you know, back in the 80s, dude, we weren't like, oh, you know what we need? We need a lot more talking amongst the Imperials, like, bantering. Like, no. Fuck that shit. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I've watched three episodes of Andor, and it was, like, some of the most boring TV I've ever watched. And honestly, time is too precious. I, I just... I, I, I don't... And I also don't care where it's going. It's the prequel to the fucking prequel. So who gives a shit? Too precious. Don't watch Disney. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, but you know what I mean. It's like, it's like, oh wow, they're like, we're gonna do another season. And I'm like, must you? Like, haven't you covered enough fucking territory with this character? <laughs> like, <laughs> we know what happens. He gets the Death Star, fucking plants, and kills yeah, but himself. Can I just say, like, and, and this is an issue I have. Okay, fine. Andor, give him a fucking novel, right? You, you want to oh, explain yeah. the character, Go whatever, for it. Ch- a novel lad or whatever. Please. Because I'm sorry, I'm not investing time in. A, a, a two, three, four season fucking show mm. where I know the fucking character dies in 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 the movie, and I know how he accomplishes goals and shit. Yeah, it's like, what's the fucking point, man? 
Yeah, and it's... I don't mind a novel. You want to give me a novel that just fills in some of his backstory, you know? Mm. That's for cool. I, I like That's reading. That's fine, yeah. But I'm not interested in a show that I've got to invest in and yeah. and, and follow just because I want to, like... Yeah. It, it, I don't know. It totally feels like agree. a waste of time. I agree. It feels like a waste of time and money, and it feels like it could... There's more interesting things you could do with Star Wars as well, I think, honestly. Um, I am going, Michelle and I, I, I don't know about Andor, that that might never be watched by me because Michelle has no interest and I have no interest. I do want to watch The Mandalorian Season 3, even though everyone says it's not good. Um, she wants to watch it, so we, we will watch that uh, probably after we move. Um, so I will report on that when I get to it. But everyone I know who's seen it has given it a negative review, even people who I feel went gaga crazy for the first two seasons, which I was always like, come down. You know, like I never, I was always like, is it really that good? You know, am I, are my standards just so incredibly high? I don't think they are, you know? (laughs) No, mine aren't, honestly. (laughs) I really don't think, uh, with with Star Wars, I'm old fashioned. I'm like, I still am very much a child of the original trilogy. Even though I have, I I certainly have come to appreciate the prequels a hell of a lot more as I've grown older and rewatched them, you know? There's lots of good stuff in them. But I still, and that kid who saw New Hope, Empire in theatres, I, I didn't see New Hope in theatres, I saw Empire in theatres and Return of Jedi in theatres, and that action-adventure element of Star Wars, okay? Some humour in it, yeah, sure, a little bit. Um, plenty of action and adventure, though, like it was one fucking scene to the other. As, frankly, as a kid, I found the Dagobah scenes extremely fucking boring. Um, grew to appreciate them as I grew older. But as a kid, those scenes to me were like... They were like watching grass grow. I just didn't get it. I didn't know. I was too young. I didn't understand it. But in general, those movies I still think really hold up and I think are really done well. And I think the action and the adventure and blah, 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 all that stuff, fantastic. That is still in my heart how I view and what I want from Star Wars in an ideal world, you know? And if you say to me, we're going to do stuff. We're going to broaden it out and blah, blah, and do this and do that. I'm like, okay, but impress me. Don't fucking slow it down. That's the first thing. Don't slow it down. Why does it always have to be so slow on TV? Everything's so slow. Oh, we've got the budgets. Well, make less of these fucking shows and have bigger budgets. If, if, if it's really like, you, you know, and I really don't believe they're hurting for money, but, you know, I just sometimes think, do a bit more in the shows. Impress me a bit more. Like, do you, do you know what I mean? Like, it's action well, adventure I want. That's can I just say I'm happy for Star Wars to be special and you only give it to me once a year. Yeah. Like that's the thing. As you say, if you took your money, mm. so instead of the fucking two or three shows that mm. you want to do, you just give me one show per yep. year, yep. but has high budget, great story. Like you've spent the time, yeah. you know, you, you've, you've refined the script, the story, yeah. you know, and you're going to spend the money and you're going to give me eight episodes, whatever. I will take those eight episodes for that year and I will be happy. Mm. Like, I don't need more. If you can give me quality, I'm happy to get one season a year of a quality. Uh, I would be too if it was quality. Yeah, definitely. I one, But that's where they struggle. They're, they're like, um, you know, the Disney model. It's like, oh, no, we want to just, um, we want to fucking overload you with sort of like mediocre to average. That's, yeah, well, I mean, as know, soon as they got the property, they were fucking announcing like, 50 movies, you know what I mean? Like, 
we're going to have the Boba Fett movie and the Obi-Wan movie and we're going to have the Han Solo movie. And, we, and I was like, what are you doing? Uh, like, just just give me one good movie at a time, for God's sakes. Like, Yeah, man. <laughs> no, no, decent point, Rich. Look, it's it's interesting, man. And I, I guess we'll... We will... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I do believe they're probably... I think that they've done the classic bottom out. I think that this Mandalorian season three could be the bottom out. Um, and it's a lot, definitely the movies. I mean, the, that last movie crashed and burned so hard that, like, I'm hoping that some, you know, that the, the new stuff they're going to do is going to be better, basically. But, you know, frankly, everyone talked about how great Dave Filoni was. Well, isn't he Mr. Fucking. Isn't him and Favreau the guys behind Mandalorian? Like, why do they crap out a third fucking bad season if they're so fucking if they're geniuses? Like we're always told. Well, that. the thing. Well, I mean, look, I don't know. I, um, you know what I mean? Like, we're we're always told well, like they're incredible. Uh, yeah, but Favreau gets credited with Mandalorian though. Okay, right. Like Dave Filoni works on it, yes, but I think he's now busy doing Ahsoka, and uh-huh. um, I know that he's also doing the Bad Batch. Okay. animated show so i mean i think he's more of the he works on a bit of everything okay. but mandalorian that says created by favreau it doesn't, okay. it's not, it doesn't say in the credits it doesn't say created by favreau and feloni well and i read so that, I, yeah. I see mandalorian as favreau's baby like okay. that's his i read and i and again i don't know how true this is i read that he had a lot of pushback from kathleen kennedy on season three like they clashed heads butted heads a lot yeah because dude he she wants to she wants to get her claws into that because yeah. it's 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 of the stuff under her watch. It's mm. been the most successful mm. thing. Its mm. toys have sold, mm. right? Right. It's the only show where the toys have sold. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because you got your Grogu, you got a Mandalorian. Like the show yeah, was, true, was popular true. enough that yeah. people were buying the toys. Of course, she wants to get she her wants name to get involved. You know, she wants to get in there, and be like, "Yeah, I'm part of it. I help." You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not just the bad thing is my stuff. Like, of course, she wants to. She wants to get involved. Whereas I, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm more old-fashioned. When I see someone's doing a really good job, and 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 I, you know, I, I want to get out of their way if what they're doing is working, kind of thing. You well, know? if you were a smart, logical person, you would do that. You know what I mean? If if, if I'm happy to if go, if it ain't broke, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I'm happy to go and be part of a rebuild. If, yeah, I'm happy to be going and part of a rebuild, but if if they're cranking along at all cylinders and everyone's loving it, and, and like frankly, the critical praise of Mandalorian was always very positive, um, I'd be almost like, well, it's working. But uh, look, I'd be that guy. I'd be like, hey, my doors always open. If you need anything, come see me. Mm. But you know, keep doing what you're doing. Exactly. That yeah. would be my attitude. It's crazy, isn't it? Like, it's Hollywood. There, there's a lot of ego. Uh, involved and as you say she's probably desperate to try to it's funny though in her desperation perhaps to cling on and ride the wave she may have actually kind of like sunk the show a little bit it's certainly getting probably. a lot more negative uh, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me it's certainly like, getting just, a lot of negatives i feel like the whole jack black and lizzo that seems like a captain uh, kennedy move to me yeah fuck jack you know what black, i mean i just i don't, doesn't feel like a favreau who, like, uh, like honestly, like fuck Lizzo and fuck Jack Black too. Like, I hate it when they he, do that. Yeah. Stunt casting, man. Stunt casting with fucking Lizzo. I, I could live the rest of my life and never see Lizzo and be happy. And Jack Black has, you know, yeah. I'm sure he did the Look, spiel. I don't, you know. I don't have a problem with Jack Black in general. Mm. I do have a problem with Jack Black playing 
fucking Jack Black in Star Wars. That's what I'm saying, yeah. I mean, Jack Black's like he's, Look, he's phenomenal as fucking Bowser, right? Like, yeah. pff, he's a good actor. I'm not taking anything away from him. But, look, I would be okay if you told me Jack Black was in Star Wars, mm. but he was actually maybe playing a bit of a serious character or, oh, yeah. you know, just being a good actor, playing a character... But if you're telling me no, it's just like oh, it's like he's doing his tenacious D shit. He's just yeah. I think he just I think you just showed up on it was just hijinks. Like, no, yeah, I don't want that. In, I don't want that Jack Black in Star Wars. I'm happy for Jack Black to be in Star Wars as long as he's playing like a Star Wars type character that fits. Yeah, that will. And what the fuck but, was Lizzo doing? Really, <laughs> honestly, no, seriously, dude. Like, what the fuck was she doing? Did she sing a song, jig around? Like, what the I fuck? Don't know. I'm not. I'm not watching the whole episode. I couldn't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> uh, like that's stunt casting. But you know what? To me, that is that's making everyone. It takes you right out of everything. And like, oh, there's Jack Park and Lizzo just being fucking stupid. Uh, okay, great. You know, what are we watching? Yeah. What are we watching? Is this a Saturday Night Live sketch? Because th- well, that might be funny. Said, that episode felt like a SNL parody. It there felt you go. like. I didn't even know that they'd said that, but it, that's what it sounds like. It's you know, if it was a parody, I'd be like, "Sweet, that's fine." Like, I just feel it's really out yeah. of place. I mean, you know, like, I'm sure the Lizzo fans were happy. I mean, good for them. You know, they've they've got their moment in the sun, but and the rest of us are just like, "No thanks." You know, like, where's Bob Dylan? Where's Bob? Dylan? Why can't Bob Dylan show up at one of these fucking things so I could enjoy it? You know. He's not, he's not, I was going to say he's not fat enough. Shamble, no, he shambles on. He delivers his lines poorly and shamble off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and everyone would hate it except me. <laughs> That's true. Like, you know, I'm not saying he'd be great. He'd be awful. He'd come on and blah, blah, blah. He'd just walk off again. <laughs> he likes Star Wars. Good for him. Uh, now, um, he'd be like, "What's the Star Wars? <laughs> What's the Star Wars that his kids are talking about?" <laughs> then he's like, "Oh yeah, like uh, Darth Vader." And they're like, "Oh no, this is blah blah blah." And he's like, "Huh? <laughs> 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 huh? It's been how many movies? <laughs> <laughs> they got a TV show. <laughs> What's it on? What channel?" <laughs> What's streaming? Yeah, it's just like they're gonna link Bob Dylan right through all the modern stuff, and he's just like, and then imagine he sits down and watches it. This is boring. And then, and then they get to the end, and he just goes, "I'm confused." <laughs> yes, like how much you pay me for this? Ah, uh, God, John. How do you say his name? Is it Leg- Legazama? John Legazama. John Legazama is once again bitching about Mario. Oh my God, is this guy got like a whole separate career now? Where well, this is all he does? So it's funny because he slightly changed his tune, right? Oh, does he? So What's he saying? Obviously, when, when the Mario movie first was announced and, you know, the actors were revealed and the trailer came out, he was just like, you know, oh, terrible, you know, <laughs> never going to watch it. Oh, you know, no. Too white, all that sort of crap. Too white, that, too know? white. He's pretty you know? fucking white himself the last time I well, checked. <laughs> what I find so funny is that I'm just like, well, John, you shouldn't have been cast in the first place back in the day because you're, you're Latino. Like, you're like... You're not even Italian. Like, <laughs> I don't think point. you get to complain about... Who did he play? Was, know, he, was he Mario or was he the other no, one? No, he played Luigi. He played Luigi, right. Well, they're brothers, aren't they? Like, so, anyway, <laughs> he, he's gone from like, oh, never watching it, don't want anything to do with it, it's terrible, <laughs> to, uh, uh, you know, I'm open to, <laughs> oh. to being in a, in, a, in a number two as long as they fix the diversity oh, problem. Off. And I'm just like, uh, John, What's... I don't think they... I don't think 
they're coming to you. I don't think he's as big a star as he thinks he is. Like I, I know he was big briefly in the nineties, like, but he was never that big. But he's no really... look. He's always he's always been a side sort of a B guy, you know. Uh, he's always yeah. He's never. I can't think of any movie where he's been the main. And look, I've enjoyed him in a lot of movies. Great. I mean, he's actually very good in. Do you remember to Wong Fu? Thanks for everything, Julie Numa. With Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, and I have seen it, Richard. Movie. I don't remember very well, but I have seen it. No, yes. but I mean, he's in that. He's um, he's in uh, Executive Decision. He's actually yeah. like good in that. It's not even a comedy. <laughs> now, a terrible movie where he's the main guy was The Pest. Oh, I, I fucking hate that. You know, you know why? That's why I don't like him because I hide that as a video, and my sister and I were so fucking disappointed by that movie. But yes, he has definitely done some solid character work over the years, for sure. Yeah. Mm. But, but he's, he's not, not a big star. He's, he's not a, he's not he a big, big no. He doesn't carry movies. No, you know, no, no movies get put on his shoulders. He's a side guy. He does. He plays like, you know, the, the I side mean, character. Even in that, that Mario Brothers movie, right, <laughs> um, you you weren't the big name draw. Bob Hoskins yeah. was. Like, sorry. That's just <laughs> that's the way it true, is. actually. But I guess back then, Hispanic was close enough to Italian. I don't mean to sound racist, but like yeah. it was in 92. But, I mean, you also complain about diversity when Mario's been voiced by a white guy for like 40 years. <laughs> yeah, a white guy's playing him in the video games. Is that right? Yeah. The voice? Okay. Well, then what's he, what's he fucking complaining about then? Like, really? Yeah. Like, he's just... Also, you know. I do, but again, and this is why I talk about the Western bubble. The Western does he bubble. understand? No, no. Yeah. Does he understand that these characters were created by Japanese people? Yeah, good point. Very good point. Okay. So Mario is Italian slash white. Luigi is Italian <laughs> slash white. Peach is human slash white. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, John. It's not made by America. There's not America being racist. This was made by Japanese people. But, dude, he's just whining as well. Like, I, I've seen him all week. He's, he's been working the talk show circuit or not even talk show, like <clears throat> daytime TV. Uh, yeah. I, I saw him on something, oh, you know. Listen, Mario right now is on track to be the fastest movie to hit a billion dollars. Right. right? It, it just crossed the 900 mil after 21 days. Okay. So, so it's doing well. Uh, I believe the fastest was okay, Titanic. Avatar. Oh, Titanic, okay. Which yeah. I think did it in, I can't remember how many days. So it's going to make a lot of money. It's a smash hit. Yeah. Well, put it this way. It's, it's just opening Korea now, and tomorrow it opens in Japan. So it hasn't even hit those markets. So, so it's definitely what's his loser? This loser no. needs to shut up. Here's the thing. It's going to make a billion dollars. Now he's like, ooh, I need to get in on I that. I want a piece of that pie. Yeah. I need to I need to let them know I've changed my mind. <laughs> I'll say that if they have to fix the diversity problem, but really if they give me a part, I'll take it. But I'm what there. does he mean by that? Like hire me and I fix the problem? Is that what he means? No, he's not saying he'll fix it. He's saying they need to fix the diversity problem. <laughs> no, but I'm saying in hiring him, do they fix the problem by hiring him? No, I think he, they have to hire more than just him. Well, like, got to be a lot he wants like blacks, Hispanics, half, probably half the cast. But okay, what well, to fill the what slots though? Like, there's only so many slots of humans. I mean, I don't know. Like, if they got a black guy <laughs> to voice Donkey Kong, would that be considered racist? I couldn't care less if they did. I mean, who? I don't. I'm just saying, would it? Like it? Yeah. I and guess. Technically, uh, Toad is voiced by uh, a black guy, <laughs> Michael Keegan Key. So you know, there is diversity there. I see. I, I don't understand what he wants I, other than a job. It sounds like he want. He's pissed that he hasn't gotten a role. But does he? Did he really think? Did he really think in his heart of hearts that he was going to voice Luigi? 
he was associated with the flop from you know, the nineties, like whenever that was, ninety two or ninety three. Okay, but but like to my knowledge, that was the extent of his involvement, wasn't it? Like he was Luigi. The yeah. movie bombed. Okay, so it's not like he's the voice guy for Luigi. If Luigi even has a voice guy, I assume he does. You know, that guy would have more of a claim than fucking John Leguizamo. Oh, no. No, so if you're talking about the video games, Luigi and Mario are voiced by the same guy. Okay, well, there we go. So I don't know why he's whining so much. He's still white. (laughs) It honestly sounds sour grapes that he hasn't got a role in this movie in some... They didn't throw him something. You know, that it's it honestly, at the end of the day, it sounds like sour grapes, really. Yeah, usually is. Oh, well, I mean, come on. I mean, Hollywood, it, Hollywood loves those sour grapes. <laughs> and it also sounds like he's actually probably, he's almost trying to breathe some life into a career that's kind of been dying off, you know, by getting his name in the news. Because, like, I've seen more of him this week than I've seen of him in the last 10 years. Every time I click on the internet, there's fucking John Gazamo on some daytime chat show. I assume whining about this and playing quiz games and, you know, like he's definitely milking it. Mm. Um, yeah, oh, no, look, he, I think he's he thought that this movie was going to bomb just like every other critic and pundit really? and all that sort of stuff who thought this movie should bomb or they wanted it to bomb. And wow. now that it's been a massive hit and, and it's been massively successful, people are starting to change the tune and he, even he's like, oh, yeah, I, I'm now open to, you know... Uh, Open to the part in the second movie. Gee, like, he's really yeah. happy. He's really happy to perform some footwork, isn't he? Considering he came out so strongly, um, what what's hilarious is when he's throwing his weight around like as if they needed him. Like they don't need you. Like you were only associated with a failure. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not like he has a track record of total success with Mario Brothers. Like he was in a bomb, and it's not all his fault or anything. But it's not like he was bringing in people and. It's not like he's like a huge star now. Like he's not Tom Cruise or somebody who can still command a big payday. Like he's, he's, he's. I would say below B list now. C list, I would say, is probably more more likely. He's not really B list anymore. He was at his peak. He was B list. You know, mm. like B minus maybe. But now I'd say he's like C minus. He's he's not a big player. Like he's a whiner. Um, I'll give him that. He's I, I've said it on Facebook. This guy's ah, to be fair, most Hollywood people. Yeah, he's this guy's whining like he's going for a gold medal. Like he's really putting the effort in. But um, fuck him, basically is my point. Now you've got this thing here about James Gunn promising Superman legacy. It's we, not a comedy. We, we, yeah, we we've discussed that when we we're talking about James Gunn. Yeah, okay, fine. Uh, Beetlejuice two is no longer a rumor. With Warner Brothers officially confirming sequel in the works. Michael Keaton attached, Rich. Um. They haven't announced casting. They've just announced that, yes, they are actually working on a... So, it's been a rumor for quite a few years now, right. but they've actually come out. Now, to be fair, it doesn't mean it's still it's going to happen regardless. It's just, mm. it's just it's official that they are planning on yeah. hopefully making Okay. Well, yeah, all right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm open to it. Like, why like, not? I don't even know if um, Tim Burton's attached to do anything. Mm, I'd hope so. Gee, if but you know what? Just yeah. another, just another old property franchise. We need to try and mm. breathe life into because we've got nothing new of our own. <laughs> I've got a question for you, Rich. I'm just flicking on some books here. The New Jedi Order, Vector Prime. Are you familiar with this? The Yuzong Vong. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's the oh, jeez, man. 
that that's like is it good um it's massive bro like oh. uh that that is a series of books that is i need to count but it's 12 books i think r.a salvatore who's the guy who wrote uh drinks yeah takes yeah. the era oh, yeah, two, no. two decades after the jedi and makes a time of change on people in the galaxy that sounds all right if he's fighting no, this a... is a this is a massive epic though like you okay. can read that but that's just like a small part in okay. like as i said like a 12 15 book saga right um that spans like the whole galaxy and, wow. and stuff and all that so. jesus sounds like a big job I just want to yeah, see. Yeah, well, that's the, the, the Uzong Vong invasion. I want to. Um, I want to read about the Uzong Vong invasion. That's what I want to read. I want to read that. I want to go to Croatia. That, that, that's the twelve fifty. Well, no, it's not. It's not just one book, man. It's as I said, it's twelve what? fifteen books. It's, Jesus, it's how long were these guys start? invading? Fuck me. Yeah, well, again, it covers multiple books and characters <laughs> and stuff and all that. So it's wow, it's man. their biggest. It's their biggest Whew. one. They never did one. They never did one that big again. Whew, I might um, have bit off more than I could chew in saying I'm interested. I didn't realize that these guys did twelve books of fighting. Like I've never heard of them before. How come? I, we... As I said, if you if you want a good jump in on mm. point, yes. and when I say good, I mean time has passed. I've got that Darth Bane book on Audible now that I'm going to read. Yeah, but that's that's like in the past. Okay. I'm talking about like um, if like like where there's um the, the series of books that that uh, comes after that, which mm. is um, it's not Fate of the Jedi. I've got to try to remember which one it is. Um, uh, I'll think of it in time. Anyway, that that was one where basically um, what? They, uh, um, uh, uh, Han and Leia's uh, kid goes dark. Okay, uh, their, cool. their son uh, Jason. Okay, uh, basically goes dark, becomes the new the Darth Jedi Vader. trilogy, featuring the twin siblings no, of no, Han no. Solo and Princess Leia, now generals in the Rebel Alliance as they come into the Force powers under the careful guidance. Of their uncle, Jedi Master Luke Skywalker. No, that's that's when they're kids. Um, this is when they this is when they're adults. And in fact, um, uh, Jason's Padawan mm-hmm. is actually Ben, uh, Luke's son. Right. And he kind of tries to sort of take him down oh. that Darth Park uh, as well. Uh, I don't want to spoil it too much, but he kills. Sure. Luke's wife. It's like, crazy. It's it's, it's, a, it's it's got Boba Fett in it, like. Right. Lots has happened, but you can read it and they fill in enough mm. that you feel like there's history, mm. but you can still enjoy the story. Okay. Um, well, I'll have a look. Um, okay. At least there's some interesting stuff going on. Yeah, who knows, man? Like, I, I never read any of them. I, I, do have the, I do have the Darth Bane thing that I'm going to read on the plane. Uh, I've got it on my yeah. Audible. Oh no, no, the Darth, the Darth Bane thing is is. I mean, I've always been interested in that. I want to, I want to do that. But I, I like the sound of this Vector Prime stuff with these aliens. Like, Again, it's, it's, cool. it's worthwhile if you if if you can sort of uh, plow through. <laughs> if, if if you but if you want to invest, invest because well, um, I like Ra Ra Salvatore as well. I wasn't aware he was the writer, so. Yeah, I like him from the Drix books, so we'll see. I, I like the idea of he never he never contributed uh, in any series after that, but he he did a couple of books in that in that. Well, I, lo- I just like the idea of it's twenty years after Return of the Jedi. Here's some crazy shit, you know, um, involving uh, you know people that we know, sort of thing, and then well, that, that's what I said. This this is a really good like point if you because it's kind of like post Luke. 
So yeah. the Uzon Vong is very much like it's the Uzon Vong sort of invasion is kind of like Luke's last um big like Swan like, Song. main character sort yeah. of um arc for a while mm. because this is very much like uh Jason Ben yeah. um and oh shit, what was the Jaina it's kind of their story. Right. And Luke is there, but he's the master, so he's almost kind of taken on that Yoda yeah. kind of thing where he's there, but he's dealing with Jedi shit, you know what I mean? And, yeah. And, it's, and, it's, and, and, and as I said, it's just, um, it's a good point if you, like, wanted to, like, if I, where I would start movies, maybe. Like, if you were going to do the whole Leia and Han's kid went bad. Why didn't they this do this for the thing? Why didn't they do this for the um, movies? This sounds like so much better, man. Like... They have no brains. It just, it like, <laughs> even just as a casual fan, I'm like, that just sounds like so more interesting, sort of like crazy shit going on. Like, but just rehash a city and just like that awful character that I always think about, that stupid character from the sequels, like that minute little, I wouldn't say midget, but she's like an alien, but like, she's like a midget with glasses on. Like a midget. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That orange. I fucking thing. hate that character, whoever she was. She's so annoying. Um, anyway, so get this. There's This is Marvel, I think, tapping the absolute bottom of the barrel. You know I love Squirrel Girl and I love Deadpool. Well, they've now got Squirrel Pool and they've given Squirrel Pool retractable blades that are taken. No, no, it's, it's Legacy of the Force. Okay, that's Legacy the, of the Force. That's the series. The series is called Legacy of Legacy the Force. Legacy of the Force, okay. Now, they've got... Um, what do you think about this, man? They've basically got... They've given Squirrel Pool retractable blades like Deadpool had in Wolverine Origins, and they've also given... Um, I'm not sure if she's got a mouth. Maybe not. But, like, they've combined Squirrel Girl with Deadpool in, like, an alternate thing, and they've given her um, blades from her wrists, which I just think is just... I mean, this is the best Marvel have got now. Like, just slap together different shit, like, you know... Slap a new coat of paint on and just merge two things and fucking put it out there. It just feels lame to me. I Sounds terrible and I have zero interest. I mean, I was excited. We all know I love Venom Pool, but I draw the line at Squirrel Pool. So I guess I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I do love my Venom Pool statue that Michelle hates. Um, but he was cool, you know. But Squirrel Girl, I feel we've cheapened Squirrel Girl, but we've really fucked up Squirrel Girl. That's kind of what I'm thinking. UK regulators have blocked the Microsoft acquisition of Activision, uh, Rich. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Uh, I don't know how serious this blocking will be, but it doesn't sound good. They're trying to kill the deal. Yeah, um, I read about this. It's very odd, though, because the reason that they've given for killing the deal is very bizarre. Mm. Uh, Apparently, they're killing it because of cloud gaming. Jesus. And um, apparently Microsoft having a stranglehold on cloud gaming, which is the dumbest thing ever, because if you own something, you get to choose where you put it on. So, yeah. for instance, if, um, let's say, a PlayStation or Nintendo put their games on cloud gaming mm. so that you can stream and play it, well, you don't have access to it on Xbox. Yeah. So if Xbox owns something and they want to... I don't understand how you could monopolize cloud gaming. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because you can only put the stuff that you own on cloud gaming. Yeah. So it's very bizarre. It's it's a, it's a it's almost like they couldn't come up with a legitimate reason to... Sure. ...to block it. So it sounds like they've come up with, like, this 
Um, I mean, obviously, Xbox is going to sort of appeal it, but um, I don't know, man. It's very weird because I don't quite know how to make what to make of the reason for the block. Oh, I, uh, maybe I'm naive, it. but I'm like, why do we need to block it anyway? Like, what? Why? You know, what's the big? Deal? I look. I don't understand the whole reason that the whole blocking brought <laughs> up was because of Sony. But I mean, the, what I don't understand, right, is it's funny to me how how people are saying like, oh, we. If, if if Xbox gets this, they're going to have a monopoly, you know what I mean? And we need to stop that. And it's like, but PlayStation already has a monopoly. Mm. Like, other than America, where it's kind of 50-50 mm. between PlayStation and Xbox, around the world, it's like 90% PlayStation. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, PlayStation yeah. beats Xbox in every single other market mm. in the world. The only place where it's kind of even close, and when I say close, I'm talking like 60-40 yeah 55 45 the only place where it can sometimes be close is america so i don't understand how you can how people can claim that them buying them would be a monopoly yeah, like the worst thing in the world like oh my god you know? like they you know yeah it's just it's it's i don't know like it's such a storm in a teacup to me i mean this is separate from the bethesda deal isn't it or is this part of the same deal the activision and bethesda no 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 they, they own bethesda that's that's done and finished right so this is a separate thing okay um, well, yeah, the, I've been on Activision. What, what, what does Activision so do that's really big? Well, give me some Activision oh, properties. Um, World of Warcraft, Call of Duty, Overwatch. Ah, right. So it's Call of Duty, which is the biggest thing. Uh, Spyro, I think. Crash Bandicoot. Okay. But, but if we... But it, no, the big yeah. thing is Call of Duty. Um, yeah, okay. The big thing is PlayStation were like, no, you know. But the funny, the funny thing is they offered, like, Xbox said, here's a, here's a 10-year contract. Yeah. Right, and they did it for Nintendo. Mm. In fact, they even did it for um, Steam, and Steam was like, "No, we don't need to sign a contract. We're good. We know you'll put it on Steam." Like, yeah, you know what I mean. But it's again, it's only Sony and Sony. But what pisses me off is like, I don't care about your exclusives and all this stuff. But I got to be honest with you, it is funny Sony complaining about Microsoft having exclusives when all Sony does, and oh, Microsoft yeah. does in the past, but all Sony does is throw money. At studios to make their games exclusive, yeah. even if it's exclusive for a year, on PlayStation, they chuck money at all these studios to to oh, have so, so PlayStation, PlayStation have quite a lot of exclusives, you know, uh, or certainly have had, yeah, for well, sure. Well, that's the thing; they don't actually have a lot of first party exclusives. Mm. Like, yeah, they've got Uncharted, they have got Last of Us, they got God of War, and they've got um, uh like Ratchet and Clank or whatever. But I mean, they don't have... Most of the the, the exclusives they have are ones... are third parties that they've paid for, bribed in a sense, uh-huh. to let it only be on PlayStation, even if it's for a year or two before it can go to other platforms. So again, the fact that you're complaining about another company wanting to uh, buy something or, or, or have exclusives. It's funny to me. It sucks because I do feel like Game Pass is phenomenal value. Sure. And it sucks that um, by Sony blocking it, it just means that those games won't come to Game Pass, which means I think people have to pay more for games. That's a weird thing. Like, you pay so much less to play games with mm. Game Pass. Like, mm, yeah. I played I played that Wulong, right? That mm. Wulong Fallen uh, Fallen Dynasty. Mm. I played that and finished that, you know, almost by having a heart attack, but I finished it, and that was on Game Pass. Yeah. So 
like it was part of my game like, pass is excellent i i i yeah. check it game pass and game pass is no i agree game pass is a great deal uh sony it's have so pro consumer that i just it's so sh- shitty to me that like playstation is playstation does have a that... similar thing now as well it's yeah, not but as good my point is they copied it but my point is like what's so funny to me is i think xbox wants to get out of the console market so I don't know why Sony don't just let them buy up whatever studios they want, and then let's just let them put um, um, Game Pass on PlayStation. Mm. Because you 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 could still make a deal with them where they got to give you a cut. Sure. But if if Xbox wants to get out of the console market and sort of be sort of similar to Steam, where mm. you just pay them a monthly fee and you have access to games, so they become sort of like a games distributor. Uh-huh. How would you fucking stop that? Yeah, I guess, I guess right now they're still locked in. They bring all the games to your console and you're the number one fucking console in the world then. I don't know. That'd be a pretty know. big it's thing, not... though, for Xbox to actually want to exit the console market. Like, that was the same. I do think that, but I do think they want to exit the console market. But I'm why not would saying they that they're buying all this stuff up? No, no. Well, because cloud gaming, bro. Like, oh, okay. I'm not. They Look, I'm not saying they won't release some sort of box. Oh. That you can plug into your TV, sure. but they really push in the cloud gaming. That means you know that I could you can play Xbox games on your on your mobile phone, right? I because haven't done it, but I have heard it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now again, it's not every game, but I mean that's what they're working towards. Mm. What Xbox wants to do is have you be able to play on your console, play on your phone, play on your computer. Yeah, wherever you want to play, you play. So you pay them a monthly fee, then you pay. Play I, I had want. a question for you on this. Did when you're playing Civilization, are you playing that on your Xbox or on your computer? Uh, a computer. I tried it on the Xbox, yeah. but um, it was too, too basic. Yeah. Um, the the, the, the menu uh, is just better. On no, the, I thought uh, I assumed it was computer. I was just double checking yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm going to do the same thing. Well, we'll watch this space. You make some great points. Um, it seems like. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with this deal, man. I mean, what about US regulators? Are they allowing it? We're only hearing with the UK regulators. No, I think FCA, the FCA, I think, is American, and they're also trying to stop it. I know, is it Brazil okayed it, and another country okayed it? Brazil. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, again, this is a worldwide thing. And do you know, do you know that, this, that in Brazil, mm. one of the top-selling... Um, consoles mm. is still the um the the sega genesis the sega mega drive really what yeah. still, still selling yes jesus that it is still being manufactured crazy. and sold in brazil yeah well that's that seems like nuts you know it's, i did not know i just found out the other day it's bizarre it's fucking crazy it's absolutely nuts. Now, uh, there's a thing about Spielberg regretting movie censorship. Says old movies should be untouched or or changed. What does he mean? Oh, they shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah changed. Yeah. They should. They, they shouldn't be touched. They should be untouched or not or, or not changed. I agree with him. I agree 100. So now, you remember? You remember he changed the the guns to walkie talkies. I do remember in, that in ET. Yes, I do. He actually he regrets that now. Yeah. Um, well, I think he's come out and that he really regretted that, and he 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 firmly believes that you should not go and and change old movies. It doesn't matter if the world has changed or whatever. I totally agree. Remain... If, oh, yeah. if 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 and I don't want to, but if I have to live with the warnings, this may depict some outdated depictions. If I have to have that, so they don't change the stuff, I will live with it. 
Um, but I do not want them going in editing the movies. I fucking hate that actually when they do that. Um, I almost, but again, you know, it's just—it's so sad to me that people there's people that need that because oh, it's pathetic. As someone who it's fucking pathetic. Look, I'll be honest with you. I I feel like I'm I'm very grateful in, in a sense in the time that I grew up in because I do feel like I got a pretty good education. Like. Mm-hmm. I'm not the like I'm not the smartest man in the world, but I do feel that I got a decent. You're up education. there, Rich. You're up there. Like, say I got a short. decent enough education that if I watched an old movie, I understood that that's a different time. <laughs> that you know what I mean? Like yeah. I didn't need to be told, you know, like oh these are outdated or or you know these are not the views of today. I was like, well, of course, yes. I don't need to be told that. I can see that for myself it's obvious if we're watching a 1938 movie it's fairly obvious yeah but the fact that you need to do that it's just i i just it it, i don't know i said it makes me feel sad for like how like dumb it's just it's 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 just how pathetic people have become man it's just pathetic now we have something hilarious actor ray buffer has pleaded guilty in a comic book theft crime wave the CSI and Kirby Enthusiasm actor was caught on camera stealing comic books by stuffing them under his shirt at a San Diego comic store last year. Some of the comics included Golden Age issues of Captain Marvel Jr. and the Fantastic 424 and had a value of over $850. Can be made to compensate the store and be on probation for a year. He serves a day in jail where they book him. Uh, and uh, Michael says, if Mr. Buffer had instead read a copy of the comic Crime Does Not Pay, his life may have turned out differently. Um, the comic store owner says, this man stressed me out, stressed out my employees, will remain stressed out, fearful, looking at customers differently, wondering who is going to hurt us next, and now that stress has taken off my shoulders because at least we got a win, and we know we can find justice if we have to do it for ourselves. Wait, I- who, who, who did he hurt? Who, who, this fucking guy, are you kidding he fucking hurt the store man. He he. I I I watched the footage. No, did he did he physically hurt someone? No 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 no. He's talking about hurting financially. Oh okay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the way he says it so, what happened was I watched the footage, man. It's fucking hilarious. So it's it's a normal comic book store. David Bowie's playing in the background. There's a chick. Oh, I think it's a chick. Maybe it's a guy, but I think it's a girl. Um, sitting down, doing an extremely poor job of being security. She's on a phone. It's pretty funny. She's on a phone the whole time. While this big, fat guy with a beard is, like, really intently looking through books. Like, he's, like, super intent. And there's this other guy who wanders in, and he's like, yeah, how you going? Oh, yeah, just another day, you know, living the dream and all this. And then you see this big, fat guy. While they're in the store, he does one, boom, up the shirt. And then he goes again, boom, up the shirt. He's a slick operator. He He's acting like he's a 13-year-old stealing comics at the grocery store, but he's like a fucking 52-year-old guy. Actor, a bit part actor. I did a bit of research. Bit part actor. Oh, must, must, be, must be hard times. Must be very hard times for this guy. And he had the temerity on his Facebook to be promoting his bullshit. And I wish he he disabled comments because I was going to say to him, you're nothing but a thief. And unfortunately, couldn't get there. I did go to the comic book store page and said, congratulations, this Hollywood clown came into your store and, you know, broke the law. He deserves to pay the penalty. Uh, He's been named and shamed on the internet. He's trying to turn into a public relations exercise, like, you know, he's being the bigger man. No, pal, he he wasn't... What I was hoping was they caught him in the act because he's pretty blatant. 
if this chick hadn't been on a phone, she might have been fucking aware of what was going on around her. But sadly, she was completely locked into the phone, leaving this big guy to fucking put them under his, uh, under his. Um, he just did the old classic boom straight under the under the under the shirt. He just went bang, and he did it a well, couple that, times. That, but that's why I've said, um, as someone who works in retail a lot, um, yeah. a lot of criminals or, or shoplifters. <laughs> no, no, that well, they are idiots. But a lot of them don't actually walk into a place with the intent to steal. Really? It's just that no, no. It's just that if they see an opportunity, right? Really? They almost go oh, like like. So let's say you walked in, and let's say as you said, they were more observant. Yeah. And they were standing there, and they were looking, and they were watching, and keeping an eye on the customers. Well, he wouldn't have stolen anything because he'd be like, "Yep, no, these people." You know what I mean? Like he would, but he probably just walked in, looked at the company, and he was like, "Oh wow!" Like yeah. Happy days. I could just fucking shut. I could just shove things up my shirt. <laughs> These people won't even notice. That's one thing I'll tell you. As years of my experience, a lot. Now again, some people do obviously go into a shop, but I'm talking about a majority of people <laughs> who do shoplift. It's 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 just because they're presented with an opportunity. I, I didn't know people still did it. Like I thought it was like I mean Dude, I, the technology on. would be too much. You know. Listen, listen. No one said that these people were the smartest people. Though. <laughs> so have you in your store? Ever seen or caught someone shoplifting? Like trying to yeah. really like a toaster yeah. or something? <laughs> what do you do? It's not Go usually on. something that big. I mean, yeah. we, we we do we are mindful of people that come in with trolleys because that's sure. how they they try and like shove them in a trolley or a pram. Right. But a lot of people it'd be like um, right headphones or cables and you know stuff wow. that you can easily stick in your pocket. Jesus, what desperados though? Like how fucking desperate are these people for a Yeah, but a lot of it is also school kids. I guess as well with a headphone, um, they're small and they can be pricey like they're really good headphones, you know? Mm. So what happens to them? Do they get you call the cops on them if you catch a kid or you give them a warning? Like what's the what's the Oh if you if you catch them you generally just call security and go yeah. take them away, you go deal with it. Jesus, what a fucking nightmare. See, that is something I would just hate to have to do. I'd feel, I'd just be stressed out by the whole thing. But, um, yeah, that's nuts. I, I, I can't believe this fucking guy, though. I watched him, and he doesn't even bat an eyelid, man. Like, it's not like he, he doesn't give a side glance to the chick. He just, boom, does it. Like, it's like, if she'd been watching him, she would have seen it, you know? Mm. And then they leave the room. And they're on a computer in the other room, and he's by himself. Like, you know, like at a certain point, I get they've got a camera, but you, you shouldn't just leave your whole room and just oh, good luck. You know, like hope no one well, steals. Well, listen, the smartphone was literally one of the worst inventions for um, security. No, well, for 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 businesses and staff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they're just they're just locked in. Um, Everyone is permanently. Even at my work, I just just see people on their phones all the time. Staff like always looking at the phone. All sure. The I'm just like, uh, I'm just like. <laughs> well, I mean, I think this guy got off lucky. Although I guess he stole two comic. In your mind, is should that be a jail sentence? Like no. he he stole two comics of eight hundred bucks, man. Come on. Oh, you make you pay for it, and you, you certainly can charge him and fine him, but, I mean, not jail time. I'd lock him up for a year or two. Teach his Hollywood clown some manners, you know? Listen, you make him pay that $800, and then you, char and you charge him a fine on top of that, like a $1,000 fine. Yeah, I guess he's hurting. 
I think that's fine. <laughs> yeah, and let's face it, this guy's got to be struggling for cash. Like, what kind of fucking? Uh, if you're stealing, if you're stealing high value comics, I'd say probably. Although someone made a good point on Facebook that apparently he's got like a lot of other comics. Like, this isn't the first time he's done it. So, why aren't we knocking on this guy's fucking door and searching his place? You know, that's the first thing I'd be doing if I was a cop. Like, I doubt this is his first time. This didn't. This guy did not bat a fucking eyelid, man. He was ice cold in there. I saw him operate. Listen, I watched video. I, can I tell you something? And this again, something from my experience working in retail and all that. Cops don't fucking care about shoplifting. Yeah, it's such a minor fucking crime to them. It's like, <laughs> and as you say, eight hundred bucks. They're like, whatever, fucking eight hundred bucks. Who gives a shit? Like, yeah, it's the same. You know, like one of the reasons why so many people steal petrol. Um, petrol, you know, like. Yeah, like they'll go to a gas station and oh, fill up yeah. and then drive yeah. off. Even though their license plate gets taken, all that. You call up the cops, they'll be like, whatever, yeah, give us a license. But they don't do anything about it because they're like, I oh, don't give a shit. It's just a fucking. Yeah. It's a minor, it's a minor, minor, minor crime to them. It's, it's, yeah. it's so much paperwork for such a minor crime. A lot of times they just let the people off with a warning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, look, if they get called up and enough and the guy goes, listen, this is like the fourth time <laughs> I've been called, then they might do something. But. Honestly, yeah. they will literally let most people... It's fucking them. lawless, man. See, to me, I, I maybe I'm old school, but, like, a couple of guys with batons work a guy over for, for 10 minutes for that crime and then just leave him bleeding and then he learns a lesson that way, <laughs> you know? That's how I'm thinking, Frank Castle style, you know? Like, if we if we can't um, bring him in and lock him up for this, maybe just work him over a little bit and he'll think twice. Yeah, am I crazy, Rich? Maybe, or he'll just become a more hardened criminal. Well, fuck him. If he, you know, oh, look, anyway, we won't get into it. But I, like, I was going to say standard execution, but that could be too much. You know, <laughs> the old dread standard execution. Maybe it's lucky I'm not a cop because I'd find it hard to sort of like stay between the lines. You know what I mean? Like, just my taste for justice runs a bit deep. And you know, if I caught this fucking guy stealing comic books. I'd go to his fucking house, like, smashing open drawers and stuff. Like, what the fuck's this? Show us your receipt. Don't have one. Boom, there's another one. You know, like, just give him a few little lashes. He's a big fatty too, man. Like, he looked like a piece of shit. And and, and he was, um, he was advertising. What really annoyed me was he was advertising all his theatre shit on his Facebook. Like, he committed no fucking crime. And I was just like, I was dying to, like, get on. I was just desperate to get on there so I could make comments, but he blocked it from, yeah, you know, making comments. Like, it wasn't open to comments, which was really pissing me off. So I had to had to confine my rant to the comic book store where I was just going on about the justice and all that kind of stuff. This Hollywood clown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I, I, I have a very enjoyable story for my liking. Uh, Velvet Underground graphic novel biography is going to be released. Remember I got very excited about the Doors one, Rich? Mm. And this same guy did a graphic novel about Bella Lugosi and Gary Gygax, the rise of the Dungeon Master, Gary Gygax and the creation D&D. I'd be interested in a graphic novel about Velvet Underground if they did tackle the drug abuse and they tackled the Andy Warhol factory scene and everything. Because, I mean, Lou, Lou Reed was a massive heroin addict during the whole period. They wrote songs about heroin. Like, I'd, I'd want to see the seamy side. Do you think we'll get it, Rich? No idea, but I'm sure you would love it if they did. You're going to get another... Or is it going to be another puff piece, Rich? You know? Because remember, they never go to my extent that I want them to go to. Remember, remember when I was raving on about 
the doors and how I wanted them to get right into the womanizing and the gangbangs and the drugs and everything. And you were like, Dave, there's no way the families would allow it. I remember you said yeah. that. Plus also, Dave, if you need that, just go hire a porno or something. Man. No, no, but I don't want it for that. But I just want it. I don't need it for the salacious content, but I just want to, the, the debauchery of the whole scene, man. You know what I mean? Like really. Why? Or not. I don't know. Just make That's it interesting. I don't understand. Why? <laughs> just to make it interesting, man. Do you think Bear could make an appearance? Remember from last week, the guy who like uh, had the huge vial of heroin that he snorted? <laughs> Do you think the Bear could make an appearance in this? Be good if he did. Imagine if the bear just took up a panel. He's just like powering through some drugs, singing his song. Then the Velvet Underground just just turns around the camera and starts playing "Waiting for the Man," which is about waiting for your drug connection. So, I'm full of ideas, Rich. Yeah, I uh, hope you get all that you want. Well, I'm. I think it's going to be a all puff your piece. seedy <laughs> underbelly debauchery. I hope you get it all. I think it's going to be a puff piece, and I'm not happy. Diablo Four Rich Blizzard says there's going to be a very, very long progression in place beyond level 100 Nightmare Dungeons, but it doesn't go on forever. Can you give us your comments on this, Rich? Because you are the the Diablo guy. What do you What do you think? I don't know what much I can. Mm. What do you mean? What, you can't say well, anything? You're out? Well, I mean, but, but what is it you want me to say? Well, well what, what, what I want you to comment on, is that normal for Diablo, basically, is what I'm... What yeah, I'm, Jesus Christ, Diablo is, is all about fucking progression, man. Like, mm-hmm. it's all about doing it over and over and over and over to get the better gear, the better gear, the better gear. And Grind. Doing harder levels, harder levels. And, of course, there's always a... It doesn't go on forever. I mean, okay. there is a cap on the gear. Um, okay. All right. I mean, are they saying that it's a longer progression than the previous one? Maybe that's what they're saying. But I mean, I mean, for God's sakes, people are still today playing Diablo yeah. 3, like, over and over. So this <laughs> sounds like it's it's standard for Diablo. It sounds like it's like... Are you, are you... Oh, yeah, that's why I'm like, there's not much I can really say. Okay. Pretty... Are you buying this game on day one? Are you nah. on board? No? Wow, you're out. I, I I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll they, they might do another beta test. I'll I'll see if I can play it again. But I wasn't overly impressed. You weren't happy. The, okay. They the did beta, they did they but... disappoint you, Rich? Is that what happened? Not that they disappointed me. They just didn't wow me. It just didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it just wasn't like oh cool. Like I'm really I'm really digging this. It was more like nice yeah, usage. Nice there. usage of wow, considering it's another property. You know. Nice. Was that was that intentional? Yeah. Well, even Wow doesn't Wow me. Anyway. <laughs> That's what I want to hear, Rich. Uh, Webtoon has announced profit sharing to its creators. The page profit share program pays creators based on the number of views their content attracts. That seems reasonable. It has over eighty-five million paid subscribers on its app, and recently started publishing some series in print format. This is interesting. Uh, its most popular comic, Law Olympus by Rachel Smythe, has over a billion views on the site, and the physical book series has been on numerous North American bestseller lists. Contrast that with business model of Western companies who do everything possible to screw creators out of royalties, and we know that's the case, uh, and pay pocket change when the comics are reprinted, such as DC not paying creator royalties on foreign sales, which I also saw... Walt Simons, Chuck's mentioned this um, to us, and Walt Simonson mentioned that Marvel don't either um, on foreign sales. He was he was he mentioned that on Facebook the other day. Uh, Rich, what do you think about webtoons, man? That's a massive amount of people reading these webtoons. 
Yeah, a lot of lot of sad people out there in the world. How come you're taking shots at them, but manga's okay? Like it just seems uh, like they're the same thing to me. Because manga is actually good, and this shit is okay. Cringe. Okay. So like, have you actually have you actually looked no. at Lore Olympus? No, fuck no. I don't. Well, why don't you is. look at it and then go? Oh yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't, look at Lore Olympus and I just go, oof. What what sad fucker would want to read? <laughs> no, I've never I've never seen it in my life, man. I don't even know what it is. Um, I'm massively out of touch, though. Okay, I'm looking at it. Um, wow. Yeah, I don't know how to describe it. Like, other than shit, <laughs> it looks terrible. It's like Beauty and the Beast, but like with really bad art. Um, yeah, it's not my style. I don't know. It's, I, it's, it, this is what I said. Remember how I say to you that a lot of art today in like DC and, and, and Marvel mm-hmm. is um, Tumblr art or Webtoon art. This is what yeah. I'm talking about. I was going to say, it reminds me a lot of the artwork I see in DC actually now and a lot of DCYA covers. Oh, this, yeah. Like what you see now, that's the people that are pretty much drawing their young yeah. adult stuff. Well, young my, adult crap. That's, these are the people that are drawing that shit. Well, no, thank you. Um, bank of America has warned investors of underperformance of Magic the Gathering brand. The bank has forecast a 19% drop in Hasbro stock due to an overflowing of the market with cards last year and this year's D&D film's poor box office. I'm sad about that. 2022 saw a record-breaking $1 billion worth of Magic the Gathering card sales, but retailers worried the market worth of cards was being diluted and would be more cautious going forward. Hasbro, I think this is a joke. He's got here Hasbro CEO Zas Tam, which I believe is the name of the D&D Red Wizard of Fae, has brushed aside these rumours by assuring investors he'll make those foolish fans buy whatever he tells them to buy. Yeah, that's a joke there. Nice joke by Michael Kellishim. Zas Tam is the undead leech who controls Thay, uh, Rich. So... Michael Kellishim thought he'd catch me napping, but uh, but uh, the name rang a bell as I was reading it. I was like, is the leech actually running Hasbro? <laughs> I wasn't aware. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was like, has he branched out from the fictional land of Thay? <laughs> He's somehow become alive in the real world. Um, this is funny. An unholy alliance has been announced between Hasbro and an eternal enemy, Mattel, to cross-brand Transformers and Barbie products ahead of this summer's two films. This is interesting. Hasbro will produce Barbie brand products like Barbie Monopoly and Mattel will release Transformer-branded Hot Wheel cars. Hmm. That's interesting. Well, I guess it makes sense. I mean, the the movies aren't exactly competing. Barbie and the Transformers Beast Wars. Um, oh, my God. I saw the trailer for that Barbie movie. Oh, my God. I bet I it's shit. Reach, is it, is it awful? So fucking hard. Yeah, I could imagine. It looked pretty bad, like it's going to be pretty hardcore. I mean, mind you, maybe that's what Barbie fans want, though, you know? Like, but the fact that they actually got, like, you know, like like Ryan Gothling and all that to be, I'm just like, wow. Like, <laughs> like uh, I, can't, I don't know. It just looks terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just, it no, it's, it's not for me. Oh, my God. You were talking about cringy. Um, because I watch a fair bit of YouTube and all this sort of stuff, yeah. and uh, I don't pay for the fucking premium. 
Um, oh, fuck I'll that. happily sit, you know, there's they, they, they don't fuck that. They, they can't fuck with me because I grew up in a time where I had to watch ads, so I can I can put up with it. I'm not nothing on YouTube is worth paying for. Like I'll watch it for free. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so I've seen these commercials come up with uh, what's that idiot's name? Daniel Craig. Have you seen James it? Where he's, it's a vodka commercial, and he's fucking dancing like a cringy dad. <laughs> no, I haven't. But seen but, it. but but it's designed to make it look like he's cool. Right. Okay. You know, do you know what I mean? Oh my god, it's the cringiest thing I've ever seen, man. Right. He's just taking the cash, man. That's what's happened. Yeah, but oh, he's just I taking just, that like, fucking this is cash. Embarrassing, man. Like I was like, I, I don't he's know, normally Mister Cool, though. Normally, that's his yeah. Uh, Mr. Cool has, like, struck out with Rich. Um, in a win for you, this is funny. I like Michael Kellershim. Michael Kellershim kind of puts, you know, his own spin on the news, which I'm kind of enjoying. In a win for humanity, over $35 million worth of Funko Pop toys have been dumped in Arizona landfill. Uh, orders for the toys have dropped so badly that the company had to ditch off the excess inventory in the quickest way possible, trash them, which is what Atari had to do in the 80s. This has led many fans to complain, why not just give them away? Yes, I like it, fans. You're just asking for the free stuff. And the reason why supply and demand thrusting an additional $35 million worth of inventory into the marketplace will decrease the value of the already flooded shelves full of Funko Pops, which are the lifeblood of the dying comic book retailer market. Um, the direct market, aka the comic store, have largely supplanted comic books with Funko Pops, and now that trend is dying off big. Yeah, uh, Funko Pop stock has fallen over 50% from $20 a share in October 2022 to $9 a share. I've got a few Funko Pops, and I do mean like about four, which were very specific ones that I liked, but I never, ever, ever, you know how ever. Much, you know how many I have? Zero. Zero. Yeah, I mean, I, I got given one Deadpool with a kind of robe on, which I like. I got an Ultramarines one, and I've got a Lobo one. And Michelle's mum got me, uh, I think, Finn from the um, Star Wars. Uh, What an absolute waste of money. Well, yeah, but like I've got four rich, you know. Um, But the the fact is this bubble was always going to burst because um, you can only fit so much in your house. I'm sorry, like unless you live in a fucking mansion, you can't keep making hundreds and yeah, hundreds of true. different Funko Pops every fucking year yeah. of like any new property or any character yeah. And, yeah. and have them keep selling. At some point, people are like, I can't. I'm full. Yeah. I don't have any more space. I can't keep buying this shit. Like, it happened with anything. Beanie, Baby, Beanie Babies, um, you know, uh, Amiibos, Skylanders. You can't keep producing shit because people go, I, I got no more space. I'm done. Like, yeah, I've collected as like, much as I can. In fairness, they were always a bit shit as well. Can I just say that? Like, the yeah, ones I got. They're, yeah. massive. they're not tiny. If these were maybe tinier toys, you could maybe sell a bit more before people filled up with it. But this is um, how it goes about in business. Like, they've made billions, you know. What I find so funny is that he says it's the lifeblood of, like, the comic, which probably is, but... It's also become the lifeblood of um, uh, video game stores. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I know. They're really heavy into it now. I know. They're crazy. Like, you walk into... Okay, here's EB Games. Sure. Uh, I think in America it's called GameStop, and all, but it's very similar. Mm. When you used to walk into an EB Games, right, it would pretty much be nothing but video games. Yes. Wall-to-wall PC games, PlayStation games, Xbox yeah. games, Nintendo games. Wall-to-wall games. Yeah. Now you walk in there, and I would say a fourth, yeah, like like a quarter, yeah, of the store is 
get video games. The rest is all merchandise crap from Funko Pops to T-shirts to yeah. Um, it's kind of geek stuff, but it's kind of shit geek stuff. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, no, I've I've got in there. And I'm like, and you're sort of like, oh sweet, there's um, you know, there might be because I don't mind the merchandise. You know what I mean? Like I'm always, but it's 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 not that good merchandise. Like it's like oh, this is a bit no. shit. No, like, it's it's the cheap. It's the cheap. Low, low, like lowest common denominator shit. It's not actual quality. Yeah. Stuff. I tell you it's what, you Gorkin and JB Hi-Fi, they've gone into it a bit too. Um, oh, massively, man. Dude, yeah. I was yeah. having a look there. You'd fucking love it there, man. You can go buy an Apocalypse there. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Venom. Like, they've got quite a few fucking Marvel. And, yeah, no, I was in the other day and I was going to have a, a better look at tomorrow because I, I, I wandered into one. I hadn't been in one for ages and I wandered into one and I was like, wow, they've actually kind of really varied their... Oh, yeah, they sell board games there now and bugs and all sorts of crap. And I just think to myself, it really has become mainstream as nerd shit, hasn't it? Like this. But there's some good stuff. Like, I mean, you know, like, uh, you know, I. But but, uh, to be fair, I think JB Hi Fi does have better things than EB. They do. No, I I, I agree. Um, I agree. Like, I I totally agree. I I think that. They've got some stuff that surprised me. I was like, oh, wow, they've really I, got some Can I tell stuff. you something? When it comes to video games, I, I actually don't buy brand new anymore. In mm. fact, I don't even shop at JB Hi-Fi or EB Games. I don't know if you're familiar with him. I call I call him the sex shop. Mm. It's spelled C-E-X. Oh, I know the shop. Yeah, it's the second hand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I uh, because I love... I, I am a collector, but I collect things, you know, that not, not cheap shit. I collect video mm. games. I collect comics i collect novels that sort of stuff um i just buy all my stuff secondhand because one i never buy it when it's fully released because mm. i don't want to pay 90 bucks 80 bucks for the game i'm happy to go buy it secondhand when it's like 40 50 bucks or whatever yeah uh, I, occasionally if i see something if i happen to be in a jbeb and they're having like a massive stupid sale yeah you know where something's like five dollars or something like that i'll buy it but a lot of times i actually rather give my money to to the sex shop because um uh it's just games. It's like they, they they sell movies and games, and pretty much like that's it. Like yeah, they they're not supplementing with Funko Pops and merchandise. This if I want to go find a game, I walk in there and it's wall to wall. It's true. PlayStation Terrible games. name for a shop, but I agree. I know exactly where the shop is. I kind of like it. I think it's a very clever play on like where people refer to it as the sex shop. Yeah, it is <laughs> fun. Like it it is a fun. Bit. Now, but yeah, that's yeah. where I go because yeah, I I can browse more. I can like they have actually more games. Than EB does. No, they JB do. Hi-Fi. Yeah, no, they EB. Have more games. Oh, Jamie Hi-Fi reduced their games down as well, which surprises me because I always used to go there and get games. Um, but maybe they've just been cut by um, Amazon badly, you know? Um, I don't know. Maybe, but I'll be honest with you, I don't buy off Amazon because a lot of times they're actually more expensive than yeah. uh, for, for buying video games. So I yeah. don't know. If, if anyone's buying on Amazon, you're an idiot. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, you actually you pay can more. get some good deals on Amazon. I have it. Yeah, no, you've got to wait for a sale. But I mean, if you go on there, a lot of the times they sell more sure. expensive than what JB and all that. Does. I so again, agree. And if you're buying it off Amazon, that's just silly. No, I agree. Now, Jonathan Majors, watch. Um, this has been an interesting one. TMZ has obtained security footage that was referenced in a filing last week by Majors' legal team where they submitted still images that they argue prove their case, namely that this woman was not assaulted by Majors at all and the thing is a false witch hunt. Now, yeah, that's from TMZ. Uh, 
Who knows what's the true story? Apparently, the alleged woman claims she was beaten by majors, but is seen on security footage partying that, at that night at the very same night, seemingly perfectly healthy. I assume he's referring to it being a post where she's saying this guy beat on her. I mean, the jury's out. I mean, his management and agent dropped him, which is not a good sign, but Marvel haven't. But as I said, to be fair, you get dropped the moment shit touches you. Like, yeah, no, true. true, or not, you true. Dropped, well, the, like, the story's going to come out because he's been charged with assault. Um, she supposedly wasn't... Pres- but I think what hurts yeah, him but, is that... Dave, yeah. don't forget, charge doesn't mean anything, hey? No, I know, but what does hurt him, I think, is the other allegations that have come to the surface since. That, oh, sure. That could hurt him, so... But, as so, I said, you've got to be very careful because these sort of things always bring out crazies as well. And jilted exes and people looking for yep. a payout. Like, let's, let's, let's face it. Or just it. five minutes of fame or, you know, yeah. have people knock on their door and pay them for their story or whatever. Like, yeah. you've got to be very careful with this shit because the, the, field is, the, the world is filled with wackadoos with this word. Like, it's the same, like, you know, like how many people um, uh, um, admit to crimes they haven't done? Really? You know, like if the police go, we're seeking information, let's yeah, say yeah. on... Yeah, yeah. Like some sort of crime, whatever. Literally, people will call up and say, like, I'm it. the killer or yeah. whatever. Blah, just blah, blah, wasting blah. police I time. I live next to the guy here, whatever, and it's so much crap. Like, mm. there's just so many people, like, just, you know. Yeah. You've got to be very careful. No, again, I I will... I make fun and I'm joking and all that sort of stuff when we talk about it, but I'm waiting. Like, I'm not forming any judgment. I'm not saying he's guilty. On this Jonathan, but well, we don't know. It's at the moment. It's no, a, he said, she said. And to be know? fair, it is innocent until proven guilty. I still it's believe true. in that, though. Uh, it's true. It's true. Let's just see how the, the court case works out. Uh, critics are calling the MCU movie Guns of Galaxy 3 epic and emotional. Jesus Christ, these paid-for fucking critics, they'll say anything. <laughs> um, reviewers have termed the film as a perfect send-off to the series... I mean, honestly, I am so unexcited oh, by for the this way, movie. I've heard reviewers also uh, uh, falling head over heels for the Flash movie. I was going to mention that. There's been really... But, dude, uh, you know what I'm hearing in both of these properties? The studio's propaganda machine working fucking overtime. They're, oh, yeah. They're, with Flash, they're just desperate to make any money to offset the enormous costs and time that has been spent on that movie. And Guardians 3, they're praying. They're praying. Marvel is praying that this is their return to a really big blockbuster, you know, because their recent films have, you know, been under par, at the, below par at the at the box office, like the Ant-Man 3, oh, uh, Thor. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch it, but maybe we'll watch it for uh, next next show. Mm. Is um, They dropped, I think yesterday, they dropped uh, a new Flash trailer. Oh, sweet. We'll review that next show. I haven't seen it myself. I have heard mention that Keaton uh, got emotional entering the Batcave. Um, there's a bit more of the Batcave stuff going on. I'm excited for Flash myself, much more than I am for Guardians 3. But again, you know. but again I, none of the excitement is for Ezra Miller and his Flash. It's no. all for... And you know what I... Uh, can I just say something? I know this movie could be good or whatever, and, you know, whatever you got to sort of reserve judgment. I mean, I don't think it looks good or that wonderful, but you never know. But one thing I'll say is I'm just, I kind of feel annoyed that mm. first time I'm seeing Michael Keaton back as Batman, it's not a Batman Beyond. Sure. But movie. I think there's definitely potential for that if this does well, you know? I hope so, because I just, I really want him to be... Oh, well, dude, the fact he's doing it... The fact he's doing it, um, they've obviously paid him enough money. He's in love with the character. Like, I... I 
I could see that being a logical stepping stone, you know. Um, it, you know, they've got him back in the conversation and everyone's excited. No one's excited about Ezra Miller. Like, he's like... <laughs> oh, God. Listen, Michael can see anything because, I'm sorry, even that Supergirl just looks... Or Superwoman, whatever the fuck she's supposed to be, looks terrible. Like, Batflex also in the trailer as well. The new trailer, Batflex in it as well. Yeah, um, well, I mean, there's... Uh, I, I believe that there's not... There's Zod's in it from the first Superman cool. movie as well and all this sort of stuff. Because, again, it's all time travel. What? The original Zod? Yeah, the guy, what's that guy? Terrence Stamp? Oh, I thought you meant Terrence Stamp. No, no, I mean from Jesus. the from the, the first... You right, know, like, yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. Universe yeah. Or whatever. Sorry, I thought you meant from Christopher Reeve. I was like, really? No, no, no. no. I was like, how old could that guy be? <laughs> he seemed old then. Is he alive? I think... I'm not even sure if he's alive. I got excited there for a no, second. No, I think Terrence Stamp is still alive. I got excited for a second. I thought you said Terrence Stamp was coming back to the role. <laughs> no. Wow, because I was going to say, where was his Maybe officer? I have been a little bit more specific. Oh, sorry. Well, I don't mind Michael Shannon, but uh, sorry, I'm a bit of a Terrence Stamp fan. Um, okay, now more stuff about Magic the Gathering. This was funny, actually. The Pinkertons came and got, they knocked on this guy's door who'd got his hands on some unreleased Magic the Gathering cards. And Gizmodo reported that Wizards of the Coast had lots of sorts of problems uh, about stolen cards, and the Pinkertons had been used multiple times to help solve them. The Pinkertons, if you don't know, Richard, the old school detective agency. No, no. Listen, I've I know who the Pinkertons are. Buddy. Okay, cool. All right. Well, I'm just checking. Uh, for those who don't know, that's what they are from way back in the day, like twenties of stuff. Uh, Pinkertons are cool. Um, is this? They actually rich? tried to. They tried to sue. Um, uh, uh, Rockstar. Oh, really. Yeah, because of their portrayal of the Pinkertons in the Red Dead. Oh yeah, yeah, because they're really bad in the in there. Yeah, they're yeah. they're bastards. Yeah, they're massive bastards. Um, their logo used to be a little side with the slogan "We never sleep." Man, that's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's cool. Um, yeah, more Super Mario stuff, Rich. I know you're all over it. Um, no. Well, I just wanted to put this in there because obviously they, they um, you know, with, they're ramping up to the Japan release, so they, uh, they're interviewing uh, um, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto. And uh, uh, I was hoping for this because obviously not just Mario. I mean, obviously Nintendo's got some fantastic franchises, mm. uh, but he has teased that um, not only will there be um, obviously the possibility of more Mario movies, but future Nintendo movies based on Nintendo games. So we, we could be a Metroid Prime, cool, um, you know, or Metroid movie. We could get a Zelda movie. That'd be you cool. know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm hoping that the success of this leads to other Nintendo. Well, I'd, I'd go see a Zelda movie for sure. That'd be cool. Yeah, but I still want it all animated though. I don't want live action. I really don't want any of the Nintendo movies to be live action. Mm. That's no, no, no. Yeah, no, I'd be up for an animated Zelda, but I bet you they make a live action. Um, I don't know if Nintendo will. I'll be honest with you. I think after the success of yeah, they're old school Mario and, and this failure of the live action Mario, I think live action they completely turned off of live action. I'd, I, I'd, honestly, I'd be up for an animated. Or it'll be Zelda. animated. I'd be up for an animated Zelda. Yeah, for sure. Why not? And you got a box but office. Also, the reason I feel that it has to be animated is because one thing you got to. Like, okay, so, Dave, I mean, I don't know, like, well, I mean, I've got a Switch, I've got a GameCube, I've got a Wii, you know what I mean? Like, I, sure, I've got always, it all. 
Nintendo's literally always been my second console. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. Okay. Uh, for a long time, Xbox was the, my main console because that's obviously where the adult games were played. But I always made sure that I had a Nintendo because I always loved playing, you know, Mario games, sure. and Zelda games, and all that sort of stuff. But it's not just the characters with Nintendo. It's it's the world that they create. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's the level design and all. And I just don't. I don't think you can do that justice if you're trying to do it live action. Yeah, I think the right. only way you can capture that magic that is Nintendo is in a in, in an animated movie. Well, after the success of this Super Mario, it seems you're proven right, you know, really. Like this Super yeah. Mario well, movie has made so much money. Now we've got a box office update. They've got so many franchises, man, so I'm just... I'd, I'd be up for a Metroid Prime or a Zelda one for sure. Yeah. Um, eight hundred ninety-two million worldwide, an increase of one seventy-four no, million. No, they've passed it. That's now nine hundred and okay, one million. And meanwhile, D and D is still struggling along at one hundred and seventy-nine <laughs> million. Uh, poor old D and D. Yeah, I did. I did say to you, like, I do think. Look, they might limp to two hundred mil, but it's not good. It's not it's, good. Yeah, it's it, it's a shame because it's not a bad movie either. You know, that's the thing. Um, now, Bad Boys 4 has been announced with Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. Wow, Will Smith's on the comeback <laughs> trail. Um, yes. Maybe, and, maybe Martin Lawrence can slap some sense into Will Smith. Well, maybe. Martin Lawrence must be loving this. He's like, yes, he's finally <laughs> crank out another one. It's Martin he's Lawrence rock gonna bottom. Now's my chance. Yeah, well, Martin Lawrence is like, sweet, finally he needs me. Um, yeah, this is, this is fucking hilarious. Um, and uh, Michael Kalisha makes a point. We wanted to make a movie for our number one fan. <laughs> Dave stuck with us over the years. At this point, Mr. Lawrence was bitch slapped by Will Smith and had to be carried off set. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe Lon Lawrence uh, bitch slapped Will Smith. You know what? If Will Smith's got any, if Will Smith's got any sort of like sense of career and humor, he would incorporate a scene where he's bitch slapped into this movie. He's got to make fun of it. He's got to play with it because he's 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 let it get too serious, way well, too serious. Yeah. Well, yeah, I do think that he needs his character needs to bitch slap Martin Lawrence's character for sure. Like or Martin Lawrence bitch slap him, I think. You know, something needs I think to that, you can but I think that would be less funny. Yeah. Well, something needs to happen because I honestly think, like, look, I get it, it was shocking, but but he didn't he he didn't seem to ever run with it and make fun of it and and play, you know what I mean? Like, he should have done something. He, he should have handled it better, basically, and he hasn't. He's let it sort of just fester, and um, he's an idiot for for that as well. Like, basically, uh, now Renfield bombed. Only eighteen million in two weeks of release. Was it ever going to make much money? Seriously, do you think? Uh, no, probably not. I mean, no. it's such a probably it's such a niche movie. It feels like it's um, a movie I watch on streaming for sure, but I would never go to a cinema to see it. Yeah, and but uh, the problem, yeah, the problem is, is, let's be honest. Like, it's it's very difficult to say because um, you never know how many theaters it gets. Like. Uh, you, you know, something like a, a a bigger budget movie tends to get a lot more theaters. Sure. And something like this. Now, yes, would this get as many? No, but it still probably has done poorly. I but think again, on I think home. on Box Office Mojo, it does give you a theater breakdown, I think. Or at least it used to. Let's have a look and see. Renfield. Uh, um, 
uh, they seem to be giving less detail. They used to, they used to, they used to give stuff on theaters, but I don't see it here. No, it seems I think they've doled it down. They used to give. And that's what I'm saying. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult to know exactly how many. Yeah. Um, oh, I agree. Has been in. Well, there's a percentage. But, there's a percentage that studios work on about that, about how theaters and the revenue it takes in. Yeah. You know, per well, because I'm looking at this, and its box office is 65 mil, which it. It's probably not even going to hit that. Um, no, definitely not. I mean, it's, I, it's I on eighteen say. million dollars here that I'm looking at. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a that, bomb. And that's worldwide. So it's it's made fourteen million in America, which is probably good. Mm. What it needed in in that same time is probably another fourteen. Yeah. To twenty mil worldwide uh, to then give it maybe at least half of its budget. I never thought like, this oh. was. I actually thought this was going to streaming. I didn't realize it was even well, getting. Well, here's the thing. Can I just say something? I don't understand from what I like. I don't understand why this movie needed sixty five million. I, is that is that uh, uh, is that the salaries? <laughs> because Probably. I'm sorry, but the, the that movie just looks like a, a comedy movie that should cost you like ten, yeah. twelve mil to make at like at the most. Like it does look very budget, but yeah, I, I assume Nicolas Cage is probably taking a fair chunk of that. Um, now, anyway. to be yeah. fair, it hasn't it's not, it hasn't opened up everywhere either. Like mm. it's not even out in Australia here yet. So yep. you know, Australia could Australia is definitely going to get at a couple of mil more. Mm. Um, probably not a lot more. Maybe maybe only about four mil or. Yeah. Three mil, maybe. If it does well, I'm saying. If it does well in Australia, it's still only looking at about it's three. Still four a very small market, like. No, no, I know, but but movies can get a, a couple of million in in Australia if they get good. They good, can. Good, good oh, they can. Yeah, for sure. But I do think that this movie is a movie that will be popular on streaming. I think this will be a well-streamed movie with Nick yeah, Cage. I, look, I'll be honest with you. This movie should have cost way less to make, mm. and probably should have maybe just been a streaming movie. Yeah, I agree with you, Rich. I agree with you. Um, Equalizer 3 has been greenlit and announced. Uh, I am excited. Finally, a proper Equalizer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. After that TV show, which was... A, I watched it and it was a chore. Um, she never felt like the Equalizer to me, Queen Latifah. You know? She never really, I felt, captured the role. You know? No. No, it's Queen Latifah. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird choice. Uh, Harrison Ford's talking about uh, Dollar Destiny. Uh, this will be the last time I play the character. I anticipate it will be the last time that he appears in a film. So Harrison Ford's really talking tough about there's no well, I'm more. glad that you anticipate that, Harrison, because yeah. that's not how it works anymore. And, and once you're in the grave, Harrison, <laughs> which probably is only about five or ten years away, uh, I think they'll probably uh, inevitably um, redo it. Uh, I'm watching Transformers War on Cybertron on Netflix. Pretty cool, Rich. I don't know if you've seen it. Can um, I just say something? It's really sad that they fucked up Uncharted because Uncharted could have been the replacement for Indiana Jones. Sure. Like, yeah. in that, that kind of movie. I mean, that sort of, like, yeah. action oh, adventure, yeah, yeah, yeah. finding a lost treasure type thing and all that. If they hadn't fucked it up, it could have been the modern version of, of, of that of, yeah, of, who did? It was Tom Holland, wasn't it? And Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, and now Mark Wahlberg. And I was like, come on. Man. Uh, it was pretty poor. Um, have you seen this Transformers oh, War on Cybertron, Rich, I, on Netflix? I, I, no, no, I don't. It's good. I don't watch. I don't watch Netflix, bro. Oh, Jesus. Uh, sorry, we going to say something. I, I kind of cut you off. No, I, I was going to say. Um, <laughs> I'm not talking about the Mario movie specifically here, right? Mm. But 
I'm hoping one thing that maybe studios learn from Mario is yeah. get the people who made the game involved in the movie. Yes. So this the Mario movie was made with a lot of input mm. from Nintendo, especially from uh, Miyamoto. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, like they were like, no, no, you can't do this. This is what the characters like. Blah blah blah. They pretty much helped bring the movie to life. The people that created the fucking thing. That's good. So I just feel. I'm hoping that when they now want to do video game movies, mm. maybe get the people who made the fucking game yeah. or the franchise, get them involved because then you wouldn't have a movie like Uncharted, which looks nothing like mm. the Uncharted games. Like, I'm sorry, you've, you've played the Uncharted games, right? Yeah, yeah. Two Mark Wahlberg yeah. looks nothing like Sully. No, he doesn't at all. And not I, even close. And I'd also say Tom Holland was very poor casting oh, as well. Oh, fucking Tom Holland was... Look, if you had cast Tom Holland for flashbacks as a young mm. Nathan Drake, like a like a young kid or, you know, just starting off Nathan Drake, I could be like, okay, I can see it. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I don't mind that, but not as an adult fucking video game Nathan Drake. Yeah, no, it was, it was a terrible casting. I, I don't know what they were thinking, actually, right? really. I, I don't understand what they were even... It was just bizarre to me. The whole the whole casting process was bizarre. Carrie Fisher um, will be posthumously given a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I would have thought she had one already. Um, just a few feet away from the star of Mark Hamill and across the street from the star of her mother, Debbie Reynolds. I'm surprised well, she didn't you, have one. Well, they don't give it to you, mate. You have to pay for it. I know, I know, I know. But do you have to be nominated or something? No, I think, well, you've just got to submit Mm. The name with the money, and then they'll just approve it usually. Or sure, yeah. I'm sure some people have been declined, but generally, yeah, you just fucking mm. okay. They you just give them the money and say this is. Well, what she one deserves it. Yeah. She deserves one. Like you know, I think she's definitely um of a caliber that you know far lesser stars I think have gotten one than her. You know, Carrie Fisher always remembered oh, yeah. fondly. Yeah. I studied at the feet of a master Gamaliel, we called him the beauty of the law I was born of the tribe of Benjamin I was a Pharisee And I could quote from memory the Holy Torah That day that the Nazarene was brought to trial It was on a Sabbath eve there was an earthquake when he died Just another peasant preacher Who came up from Galilee Blaspheming troublemaker We let him be crucified Then I thought that I would hear No more about him But his friends found his tomb Empty claimed that he rose from the dead then they say he walked among them with the nail wounds in his hands That king upon a donkey with a thorn crown on his head His followers kept growing in great numbers And the one that they call Cephas Marcus in the judgment hall and with the Greek name Stephen, we knew the Gentiles had come in. I cast my vote against him. He was stoned. I saw him fall. Then the friends of the Nazarene became united. 
And I became enraged and led a slaughter zealously I found their secret places, they were beaten, they were chained But some of them were scattered, justified in fearing me Then the man in white appeared to me In such a blinding light he struck me down With its brilliance took away my sight Then the man in white in gentle loving tones spoke to me And I was blinded so that I might see the man in white But like the wind that blows the scattered sea From Alexandria to Antioch their congregation grew I went to the high priest for letters of permission To go to other cities to see my mission through Six days on the hot road to Damascus And just outside the city in the middle of the day A great unearthly light struck and overpowered me Prostrate on the hot road I was blinded where I lay Then I thought I heard the rushing of great waters And a multitude of angels singing sweet and heavenly And through the sound of wind came a voice so soft and kind Meant for only me to hear Saul, why do you persecute me? As I lay there on the ground in my blindness he asked me once again, and suddenly the voice I knew. So finally I managed a trembling response. Who are you, Lord? I asked him, but I already knew. I am Jesus of Nazareth, the voice answered. Arise, go to Damascus on the street called Straight Will Be. A place where you will wait for my servant Ananias He will open up your eyes, you'll be a witness unto me So now I live to serve my master As zealous in his service as I once was as his foe And keeping his commandments given on Damascus Road I go to all the world and I let the whole world know that the man in white Appeared to me in such a blinding light It struck me down And with its brilliance took away my sight And the man in white In gentle loving tones spoke to me And I was blinded so that I might see the man in white And I was blinded so that I might see The man in white The man in white Weekly Comics, Rich. Now, a quick one here, Judge Red Magazine, 454 and 455. Gotta say, enjoyed the Dread stories, but Jesus Christ, these magazines have a lot of crap in them. Um... Uh, yeah, wow. I, I was actually going to say that. I was like, a lot of the story... Like, the problem with the this magazine over the older ones 
the yeah. ones that I used to collect. Yeah. One, they weren't this thick. This is like fucking 100 pages each. Like, but so much filler, man. Jesus. So much. But also the problem is, is like there's a big range from like good <laughs> yeah. to meh to forgettable. I was, um, I thought, because I, I, I didn't think, that, I thought these were going to be like 50 at most. I, I opened it up and I'm like, well, 154 pages. I was like, man, that's a lot of dread, but yeah, deal me in. And I'd forgotten that um, it's always a lot of spin-off stories. And I was like, oh, that's right, yeah. But like the dread stuff was cool. I, I enjoyed all the dread stuff, except there was one really bad story in the second one. But the, the dread story where he was going back... Um, there were two stories that I really liked. One was he was in an alternate dimension where it was super dark and he was kind of doing crazy shit like with these with with these people. And then there was the other one where um, he was investigating a, a crime that was connected to One-Eyed Jack, who was a character back in the 70s, who Fargo was involved as an undercover agent who was the grandmother of Judge Fargo. But she was black and I was like, Fargo wasn't, as far as I'm aware, was never black. She was as black as the night is black. She was black, black. And I was like, was Fargo black? And is Dread ever been at all black? And not that I can remember. No, but I mean, he's, he's, well, who knows? I mean, most of well, the Judge Dread I've so. ever seen is black and white, but. Um, well, on he's, top been of that, he's, times, he's been coloured many times, man. Yeah, but, many her, times. but her husband could have been white and then their kid could have married another white person, so I'm sure. sure. You like know. a fairer black, but but even still, that all I'm saying is that was the first. Oh, but time. also again, revisionist man, like super revisionist man. That's what I'm going. Newer with. writers want to change things; they want to diversify things. But right? I did like both of those dread stories. I thought they were very good. Some of the other stuff, I I, I tried to read uh, some of it, and I was like, "What the?" The fuck? one I Jack one was a little bit boring. Mm. Um, it was pretty standard. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, it. I don't know. I miss the over. I like the over the top dread stuff. The stuff that's just really bizarre. Sure. Like and quirky. Like this one wasn't. It was very like, kind of run of the mill. Like you know. Mm. Which, by the way, was he riding around with uh, Rico? Yeah. So in modern Judge Dread, Rico, ha- it's a different clone. It's not the original Rico from um, you know, back. No, of in course, because he's dead. Yeah, 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 exactly. But it's not that guy, the the criminal one. So Rico is a clone, uh, a new clone that's of Dread, and, and so basically he met. Dread. Why would they give him a different name? <laughs> no, I can. Well, I can tell you why. I've read it. I've read it. So he he meets Dread, and and Dread sees him and goes, "All right, so you're of the clone. You're of the bloodline." He's like, "Yeah," and he goes, "I'm going to go by Rico," and Dread says, "Good decision," and rides off. And then over time, they partner up more, and the whole thing yeah, is this yeah. Rico. So far, hasn't gone evil at all. I don't believe. So that was the thing. Would he go well, evil? My my biggest concern is that you want to call yourself Rico. I'd be like, well, his name was yeah, Rico. Yeah, I'm gonna keep. No, but my point is, okay, Judge Dredd and Rico are both a clone of someone else. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So they were named Dredd and Rico. So just because you're oh, a clone yeah. doesn't mean that you have to be called Rico. I'm concerned that you want to call yourself Rico. Well, I like, think it's because yeah, like that. The reason they explained it in the comic book I read, which I have read, is because if he calls himself Dread, he's too much in the shadow of actual Judge Dread. No, he doesn't have to call himself Dread. He can call himself anything else. Call himself Jeff if he wants. I'm just saying, like, yeah. it's weird that he wants to call himself Rico. Well, I don't know. Take it up with. If I was Dread, if I was Dread, I would, I would be keeping my eye going. 
I'm concerned that you want to call yourself Rico. <laughs> well, I, I haven't read it fully up to date, but I do think he keeps his eye on him. They've developed a friendship over the years, a partnership over the years. Um, also, we had a storyline that was like a year one storyline where, ironically, it was Rico and Dredd as cadets, and they were out there. You, you saw images of them doing shit um, together when they still were wearing the white helmet as rookies. All in all, mm. I was just like, my review of it's so mixed because I'm like... I don't understand why there's so much fucking fluff in the magazine. Like, it's like, do you guys just need to make pages? Like, it seems like there's a lot of bullshit that could be cut out. I mean, like, look, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, if the price of the magazine is going up, then obviously it's, it's nice that they're bumping the pages up or, like, giving you... But, yeah, it's just not... Oh, it's, come on. The quality, unfortunately, is not... No, no, I'm saying it's, it's, it's great that you're increasing the page count. Yeah. The problem is, is you're not increasing the quality, quality count. It's like... Um, do we need those you know, comics from like the 60s you know what I mean like those black and whites from god knows when like what's that got to do with Judge Red? nothing I would say well no but these aren't isn't these just the the magazines isn't this just the like 2080 book like just magazines that are just the overly large ones with no stories this and- is called Judge Red magazine this is in, in basically what the um, mag- what the magazine is. Oh, there's a lot of stories in there that are not dread focused. Yeah, so. no. So what the magazine in theory always was was yes, it's a dread story. There's always a dread story, but it's dread's world, which is why you had like some of that stories, um, sort of set in the world that Mega City One is on. Okay, so that's so Devil on War, some of the other stuff we had there. You had Judge Anderson, so it's 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 other judges and stuff, but. With the magazine, because it comes out monthly as opposed to weekly, they quickly sort of didn't want to give all the good stuff to the magazine. So the magazine became... uh, They reprint a lot of stuff in the magazine over the years. The magazine's always had a really fluctuating page count and content. So sometimes the magazine has been packed full of reprints. And frankly, from what I've seen, they're going back to that strategy. This magazine had a lot of fucking reprints. Um, Because they're just cheaper because it's just – it's cheap stuff that they've got lying around that they own the rights to that they're just pumping in the magazine. And and I've got to be honest, I'm going to – this is going to break my heart a little bit. Even though I enjoy the Judge Red stuff, I thought both of these magazines had a hell of a lot of filler. And I I can't give them more than six. I'm being generous. I I really feel like there's too much filler in these magazines. Here's the thing. I find it very hard to give scores to these type of, not anthology, but these sort of um, yeah. collections. Because sure. varies. I, I'll be honest with you, I can't even remember all the stories. No, there's a lot <laughs> so of shit it, going it, on, yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I, I do remember the ones I enjoyed, Yeah. Um, but there wasn't that many of them, if I'm oh. being honest. Um, in fact, I, as I said, I, I wasn't as big a fan of that, um, the... The, that dread one where it takes part in the present and the in the past and mm. and all that sort of stuff. Um, I found the uh, the one I enjoyed was the zany one where is where he's the actor, yeah, <laughs> or, or he's taking part in a um, um, televised thing. Um, that was like really like it was a bit too zany, but at least it was more in line with it how was super zany. Um, yeah, dread could be. Because yeah. I kind of like Dread when it is serious, but also a bit silly. No, you know, I know what you mean. Yeah. The world he lives in is pretty fucking wackadoo. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they've, they've darkened the tone of Judge Dread and made it more serious as the years have gone on. Um, sometimes I, I miss but, 
it too. I'll be honest with you. The fact that again, the fact that he is fascistic. If you make him serious, it doesn't work. Well, he can be serious, but like the world no, around him. No, I mean, him, if yeah. you make no, but I'm um, saying if you make the world serious, if you make the story serious, sure. Like, like it's supposed to be like, yeah, he's really a hero. You know what I mean? Like he's a, like it's, it's a proper story. Then I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't work. The whole the the thing that makes it so bizarre is just how over the top, yeah, the world and the characters are. That you can see him being the hero in that kind of world. I if know. it's a little bit normal and the characters are a little bit normal and the story is just a little bit on the normal side, it doesn't quite have the same the, the same impact. So well, it, it, it's more dull, you know. Like yeah. it can it can get unless it's executed really well, like Wagner executes. It, some some look some of these stories, like Judge Red has always had many a throwaway story, but I don't know. I I like it. Like, I like what I read that was dread that just wasn't enough dread for me. I was like, give me more dread. I mean, one of the stories has such bad artwork, I could barely tell what was happening. That black and white one with the UK judge, I was like, like, this artwork is actually hurting my eyes to read. It's so hard to... Well, (laughs) excuse the pun, but black and white is an art. Like, not everyone can do black and white. Yeah, and I was like, I was it struggling. Takes serious talent to do black and white. Yeah, well, th- that felt like it was someone's first day of the races, and I wasn't happy. Uh, I can never score Judge Red too low, as you know. I have you know allegiance to the great man and uh, old Sony <laughs> face, so I'm going to give it a six. But I feel I'm probably being generous. Again, it's it's a mixed bag. Like, mixed bag. I'm sure that you know, depending on your taste, there'll be stories that you like. There'll be stories that you don't like. There'll be stories that you completely forget. Like, I'm, I'm going to put um, something out there to you, Rich. How about this idea? The, they fucking go, wow, shit, we're, we're fucking up here. We're, we're, we're filling our fucking magazine with shit. Why don't we... We've got 50 pages. Okay, we've got 50 pages. All right. Just a 50-page Judge Redder. One shot. Boom. Every month. What about but that? But isn't that just a normal magazine? Isn't that just the 2080 magazine then? No, but the 2080 magazine is an anthology too. So if you if you but open I mean, a 2080, isn't the magazine supposed to be a higher page count than the 2080? Because the 2080 is around about that 50. Well, I don't know, but like, but the whole point of the magazine was originally that their most popular character is Judge Red. Like that's definitely yeah. But let's let's be honest. I don't think the talent there has enough Judge Red stories. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, put, put, put me in charge. I'd pump out 50 pages a month. Seriously. Uh, like, get me started. And the art is not great. Um, oh, it fluctuates crazily. Yeah, you know? like, you know, it's... Well, the, the reason... Some of it's good, yeah. some of it's not. Uh, it's it, all again, over it's the bag. shop. It's, but again, that's what this sort of thing is. And I know. It's, you know it's, it's different writers, it's different artists. There's different stories. It's a, mi- it's just yeah. It's but you a know me, Rich. You'll I mean, get enjoyment out of it. You'll get shit out of it. Like, yeah. At the end of the day, I just love Judge Red. You know, when I when I, old Stony Face gets involved, and I don't, I uh, don't blame you, bro. Yeah. Now, next up, uh, this was this this week when I was down last week actually when I went down to the Transformers exhibition and I encountered Motormaster. Well, that became my life, and I was researching on the internet, uh, Motormaster a.k.a. Motor Breath, booms out orders in his hollow, bottomless, deep voice of doom. His stunticon soldiers listen in very real fear, a cold and brutal tyrant without an ounce of mercy or care for any lesser being. He considers himself the true king of the road. He is my favourite Transformer now. 
Um, oh, type of sound wave. And Motormaster is just everything to me. And I said, well, I need to find out what Motormaster's first appearance was in the comics. Transformers 22, Michael Kellersham confirmed that. I brought it into the rotation for this week. What a pleasure to read. I mean, a blast from the past, mid-80s. But hell yeah to Motormaster. And this is my guy from now on, Rich. Where are you? Sadly, yeah. I ran out of days to read this. Wow, didn't get there. Yeah. Oh, look, listen. Uh, I I wasn't I was wondering how long the magazines, the magazines were. Did you so see my comment? I Today I wrote, you only have to read the dread bits. That's what I got to it. <laughs> I, was, I, was like, I was like, I was like, when they got to Jane Bond, I was like, who the fuck is this? And what has this got to do with Judge Dredd? I, I, was... no, I, I read both the magazines from cover to cover, so wow. I, wow. Ran out of, I ran out of time. I'm Jesus. Afraid. Well, you, you should go back and check out this Transformers 22 because it's a lot of fun. Now, we come to a... I'm tra- sure it would be. It's an old Marvel. It's good. It's a, it's a Marvel comic, right? Yeah, it's, it's from the Marvel yeah. run. Yeah, yeah. I put, I put it on the drive. That's when, that's, when, that's when there was really enjoyable fucking life. It's Bob Bodiansky writing at the guy who oh, did all the Transformers comics back in the day. It's good fun, man. The art's a bit dated. Like No, but it doesn't matter. I'll say this. Back in those days, mm. the, the, the licensed stuff from Marvel and all that stuff was really good. Like, yeah. whether it was G.I. Joe, whether it was... Um, You'll enjoy Michael it. North, whether it was Transformers, whether it was Star Wars, they were actually enjoying oh, it. Oh, fuck like yeah. Today. If they get a licensing today, it's just trash. Oh, licensing today, they put out Planet of the Apes 1, which almost put us to sleep. <laughs> exactly. I was like, we've been waiting for Planet of the Apes. You produced it, and all you did was recap the movies. It's like, what about a new fucking story? Like, Yeah, and also, if, you, if you're picking up this Planet of the Apes book and you haven't watched the movies, what the fuck are you doing? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, hmm, what's this Planet of the Apes people are talking about? <laughs> like, I don't know. It was just a really weird... Th- and also, there are ways that you can show your running on from the movies without how they did it. They did it in the most boring way possible. You know? Like, they did it just... It was just so ham-fisted. Uh, hopefully, that book gets better. Now, our trade of the week, I am excited by this trade of the week. This is Bad Man. Now, I can give you a bit of a history lesson here. Carlos Esquizara and the great Alan Grant uh, wrote it and Carlos drew it. This came out early in the magazine's uh, existence, like way back. We're talking like early 90s. I bought the first magazines and this was in there. Um, This was, I did my research. In the magazine, this was billed as sort of like a prequel to the world of Judge Dredd. Like, it was like the lead-up to the World War. Um, and it was... it was. But when Alan Grant wrote it, they it was originally going to be a separate storyline, and then the magazine came around, and then they Alan Grant and John Wagner were both highly involved with the magazine, and they retooled it so that it, it sort of served as a predictor to the, um, to, to the Great War, you know, that, that basically dooms... Um, you know, the US and most of the world in, you know, Mega City One's time and Dread's time. That said, I had only ever read the first couple of issues because I think I took a break from the magazine and then came back to it. So I was really excited to read it. Man, what a lot of fun. You know, like classic old school 2000 AD action, a baddie, and I was surprised when he was a robot at the end because I never got to that part in my reading. I, great Carlos artwork, um, I thought it was a lot of fun, man. What did you think of this? 
Um, it's enjoyable. Mm. It's fine. It's mm. not something that I would be like, yeah. Oh no. man, you have to read this because I'll be honest with you, I kind of was just like, oh, Terminator. Very like, Terminator. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's I. I just was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's like Terminator. So, um, great art though. Uh, oh, the like, art's the strength. I think the art's the strength. You know, this is just your 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 classical. Because I think it was was it done by um, Carlos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Carlos. Yeah. So, man, like one of the best 2080 artists, like oh, ever, yeah. definitely to live. So the art was absolutely fantastic. So 2080, I loved it. I love looking at the pages. But I mean, story wise, it's fine. It's entertaining. It's it's enjoyable. It's not something that's gonna. I don't think it's anything that's gonna rock your world, or be like, oh, this is like a must, must, must read. But yeah. you know, a, 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 as a collection or. Uh, or, or something that was in the magazine, sure, uh, enjoyable, entertaining, well written. But as I said, I mean, the whole time I was reading, I was just like, oh, okay, it's just like Terminator. And like, I mean, Christ, even the robot is like Terminator. I thought, yeah, and I think Alan Grant was probably having a bit of fun there. I yeah, thought, which is what 2018 did. They kind of, yeah, it was like a more serious version of Mad. You know what I mean? Where yeah. they kind of took those tropes or or stuff that was popular or in pop culture and kind of just put their own spin on it. 100%. I will say this. I, I think, honestly, if you're a 2000 AD, you know, fanatic and Alan Grant fan, like, read it. You'll you'll love it. Like, Carlos oh. is in top form. Um, he, he, he It's a treat. You can see that it was sort of separate from... I thought it was getting more connected to the Great Wars and stuff of, of Booth and all that. I, but it's not, which is fine. And, like, the the mutants, it's kind of hokey, but it's kind of cool. Like, I enjoyed it. I also thought that the bad man might have been sent back from the future, like like the Terminator, but he's not. He's more of a tool of the agency. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, for me, it was, it was ticking something off the sort of bucket list from when I read this, you know, the first couple of issues back in the day, and I really enjoyed it. And I just, I always wondered how this one tied up. Um, it's regarded as a minor Alan Grant story, and I can understand why, because he did so many great stories. But I, I had a lot of fun with it. Nostalgia plays a part, but Carlos, for me, he he's sort of like, it's like Dean Martin. He could sing his way through the phone book and I'd enjoy it. You know? I, I, I don't care what it is. Yeah. I will read anything that has his art. <laughs> I agree. I mean, he he's like, got he's got such personality in his artwork, you know, and mm. he, he's so dynamic. And I just I just I fall in love. Like he's he's not the prettiest artist, but just the way he does things, you just Actually, can't I, help. I would it. be happy if he just if he did a story with no words, and I had to just try and figure out what the story was. I'd even be happy with that. <laughs> yeah. as long as I was just looking at the art. Like I'd be like, yeah, whatever. I'll try to figure out what the story is. Don't, don't, don't even need bubbles. I'll, I'll, I'll sort it out. And what a workhorse he was too. Like, oh, geez, he did so much, man. He did. He really did. He really did. Like, think of like, all. I'm not joking. I, when I think of 2000 AD, I, I, I pretty much only think of him. I'll be honest with you. Like, yeah. if someone says to me 2000 AD, immediately his art is. Immediate. Oh, he's the, he's my number one by far. Like. In my mind, and there are some other good ones, but I'm just saying, if someone just walks up to you and says, like, associate, you know, like, you know, what's the first thing that pops into your head when you think mm. 2000 AD? I don't even think a character, like, 
necessarily like Jedge or Strontium Dog or whatever. I literally just think he's art, just because yeah. he's done so many characters that he's touched them all. That I just go, yep, yeah, that's what I think of. I just think of his art style when I think of 2080. He's great. Now he's really great, and um, such a talent. And it makes me sad to think that Alan Grant's gone and Carlos has gone. It, it does that because I I really wanted to get Alan Grant on the show. Um, I was reaching out to him, but I think his health was failing, you know, in the last couple of years of his life. And um, he's just such a talent. It, it kind of makes me sad, like, to be At honest. At least he has a fantastic legacy. Though. He does. You know, he really does. And I think he, surely he knew the fans loved him. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah you know, yeah. like, it just, yeah. Uh, you know, and Carlos as well. Brilliant. Brilliant, basically. is the only word I'd use to describe. Like, uh, fucking oh, brilliant. Both of them have, I mean, for me as an artist, the art's more of a legacy, but they both sure. have fantastic legacies. Oh, so. yeah, huge legacies, the kind you can't even argue about. Now, I mean, for me, this was a personal pick. Uh, I came across it. I just thought, oh, yes, I've always wanted to read it. It's kind of put me in the mood. Maybe we should do a Dread storyline before I go to Croatia, Rich. You know, would you, would you like to do a Dread storyline or a Stronium Dog or a Rogue Trooper or something like that? Aren't you going next week, though? I'm going no next Monday week, so not not this. Oh, Monday. so we got one more show? Yeah, yeah. If you're cool, we, we can take. Oh it. no, no, cool, no, 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 no. That's fine. I just I thought I thought this was the last one until you get back. No, no, fine. I've got I've no I've so next week um, I'll be here. Um, we'll just do another show on like the Thursday, yeah. and then I'm, oh, dude, I'm. I just said to you, I'm happy to read anything with his art. So, all right. Well, I'll pick out a um, I'll pick out a storyline. Probably. Do you think dread? Yeah, dread. Yeah. Want to do dread? I'll, I'll find some dread. I mean, Carlos did so much dread; it'll be pretty easy <laughs> to find. Yeah. Well, I'll just throw, yeah, but like just throw a dart. Yeah, exactly. Find I'll, I'll find something with Carlos. Uh, don't worry, I'll find something with Carlos art uh, um, for us for next week. But but honestly, this is a nostalgic pick for me. But I, I'm going to give it 8 out of 10, and a large chunk of that is I was always interested to see where it went, but just that Carlos art, it's coloured, it really took me back, and I just I just dug it. I you know just what thought it, it was you, fun. You know what it is it, where I say, like, again, the story's fine. It's, it's mm. you know, it's, it's, it's enjoyable and all sort of stuff, but it's not like anything. I think it's because, and this is why sometimes it does depend on when you read something. Sure. So... If you had read this much, much, much earlier, mm. it'd probably be a lot more, more enjoyable and almost not original, but uh, less done. Yeah, yeah. Because when you read it now in like 2023, you know, I, I'm not just am I getting Terminator vibes, I'm getting uh, Total Recall vibes, sure. I'm getting, you know, like it's just that's the issue is that like w w when you do something that is tapping into a bit of the pop culture, it w is very like cult culture, it's like, I'm just thinking of so many things. But sure. if I had read this years ago, you know, before I'd watched so many movies, because again, this the story's not super original. Like no, I've no, seen no. so many movies and stuff that have it. But if I if this was if I'd read this when it came out, it would probably be more enjoyable because it'd be less that I'd be. I, I'll tell you this at the referencing time, or thinking about or or comparing it to. Yeah, no, and it even has a nod to Wolverine because he does a snicked on the cover. So Alan Grant That's was having true. Alan Grant true. was having some yeah. fun. I mean, Alan Grant had a sense of humor, big sense of humor, I think. But uh, when I remember when it came out, because when when two thousand AD branched off to the magazine, that was big. 
you know, time because because mm. people have been calling for Judge Dredd to have his own thing for ages. And at the time, I remember this being really promoted. Like, it was like, well, they're going to tell the history because this is well before Origins or anything, you know. Like, the the thing was, wow, it was really mysterious, you know. And, and, and I remember it, like, so many years ago. But I remember it. When I, I, the reason I stopped in the magazine was probably because it was right at the time I went to college and I just sort of cut the funds to go to the, get the magazine. It was simple as that. But I always remember, I was like, man, what happened in that story? Because I was, you know, and really the story I built in my head was a lot more exciting than what this was. This, because clearly this was never going to, supposed to be an origin to Judge Red. It really doesn't tie in at all. It's sort of, you get precursors to what the war would be. But you don't even see the war, do you? It's just a precursor. Um, well, again, I the, the one thing I've always said that I don't need to... F- I don't need the origin of the war. I know, I know. But, but dude, I, I was, like, young I don't mind little hungry. tidbits. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't mind little tidbits or, like, kind of making shit up. Almost even make it, like, um, uh, untrusty... Uh, uh, um, uh, shit, what's the word when the, the narrative is... Like, yeah, unreliable narrator. Oh, that's it. Unreliable narrative. You know what I mean? Where yeah. um, you, maybe there's some contradictions because no one fully knows. But I don't want an actual story that tells me how exactly... Or, well, or, I agree. Got I agree, but I will say Judge Dread Origins, when they did do it, it was very good. I think we did it, didn't we? Or at least we did it on Dread or Dead. Maybe it was with Adam, but it was no, very good. I don't. No, no, I'm not talking about the origins of Dread. Mm. I'm talking the origins of the of the world. The war. Yeah. No. Like no. I don't I don't need to know exactly how the world got to be Mega City. Like Yeah. Well they didn't do a sequel. Right. They didn't do a sequel, so it tells me that Alan Grant didn't um wasn't that interested either because this was left open. You could definitely have done more with this story. You know? Mm. Um and I you know, I'm the opposite to you. I would have loved to have had a whole of details, but that's just me. Um, oh, actually, I do think this could have been a fantastic standalone story. I don't think it needs to be tied into Dread or, or Megaset in any way. No, no. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's a pretty oblique tie. Like, you know, it's they, you don't even see the judges. They just talk about the war. I like how they said the percentage chance in, like, 1997 was that, like, 97% of the people would be dead. That was pretty cool because they'd, they'd worked out that that was kind of like their judgment day kind of thing, mm. which was cool. I Look... I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. What are you giving it, Rich? Yeah, 7.5. 7.5. Yeah, we'll take that. We'll lock that in. Um, look, I want to say thank you to all the listeners. Oh, by the way, we had a lot of Conan listeners from the Savage Sort of Conan um, episode we did uh, last week. So I want to say thank you to those people. Um, that was, um, you know, we love doing Conan, and that was a fun Conan. And um, to the basically pe- that that kind of Conan for sure. Oh, that kind of Conan. Oh, day, yeah. every day. It was great. And uh, can I say? So I want to say welcome to any new listeners who've come in from that. Stick around. Like Conan's never too far away when I'm involved. Um, no, he gets he gets recommended every week. Chuck to get some savage sort of Conan run. Check it out, kids. Um, You're like, Richard, you need any help uh, with the selection uh, this week? Uh, got some savage sword. <laughs> got some savage sort of Conan ready to go. Volume thirteen, I think, is where Chuck kicks off. Um, no, but seriously, I want to say welcome to those guys. Um, also, we're um, on Patreon, um, and yeah, look, if you join Patreon and you come in. 
uh, whatever fee is. Let's let's say at five dollars, you know, you can get access to the to the documents, um, and you know, insert news, which which sometimes I have to cull for uh, sheer length. But we love um, people, you know, spotting like Lois is out there, like myself. I'm Chief Lois, but I've got my operatives under me. And you need, uh, your, you need some Jimmy Olsons. Yeah, well, let me tell you, Rich, you could do with a bit more Jimmy Olsen in your life. Some of your news reporting has been very slack in recent years, I would say, Rich. But uh, oh, Rich, I completely yeah, disagree. Uh, yeah, but I will say, Rich provides the reactions and the banter. He's not he's not quite the news hound that I am. Um, but few people. I, are, honestly, Rich. I don't like. But I'll be honest with you, David. You you know this about me now, and I'm sure the listeners do. <laughs> I I try not to go on the internet that much like like we know, we know. that's fine I, I'm, I, I try not to live my life on the on the well internet. unfortunately i do and i wish i didn't but i do so you know uh, luckily i'm out there on the news beat we've got michael like, I, i'm happy to talk about the craziness of the internet but i don't really want to live it <laughs> could you imagine me could you imagine me as like a trashy tv journalist because i could you know, like, oh fuck yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, I'd love. I, it. I imagine you. You could be the Australian, um, what's his name, Mori Povich, or um, <laughs> what was the other guy before him? Uh, Azania Hall. No, 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 no. no. The, the guy that used to have people on, and they used to like throw chairs. Uh, at Jerry each Springer. Other and, Jerry Springer. That's it. You yeah. could you could be like the Australian yeah. Jerry Springer. Oh, I would enjoy that as well. That's right up my alley. And you would love it. I oh. think you would just be like, I'm so in my element right now. Yeah, I would absolutely love it. Now, um, so yeah, we've got the news network going. Thank you to Michael for your assistance too. Um, we're proud members of the collective. Um, shows like Ghost Spider Groupies, Ultimate Spider Cast, Capes and Lunatics, Inner Demons with Brian Biggie, you got Ray with Into the Night and Spider Woman to Noah's to Fira. I mean, frankly, I don't know how Ray gets through whole episodes it's just about Spider-Woman. I would fall asleep, literally. But uh, good work, Ray. And there's a whole hell of a lot of other stuff like Last Sons of Krypton. We love the collective. Um, you know, Join the Patreon. Support the show. It all goes towards show running costs and my hotel bills. Um, Rich, any comments, any thoughts for listeners? You know, the theme of today's uh, uh, episode has been, you know what, uh, respect your, respect yourself, don't be an abuse spouse. <laughs> wow, yeah. I was going to I said justice because I'm thinking about that fucking guy. Uh, like, seriously, I just, I'm sitting here thinking about that guy, fucking shoplifting, you know, that Hollywood clown as I'm calling him. Like, am I the only one thinking we get, should get a few guys over and rough him up a little bit? You know, like. Yes, you're the only, you're the only one thinking that. I think he got off real light, man. He got off real light. I saw him, dude. He was like stone cold the way he shoved those comics up his shirt. Seriously, it wasn't his first time with the races, man. Seriously, you know. Are the no, cops are, are the cops allowed? Thankfully, he didn't shove it down his pants. Are the cops allowed to get a warrant and search the guy's house and see if he's got a, a huge stash of stolen, you know, memorabilia? Uh, I mean, they. I mean, they have to apply for a warrant, but you mean you need some sort of reasonable? Do I have the right to get a warrant and go and do it myself? Is that possible? Could I hire the Pinkertons to go around and One, fuck this you're guy? You're not up? even in the same country. Could I? Could I hire the Pinkertons you're to go around and fuck? Could I hire the Pinkertons? Think, didn't Pinkertons exist? Yes, they captured the Magic of the Gathering cards in this week's news. That was them. Yeah. Okay, I mean, Jesus. I mean, I thought they were just like some sort of like cosplay. Can I? Just... I'm wondering maybe if I reach out to them, could do they have the have they got the authority to go around and barge in this guy's house, rough him up a little bit, search the rooms and stuff, see if there's any stuff? Yeah, yeah. it's sad state of affairs that I can't dispatch justice remotely from Australia. 
from Sydney, oh, Australia. How sad. How sad for you, Dave. Because uh, the problem is, if once I got a taste for it, I'd be full time. But but can I can I just say, or can I just ask, why the fuck do you care, Dave? It's not even your shop. I just like, like it's, it's just the idea of justice for me. If, really. yeah, I'll say, I'll, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. Like, I think it's, I think it's fucking like stupid and like <laughs> pathetic what he did. But I also think how the guy reacted and the message that he wrote was fucking pathetic and, and like made him sound like a total wuss. So I, no one's got my sympathy in what, the story. I'm what sorry. about my messages on the Facebook where I was like, Dude, this guy, this guy's a clown from Hollywood and deserves justice. Oh, you'd oh. have to be more specific because there's a lot of clowns from Hollywood. I know, but I was trying to incite some sort of like reprisal action. I know you do, and I just don't understand why you care. That, I, just don't, I, just, I don't get it. I just hate fucking criminals, man, with a passion. Like I just like to see them really, just really stamp on them. You know what I mean? And if it starts with this fucking guy, maybe we set an example. I mean, some of these... It was just the way that this fucking guy just lobbed in, shoved comics up his shirt. This chick was on the phone. She was totally unaware of what was going on, totally unaware of her surroundings. But he was doing it in front of her, man. It was pretty blatant. And, you know, I know... The only only crime that you endorse and you don't have a problem with is people illegally videotaping things and and releasing it on the web, yeah? No, no, it was legal. The, the videotape was the, was the store's security camera. No, 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 no. I'm talking about you bitching and moaning about people not taking illegal videos of uh, shows and footage <laughs> and putting it on the internet. That, oh, that well, crime you're okay with, right? That's fine. I don't care about that, man. Like, that actually, sort of illegalness, you're like, yeah, that's fine. That's wartime rules, man. In, in wartime, uh, anything goes. In, uh, anything, uh, in wartime, anything goes. You know that, man. Sounds, sounds more like rules <laughs> for thee and not for me. Look, dude. If you need me to compile all the rules on the list, I'll get to it one day, Rich. But right you may now, have to because yeah. because I need to keep track of all the contradictions and the what applies, what doesn't apply, when it applies. Here's my message who to the kids: to, don't, who's exempt? Don't let this fucker Ray Buffer, I think his name is. Don't let this fucker be an example to you. He, he, he faced the full force law. If 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 he'd had my way, he'd be doing two years in Chino. You know, but um, actually, no. I, I'm happy for everyone to follow suit with him because. Uh, those people are not uh, Hollywood, <laughs> Hollywood people, quest. so they'll, they will probably get punished, so go do it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we're going to wrap it up. I want to say good night. Good night. Great show, Rich. We just kept on fucking rolling, man. I loved it. Mm-hmm.